Hello, everybody. Just jumping on right before we get into this week's episode to let everybody know and maybe even remind them that next week's episode will be Patreon only. It is an annuals week, so every time that pops up, we do have our episodes as Patreon only. You can get involved by going over to patreon.com slash weird science and sign up for as little as a dollar for the month to be able to listen to that episode and a bunch of other things. The more levels you go up, the more shows you get, all the way up into the bad asses of the Get Fresh crew. And that level lets you pick what we do all the time on the Patreon. And just to let everybody know what books will be coming out, well, we have the Flash One Minute War special number one, Lazarus Planet Legends Reborn number one, and also Batman Legends of Gotham number one, and then some other things I think we're going to probably go over our top five books of 2022 as well, as long as Eric is willing to do so. So maybe I shouldn't have brought that up, but I did. And now I'll force him into doing it because I brought it up. So that's how we play the game here. Again, next week's episode will be Patreon only. You just go to patreon.com slash weird science and sign up, as I said, for as little as a dollar a month, and it does help us out as well. So thanks, everybody, and off to the show we go. Welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm Batman, a lot of bad days, Eric Shea. And I'm the purveyor of positivity, Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 469. <laughs> 69, dude! 469, dudes. And Children. we're here. <laughs> That's the stuff that makes me laugh, Eric. You make me laugh. We end up having this here podcast. I think we might have a, a longer one. This week, uh, just like Jess told me the other day about you, Eric, you are she long in the that. tooth, she said, uh, is what she told me. But we are recording this a little about bit earlier this week because it's <laughs> Jess's birthday week. So you're going to be going off and having a birthday party with her. So we're recording early. I hope that it doesn't throw me off. Eric. That's I just mentioned this because I need something to blame. When I end up doing something when they hear the stupid, last section? right? Yeah, well, the last section, they'll just be like, oh, my goodness, this guy is positivity, huh? very upset about things. I don't know how you know this ahead of time, Eric, but we do. Well, oh, my goodness. I, we do I'll have a bunch of I'll tell you why books. I know this, because I, we, a lot, most times, if we have a lot of books, we will record out of order. Well, the last section will be the first thing that we record. And we did that. And ever since then, I've been thinking about it. It's been dwelling on me. I wanted to take this time to say, later on, when we get to the Catwoman book, I'm going to say that. Oh, meow is the new black and then you're gonna say huh, that's a pretty good one and the thing about that is it's not a very good one it doesn't make any sense it's been bothering <laughs> me ever since so last night i'm like orange is the new black cat imagine that when we get to that point just imagine when that happens say orange is the new black cat i figured your joke was as shitty as the issue eric is what i went with now the funny play it. of this is yeah I, I really loved it i loved your joke there uh, I ended up where last night, then, after we got done that last section, we were talking a little Catwoman. And just to throw it out there in a, a deal, this week's Patreon only spotlight was One Bad Day, Catwoman number one, and Lazarus Planet, We Once Were Gods number one. And I didn't like either of the Catwoman offerings this week. 
So I get on after we're done, you know, arguing about everything. And luckily, as we went on and we got to the Tim Drake book to end everything, we kind of agreed with that one, Eric. But the Catwoman, oh, yeah. I went on and I didn't realize, I kind of did, didn't realize how much this run is hated by Catwoman fans. And I ended up running into a bunch. And uh, boy, they, they were a feral. They were Eric to keep with a little bit of the cat pods. Oh, my goodness. They were ripping that whole T.D. Howard deal apart where I thought I was being pretty mean. Not even mean. I was being pretty hard on mean. the book. That These people are saying that it's a zero. They're just screaming. Oh, my goodness. Well, if you don't gracious. have that in cat, it's a zero. Well, that's a lot of what it was. They don't yeah. like what she did with Valmont, uh, they, but they also just don't think that she really gets the character of Catwoman. And then I'm kind of like, hey, and I didn't get involved in this. I ended up getting kind of pulled into it in a weird way. Uh, you know, Eric, a weird way. But you end up where at the end, I'm like, well, what about this prison deal? How about that there, people? And they're like, it's the worst start of anything. We don't want it. It's like everything I said. And then I'm like, Ooh, I don't know people. that I want to be like this. That's what I thought. I'm like, oh, my. Maybe I remember back in the day, and it has not happened in a while. There has been occasionally times where I'll say, can we re-record these? I, I didn't like, like, I really <laughs> came off as an asshole. I, I have to end up. And then at points I realize you're not down with that. So, you know, I had to make up lies and tell you that it didn't record. Even Arnold, though there were times. we had you like you've pulled this off. I'm like, no, I knew you were lying each and every time. Actually, I wasn't. And just to as a, a bit of evidence, that's really not happened since we have this new system because it does record, you know, its own way and things like that. But uh, back in the day, we did have some problems at points. That old Skype and like knock my computer off and you know stuff. Like I'd that, hear right? a bad section, all of a sudden it comes to the message. Oh, that didn't record. I don't know what happened. But yeah, yeah. yeah I'm like, ooh, I look really. Nah, there's times that we've had you know some bad sections that probably did need to be re-recorded. Some that we let slip through. Eric, maybe that'll happen tonight. I don't know. But like I said, at the last section that I am so positive in. It's not really my fault. It really isn't. There's some some wacky things going on in this book. And did you see my tweet when I got done last night? We stopped and I tweeted out a thing about the Tim Drake book. And I thought that I was very clever with it. Did you did oh, you God. see my no, I didn't see Did this. you see my tweet? Okay, I'm gonna find it. I'm finding it now. This is really good podcasting, Eric. I can't find it. Oh no. Yeah, it doesn't I'll exist. Find it. I'll find it. Here it is. You just think of this as funny to you. I put this week, DC Comics had a hero defeat an enemy by sticking his fingers down his throat to force himself to throw up on a tech-assisted clay-faced clay construct of a shark because he saw the symbol for salt in a bottle held by a wolfman. That was not on my bingo card. I, put, <laughs> I ended up having it. I thought it was funny. And that's pretty much what happens, right? I mean, it really does. We really didn't go with the idea of the wolfman holding it. But when I went back yeah. and looked, I'm like, oh, crap, it's the wolfman gonna have a lot of wolfmen the wolf this man. week i like the wolfman right you like the wolfman the wolfman the jamaican wolfman yeah it's the jamaican wolfman i don't know if that's gonna get you canceled eric i hope not Why? i'm getting a uh, very fond of you uh but hey everybody welcome to the podcast and if you want to end up seeing some of these banger tweets that I, I put out there right bangers eric all you have to do also i had a, a banger about wilfred brimley did you like that one this week no, did you see that one but you wanted to, the days to go back to wilfred brimley just being known for diabetes i'm just saying i thought it was funny i said is this poor guy we knew him i for. said the poor guy all he's known for now is looking all this shit when he did the cocoon that's all it is i've sold this rock well the rocks this age with the wilfred brimley so i'm like please stop it 
you know, Wilfred Brimley, that guy lived through the Depression, a couple wars, and, and there's The Rock there. The Rock who gets this lounge around. Yes, he was born in like 32. That guy was eating probably hobo chili for half of his youth. They were probably eating like parts of their shoes. You're not going to look good that way, Eric. And then once you get out of Coming that. Coming from the East Coast Brimley's? Yeah. Unfortunately, when you get out of that nonsense, you're going to want to overeat a little. Diabetes is what he gets then. Oh, you grew up poor is what you're trying to tell me. Yeah, yeah. You did too, fatty. Hey, hey everybody. <laughs> Go over to Twitter at Weird Science DC. You did all the bangers there, Eric. All the bangers. Even little tidbits of uh, sound bites from the podcast. I put up a couple of those. People got a chuckle, Eric, I hope. Put the one up where you're talking you no about. idea. Yeah, I don't know. Nobody's really commenting, but I'm hoping they got a chuckle and brightened their day. All right. That's why we're here to brighten people's days and nights and all of that. But hey, go all over to that. our website, weirdsidesdccomics.com. You can get written reviews pretty much by Gabe. So, eh, you know, there you go. And also you end up going over to the YouTube where you get real asshole Jim, me doing the video reviews. I ended up doing a new show now on the youtube as well so if you want to see some comic news i bet over <laughs> at the, the weird shorts? science comics yeah yeah it's just real cheap shit yeah. I, I i just have to mention to you that they have youtube shorts oh is that what you have to do you shorty jerk <laughs> did, like, no. did youtube get a height requirement <laughs> <laughs> it's like the kitty coaster i said oh no but they i i just looked they just announced they have youtube assholes you're in they ran, they ran out of you is what <laughs> happened jerk and then go to our patreon patreon.com slash weird science and this week we ended up, this is off the rails already this week uh we did what we said already but two big books and i mean they were long and that but that thing i read the wrong book was yeah. one of the main problems so we go to record we record one bad day, Catwoman. We're arguing so much about that. It takes an hour and 10 minutes. Then I had to go and I even said to you, listen, I felt bad. I'll record the Lazarus planet by myself. I knew it would turn out so shitty, though, that I ended up going and really, you know, zipping through there. And then you have to, you know, I'm, I'm desperately trying to get this done. You're, I wish you'd read fast like that all the time. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you, you jerk. I had already two read books some of this story. I don't take two hours. God damn it. Because I need to, you know, really get in there. And yeah. my reading, my reading is the foundation of the deal. And I need to have a solid foundation for the podcast or else I'll come in and say stuff like, you know, meow is the new black. I, I, I stupid Love shit like did. that. Right. And then I'm like, that's a great one. <laughs> I just, I just say that just to make you feel happy. If I would have said it, you would have told Orange me that's the, the worst thing. Cat. You would have been like, that's the worst it thing was ever. the worst thing. I realized it dwelled on me. If you would have said Orange is the New Black, I'm like, what, Felicia Hardy? I would have said something like that, Eric. I really would have upset you, right? The Black Cat. But with that order, I'd like, okay, Janet Jackson, right? Black Cat. You like Tyler. that song? Mm, yes. Very timely. I'm part of the Rhythm Nation. Uh, but yeah, go over to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash weird site. Four, three, two, one. <laughs> and all of that down. Uh, this Now I throw myself completely off. But with that, I want to give a shout out to the uh, crew. The Get Which Fresh crew? crew uh, uh, the badasses, the Get Fresh crew that pick all the books. I did get a request from Yeah. Yeah, y'all. This is no. how I like to say it when I see well, his name pop up in the Slack. Where I have at points, and I always forget that he wants me to put up the 
books that will be on the spotlight. This has been requested so many times, and I always forget, but I will do that for Yayo and everybody else. But this is now for the page. I don't even know, Eric. This, this is a roll call. Roll call. Yeah, sure Eric. Show us what you got. It's throwing me off. Uh, what? Are we on video? That would be, be sexy. Now, I hit the thing, and I don't even have the list up. Here we go. Eric K, Double K, Jeffrey Greek, Stephen, Matt, Dad, Mitchell. 69, The Annihilator, Ted Probst, I Love Punchline. We'll get a little punchline later, and I already know Eric's going to love it. Stuart, Michael S, Cam, Matt Razor, D-Man 3000, Lady Abby and Lord Andy, Francisco L. Rock the Third, Niels T-Work. There's Niels. He's at Cuddle Camp. There's Eric Niels. David Fig, Stephen Baum, Jason Colby, Super 42 to you and me, Michael G, Ken Halleck, Comic Boom, Rocky, Stacy Wrecked. Oh, oh God. I, I sit here and I look at it and I don't even know what it's in. Uh, and I'm like, oh, what is, oh, now I know. Little shout out to the sexy names in the, in the slag and it made me giggle. Mark Jager, Nick Adams, Ruben, Carlos, I don't know. No, no, you know why I was laughing then. Matthew Arapier, Luke Hollywood, Simon, Luis, Manship, Andrew Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G. Joshua. Oh, Eric, it's really tough here. Uh, uh, he stays erect, and that's what he does. Whoa, whoa, he's really whoa, cool because he's my cousin. Pete from NYC. What? That's my man, Pete from NYC. I don't know what I said. Just like what he said. <laughs> Uh, Batman Beyond Mark. Uh, Tanya's in the other room. She's probably wondering what I'm saying. Our man Rob Lewis. A behavior Brandy Murray up there in Buffalo. Probably still soaking about those Buffalo Bills. Though he sent me pictures of that denim mafia. They're looking worse each season, Eric. They are oh, a rough crowd. They've gained some people in the crowd, which makes me laugh, though. Nobody who's new is going to get near any of these denim vests no. they wear. They're part of the crew. They ain't wearing no vests. Double A, Ron. Doxing his ass in Minnesota and the all-time great Reginald Drinkwater. I gotta go and listen to what I did say because I don't know what, what happened, Eric. But all of that now, <laughs> I don't know. This this is going to be a very interesting show. We have a bunch of books, obviously, some big bangers, and possibly, as we said before, a little bit of a you know, uh, what am I saying? A little bit of a, a dipsy do, <laughs> where we're gonna cha- we're gonna change huh. things up in this first section of books, where we usually start with the detective comics. But I think that we will not be doing that. We said already uh-huh. that we were gonna switch it up. You know, Actually, what's that? A dipsy do. It's a dipsy do. Uh, is what we're doing. But I swear, everybody, the book section will be way better than the intro. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened. Eric, I was all excited. I took my shower that I usually do, you know, once a week. Uh-huh. I, I That's well, the only reason we not. keep the podcast going. Is yeah, it reminds me to take my weekly shower. So I'm taking the shower. I'm thinking of all this stuff, listening to some K-pop, getting all excited. We end up starting off. I think that really what Stacey did it wrecked. for me is we ended up where I welcome stays erect. And then I also, we started recording. And for some reason, I couldn't hear you the first time. And I think that was the alternate universe version of the perfect podcast we blew it it didn't end up going and now here we are also i haven't eaten yet and i've drank about seven coffees in the past like 20 minutes so it's affecting me it is affecting yeah. me big time but uh we'll deal with it 
The books will be better. I promise. I, that's why. You know why? Foundation, Eric. I've done yeah. a foundation. I'll actually Don't build tell anything you, on this foundation. I'm worried a little. It's a foundation of Adderall, broken promises, and broken dreams is what With that caffeine. foundation is. You can't add on caffeine. Uh, but the problem is I did read a couple of the books real early. Uh, and I was going to get a hold of you, but then I fell asleep. So who knows if I remember that stuff. I can't Jesus. remember the stuff, you know, <laughs> 10 minutes later. What was your name? Stacerecta. I remembered that. No, I it's remember Stacey. that. Oh, Stacerecta, I guess. <laughs> I don't you know. just keep saying dirty things. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But that is that. I'm glad you like my cuz, though, right? Hey, sup, cuz? We're going to go off now. I'm just going to, that's it. I'm getting out of this intro, Eric. I'm going to come back. I'm going to be more relaxed, All more right. focused. I'm going to have the, the eye on the prize ready to go. And then we'll get in and out. I say each book will take us at least 12 minutes, Eric. We'll be in and out 12 at minutes. Least. Boom. People love it. People love that. Laser focus. All right. But we'll be back right uh, in a second. Right now. I don't know what I'm doing, Eric. Here we go, baby. <laughs> We're going to be back in a minute with some books. Arrived with an ancient deed in their hand Walking through the streets of Gotham in the rain They brought a big guy with them they call Gil Ten Claw He's got the old asthma running in his veins See two fish standing at the door. Does she not go in? Ubu got mutilated late last night. Werewolves and Gotham again. They're certainly in Gotham, America. It is infestated with the werewolves. And the best part is, one. as we get there, at least they say it's it by name gross. now. It is funny because at one point we were talking and we kept talking about the werewolves and stuff like Wolfman. that. And Gail Tenclaw and his asthma. And we kept saying, oh, my God, Wolfman, Wolfman. And then at one point, I know you and me both started worrying that he wasn't really a Wolfman. And we were yeah. like, was it just us? Because it seemed we were real quick on that Wolfman talk. I don't know it's what it seemed, it seemed right on Front Street, right? Or as they do Morrison Street, possibly. I don't know what the <laughs> hell Creator Street they would say, but you end up where we were like, oh, thank God. Thank God the werewolves are there, especially when you do a song about it. You're really going to have to worry subway. about it. Yeah, I know. I know. It, it drives me nuts. But I, you know, I, I don't mind when I go to Aperol Park, right? And have a sandwich now and again. Uh, but yeah, with that, we have these three books. And as we said, and this is the first section, but as we said, we decided that we're going to put Action Comics 
as the first the real book big book when we have it. And I don't know that it's people. DC, Jim. Seriously, though, I don't know that people, if they realize how big a move that is for me, <laughs> it's such a silly thing to think, but it's never happened. This is something that if these books came out for now eight straight years or whatnot, that has been the way we do it. Me and you don't like changing things. We don't like it, but it's about time. We we ended up at one point where one of our big things was to put like real shitty books. We still do. The last book of the podcast, just as a little wink, wink, that's a real stinker for the most part. Uh, that was where Bendis's books kind of ended up at one point and maybe even the Tom King. That's our personal preference, but we're going to change this up and. It makes sense, not only just because we do like action comics a bit more than Detective Comics, but this is the start of the dawn of DC. This is it. It's starting out. Did it feel like a big start for you? Did it feel like the dawn Everybody of DC got is costumes, here, right? Jim. Yeah, they did. They, they did. It not, and I'll tell you, it was very subtle because I didn't hear anybody talking about it, Eric. That's what I'm talking about. But the thing is, I think they talked about it like two months ago when it was first revealed. Yeah, just I I end up where what you usually have is when these costumes are revealed, you'll get the same old, same old people bitching and moaning, and then you'll get, I like this costume, and I hated this costume. I did hear a lot of people bitching and moaning about the armored look of the new 52 Superman. Oh, yeah. And that sleek belt there. That I think it was, was a John cool, Romita right? Jr. redesign, like a re, not re, but like redesign of the costume that I didn't even notice was a redesign at yeah, all. Yeah, Jeff Johns. When Jeff Johns started doing the Superman book, that ill-fated Superman deal with Ulysses. Remember him, Eric? Remember Ulysses? Oh, we hardly knew ye. You ended up where that design came. And just as you said, the funny play, I still almost remember me going, you notice any difference? And we're looking at it like, I don't notice anything. And then you said to me, it's like, I think it's where the cape connects to the deal. I'm like, maybe. I'll go with you. Maybe. I couldn't tell. I usually can't. Now, you say that, I can tell these. And it is oh, yeah. the jacket look. They are there. They are in jackets, Eric. Uh, do you this like looks the jacket like, look? This looks like early 2000s superhero movie looks to me. But I think it's – I kind of dig it. I don't know why. Because just going back to the idea of the jacks and stuff along those lines, you have things like uh, – let's just say Superboy. And even when we did Amalgam Comics, when the Marvel Universe and DC Comics combined, when you had Spider-Boy. For some reason, those jackets, even the short jacket looks, I think look really cool. But maybe it's just a product of my era. You say about that Spider-Boy, that is a really, like, that jacket look in that was pretty cool. I'll tell you, I don't like Keenan Kongs. And we're just looking at the cover of Action Comics, if you're not understanding what we're doing. But I do like I do like Supergirl's. I do yeah. like Supergirl's look with look that. I, I think that it's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't need a robot lady wearing a jacket. Eric. What, what are you she's doing? What you get? She's a robot lady with a hoodie. <laughs> she's there in a robot look there <laughs> with a hoodie. You, do, you don't need that. And it really feels weird. I'm telling you, it's a half shirt cool. hoodie without pants. It doesn't work, Eric. I try that she look. She is so badass. Oh, I yeah. got arrested. <laughs> I got arrested doing that, Eric. Why am I not allowed to do the Natasha with a half Dang shirt him. hoodie and then go out? But I don't like Keenan John. Dangle. I don't like John's look of the jacket, but I like the pop collar. I'll tell you, the pop collar is cool. I don't like the jacket or the symbol there uh, that much. So and you consider what that they a will... jacket? Yeah, look at it. You know, I, I actually, how the hell does he get that on and off? I mean, seriously, a maybe with a few drinks. <laughs> 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 That's right. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, but yeah, where's the zipper? I don't see no zipper. There looks like a zipper down thing with uh, Supergirl. So well, what's up with John? What's up with that? 
what's up with that? Uh, and then what you get is the super twins behind that. We'll be talking about them. But I do actually like the idea, though I worry because of these electric powers that are going to be the big thing. Hey, you have one with the blue and one with the red. Like, yeah. yeah, so we'll see what's going on with that. But. We but it's so funny, the idea this. that you're talking about, this is the start of the dawn of DC, the next big thing, the new era of DC comics that you and I have both been waiting for ever since Star Crisis ended. And the thing is, maybe the reason that people are like, you know, looking at this book and saying, oh my God, it all begins here. I can't wait for more is because while it is supposed to be the dawn of the DCU, you have one story out of three that really feels like it's evolved. Then you have a story true. that takes place back in time, and then you have another story that has, has Power Girl that seems so out of character that who the hell is going to recognize that character with new powers? Like, how is that a Dawn of the DC? This first story, yes. Yeah, the rest yeah, is just yeah. kind of padding. Also, I just, I, I kind of, I know the legacy numbering, and that's what they want to do, but you can have a legacy numbering and still have, and they, they really have first, super say, maybe do a number one now. Can't I've been first. bitching. I've been bitching and moaning about the idea of these tiered releases or the dribs and drabs. You know, you get this book, then we'll get Superman by Joshua Williamson in February, and then things will start coming out. But it'll be just you know one book this week, maybe two this month. And I thought, man, That's I wish that they were all coming out. Oh yeah, yeah, I can't wait. I it, I just thought that it would be better, and it's the more oomph. So I keep saying that, and then I'm reading some things, getting some stuff for a news program. And I'm like, I think DC, they really want to stick it to me because then they end up with the new announcement and the way they're really pushing the Dawn of DC now is Dawn of DC, one hero at a time. I'm like, what are you doing? You're driving me nuts here. And that's their actual deal of that. A hero at a, um, no, come on. Pretty stop cool, it. DC. Pretty uh, cool. I don't know. But you do end up, I mean, this cover, not that it's, you know, the biggest wow cover I've ever seen, but. It does really give me that feeling of something oh, yeah. new with the family there. It gives you that, just that, the family feel of it. It feels different, but you said it. When you get into the book, you kind of wonder what the heck's going on, including something that I kept pushing, being the Dan Jurgens back in the day deal that feels like, wait a second, I thought we were heading forward, not back where I was looking forward to, but it does feel a little off. And I'll tell you, there's a big misplay in that one that I was really upset with, but We'll just jump into it. Eric, what are we talking about here? Action Comics number 1051, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, Dan Jurgens, Aaliyah Williams, art by Rafa Sandoval, Matt Herms, Dave Sharp, Elizabeth Brightweiser, Rob Lee, Marguerite Savage, and Becca Carey. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to do every individual one, so yeah, we're just going to go yeah, through the whole fine. thing. We'll go through this. the deal. But this is the main thing. This, this is, is the main the attraction. This is the main story. Yeah. The Superman family coming together to show a new dawn for not only DC, but Metropolis, because we have Steelworks' gigantic new building being on the precipice of being released to the world with new alien technology coming down from more world to give Earth a fighting chance and new clean energy and to show that Metropolis is the center of the world and new technologies going forward. It's just too bad that Lex Luthor has sprung Metallo, given it a new body and said, boy, you need to dumb fuck them people up before I kill your sister. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and the timing, it has to happen soon. He even says, listen, you got one more chance. Why do you keep, you know, pushing out with, for better terms? And you got to do this. Uh, the thing that gets me, though, the one thing, and this isn't going to be something, and I'm going to go through the eyes of a serial killer, Eric. I'm making a movie. I just got the eyes of a uh -huh. serial killer. Now, the yeah, eyes yeah. of somebody coming into this new. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to really know the idea, but I don't know if you got it. The idea of this everybody against super oh, aliens, this, and we have this whole deal, and some of it's back in the day, and you go. This really feels like the stuff that Bendis started to try to push that was going to head into oh, 5G. 5G. Yeah. yeah, and I, it worries me 
that we're still getting that feel of it. Even when we go to the Dan Jurgen story where it's mentioned at that point, you know, hey, after all this stuff happened, we have to kind of lay low. People are there and John wants to, my dad, I got to help him out because everybody's again. I, I just, I, I wanted this to feel, I, I don't mind it. I really don't mind this Philip Kennedy Johnson deal. It's to set things up. But it doesn't have a hopeful feel to me for the most oh, part. It's, it no, feels, it's not you know what I mean? It feels dark again. It doesn't feel like what I thought we were going to get. You start out with a gigantic protest, whether or not you allow refugees here, no aliens in my world. So like, you know, pretty much build a wall around the earth type situation. But when you have this going on, I think it's lost on a lot of people. If they don't, I think they, a lot of people will come into this thinking, this is all about the Superman family and how they hate them and not the idea that it's refugees from War World because I yeah, feel like yeah, that concept is lost from War World. in this. It is. It's completely lost. And that's why when you end up having this, they bring up the twins and things like that, which is odd because you have all these protests, but then they've dubbed them the Wonder Twins. Like, okay, that's, you know, it's, it's weird. They're, but they're playing off the Wonder Twin deal. Like, you ended up where I thought, hey, they did. The, uh, you know, public have dubbed them the awful, you know, get out of here, twins. Get out, right? get off my lawn, kids. My lawn's earth. This also reminds me, and again, something, this is kind of, you know, inside baseball, maybe, but you'll remember the idea at one point they were going to have a story where they were going to build a wall around well, that's the why earth. I said it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so that seems like, and yeah, that goes in with that, the whole world. But really, that, I think, is the biggest misplay by Philip Kennedy Johnson. And maybe the idea of what they're saying to him is, listen, we understand you're doing this war world stuff, but we don't want it to feel like something from back then. But it is, and it really should have been played out more, that this isn't a protest against Superman specifically or the Superman family. It is a protest of aliens coming from war world that was parked in the atmosphere. And they yeah. would blame maybe a Superman for that, but when you have refugees welcome, it's very subtle. At points, maybe you have to be a little less subtle. You have to I do agree. that. Have a news report like but now that the war world refugees are here in the war world. You have to really push this idea. And, the and thing maybe is, you know, I couldn't. I couldn't help though without thinking on top of the idea that that, that concept was lost. I think in the way that the story was told. But you have the whole Superman family that I've been wanting to see. At least I want to think that everybody's been wanting to see. We have Superman. You have Steel, Natasha, and John Henry. You have Keenan Kong. You have Superboy Connor Kent. You got Superman John Kent. You got Supergirl. Everybody's here to a degree, and I'm like, yes, this is great. But how does everybody know Clark Kent, Superman, from what we saw before? Was everybody a part of the Justice League with the uh, the Martian yeah, Manhunter like it's telepathy weird. kind I of mean, situation? Because I... a few of them I could see, but like Keenan Kong, like for some reason, yeah, the way the things were set up for Lex Luthor's blackout situation, anybody figures out that Clark Kent is Superman, in big trouble. Like Perry White, he's in the hospital right now because his ass had a stroke because of it. Editor's note, Perry's whole body had a stroke, not just his ass. Because his mind couldn't comprehend because of what Lex Luthor did. But like, how does everybody else here in the Superman family who wasn't in the Kent family farm underneath the psionic shielding know the situation and okay with it here? I thought that right away we were going to get a play where we're just going to have to deal with it. I don't think they're going to get specific with it. It's going to drive you nuts. But I think that it's just going to be a play of I mean, it's weird. Because all of this, and even in this issue, we're going to get a bit of Superman Reborn kind of feels, right? Must you know? be Superman Reborn. And remember when they didn't yes. explain that to us there? <laughs> remember those days? But it was the idea of anybody kind of can... I think they're just, don't worry about it. It worked out. Martian Manhunter kid, But it doesn't make sense because you really put that line in the sand. If you Seriously. just know and find out now, you're in big trouble. Though I will tell you, when Superman and the Super Family comes in, Superman has a way of grabbing people 
and holding them because he's holding these two schmucks just like he was holding us, Eric. I, I mean, it's exact, isn't that's it? That's exactly is how what he I does thought it. of when I saw this. Hey, look at these. This is how he holds scumbags. Yeah, that's what he does. And if you don't, if people don't realize at one point we were in an issue where Superman was is that holding like Green us. Arrow 26. Yeah, it was the Green one? Arrow deal. It was the hard traveling deal where Ben Percy was going <laughs> through it. And he was holding us like this. And since that was us, I want to give people a little bit of a tip. If you're a villain in Metropolis in the DCU, don't wear a coat or a shirt, Eric, and then you're yeah, fine. He can't grab outside. you. He can't grab you then. He might grab you by the hair. But one of the things that I think I really was expecting, because remember, and also Lex is in prison, but they don't yes. really spell that out. We know it, and he's coming in as a hologram. I wish they inside Metallo's mind. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, you know holes in the story, but I don't think they ruin it. But it just ends up feeling like, okay, why aren't no, you no, explaining this it a little more? I just, ex- I just wanted them to expand on it a little bit more because this is the, a new you. beginning to a degree, even though it's a continuation. I just want oh, the things war to world this- thing. I think is a huge misstep. They should have yeah. explained that fully just, because just yeah. give me a status quo update to a degree, like with everything that we have just dealt with leading into this 1051. Yeah, yeah, it was weird too because you got that narration. That's talking about, well, before Superman and when he first showed up and then you're doing it, it really gets a little wonky, but it, it's okay. Well, even Once that you get idea, Lois Lane's talking about, we in Metropolis, we see time in two ways, before Superman and after Superman, and it's fine, but I feel like it just wastes a lot of time with that narration without p- bringing people up to speed, ultimately. Well, again, that feels like it's one of those where, I, I get it, you're starting out this new thing, people are going to jump in, and you want to have some classics, Lois Lane yeah, with the narration, gotcha. you're talking Superman stuff, it feels very Superman-y, but you do have to do your due diligence of your story, because this isn't completely new. You have set this thing up, and, and it is Phil Kenny Johnson who set yeah. it up, which makes it even worse that he's not you know, spelling it out for people who might be jumping on here. The other thing that I have a problem with is, come on. I need to be the PR agent. Let me be the flavor flavor. I'm going to tell them right now. Listen, people are upset with aliens. You can't fly in and hover above these people and look down on them. The whole issue. Look, we're not aliens. We're gods. They're looking down. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, it really was ominous when you end up having them show up. And it's just this because you rarely it's a it's a wow moment. You rarely, if ever, get this many super family characters right there hovering like that. And I'm like. Yeah, that doesn't look good. That When you have people protesting, you don't need that. And I was actually really surprised it wasn't brought up. But Lex is in prison. If Lex wasn't in prison, I'm sure he would have been out there with a press conference. Hey, listen here. These guys nonsense. Get out of here. Uh, look at nobody's controlling them, all that. But it's wow moments to happen. And there's a lot of people that are smiling. But then you have Metallo who can't do his one job. He's got one job, Eric, and he can't do it. Again, this actually made me. What crack do you think up. his job is at this point in time when you have all these protesters going on? Kill and then you have, Superman. That's what I think it is. It might be at the ultimately, but for Maybe how it John. goes about, it just seems like a lot of different things going on because at this whole like you know protest that we have with both sides protesting, let the refugees in, let the refugees go home. All these things. You have these madmen with guns trying to, and other people with like cars that have TNT in it trying to run people down. All the situation that the super family comes in and saves the day for, but like. <laughs> Metallo goes to the point where he's saying he can't get the job done that he's supposed to at this point in time. The next day, when the Steelworks is opening, the tallest building in Metropolis that even dwarfs Lex, uh, Lex Tower, you then blow up this entire building. Is that just a like a welcome card, a greeting card to get Superman there? Because it seems like that was almost the what he needed to do on top of the idea, oh yeah, I also got to kill your ass. 
And it's weird because he does say, you know, now I got to kill you for it, Superman. You messed up. But Connery's like, I, I really don't have anything to do with you. But no. hey, you're here and I'm going to, you know, do some wacky stuff. But when you're doing this, you could end up a lot of times. And this is sleazy Lex that we're dealing with. This Donna DC, the stuff that we've had so far. He's a little, you know, over the top with some things. A little dumb in that Lazarus Planet stuff. Yeah. Well, again, I, what I got was usually what Lex will do. He'll usually set up something that's a little less, you know, in your face of, hey, I'm Mattel and I'm going to kill Superman. It usually is something like, oh, this guy, you like Mattel, you look innocent, you get attacked, they're going to, and then we're going to report. But I don't know. We did that in public enemies. Yeah. And he's in jail now. And so I don't know how a lot of things are repeating, but you end up where I don't know. I don't know what Metallo is up to, but he's desperate because he wants to save his sister. It could be a suicide mission. He might just be like, hey, I'm just going to go and blow Good up everybody. Good to kill yourself in that body. Yeah, really. But the, the weird play is he's there, and he sees a kid with a dog. And like, I love the idea that he looks over. This kid's like, oh, my God. The dog freaks out. And then when he gets back to Lex, he's like, hey. That kid knew something was up. It's my family. I'm like, no, it might be that look you gave afterwards. Plus, the dog was going nuts, and you were about to pick up a gun. But yeah, whatever he's is, really Metallo sensitive has, with his has a new body with new skin, and whatever it is, even though it's based on his own DNA, and this is supposed to be how John Corbin's supposed to look, he knows that something's wrong with it, and it just is like, you know, people can tell that he's not right. Almost like when you spot a Terminator, there's just something a little bit off about that freaking Terminator. That is true. You, you do notice that, right? And then all oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's. Well, if he's fine, your parents are dead. But yeah, you end up where Lex, he's on a time schedule here. <laughs> he's on a time schedule. He's like, hey, you got to get it done. You better do it. And he's like, okay, okay, I'll do it tomorrow. And I, I think that Metallo is one of those guys that, you know, he needs to be under pressure to get things done. Eric, he needs to be on a timeline. But you end up where you go then to the super family. This feels a lot like Jeremy Adams' flashbook, the idea of everybody in there. No, it's not. And it's weird because I want the Superman family. I want everybody to have a family. Like I said, I want everybody in the Bat family to hang out, the Flash family, all the things. Superman family have been waiting for a long time. When you have characters like Keenan Kong, who has been around for a few years now, he just never felt until recently in the backups of Action Comics like he's been a part of things. Like I, I wish there would have been something to really indoctrinate him into this group and make him feel like he belongs here with the rest of these characters who have been here for decades at this point in time. But like when you have everybody just hanging out, and even with the Super Twins, these new installments, so like even Keenan Kong, he feels a little bit new, even though he's been around, like I said, around for a few years. But it, something just almost feels Maybe it was forced the about art. it. I don't know what it is. And, uh, actually, I was going to say it's funny because when I did say, hey, it feels like the Jeremy Maybe that's the problem. It feels like a Thanksgiving with extended family. They don't actually get along with all that. Yeah, well. I'm with you a bit. And I'm with you. It does feel a little forced. I think people will like it. Oh, it's nice, though. There's some forced jokes. You have these twins. Now, I didn't know that they were twins. And I still don't know that they're twins. I don't know if this is just the idea that, hey, they've dubbed them the super twins. I think that now they've said it. They're probably just going to be twins. People were probably. kind of not upset about it, but they were wondering and trying to, you know, debate back and forth. It really doesn't matter. There well, they even are. Even the idea that you have the super twins now, these refugees from Warlord that Clark Kent has brought in. And now in this issue, we find out that not only has he brought them to Earth to try to live a better life, but him and Lois are going to adopt these kids, you know, Otho Rod, Osol Ra. And I, I, are they going to get Earth names? Because I don't think they can they just go around because. You have the, the super twins. They're not wearing masks or anything like that. They're not going around with like spectacles on during their daily lives. And now the Kent family, who nobody's supposed to know that Clark Kent Superman has adopted these kids. Like, is that public knowledge or like, are they going to go around with secret identities and try to like, you know, 
and, and uh, bring themselves like along the lines of, like you know pretend they're people on Earth, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know. The thing is, you better hide them from people because they're the refugees that people are real pissed off about as well. But we'll have to see how that goes. It again. During this whole deal, and when we're talking about this book specifically, a lot of things start to bring up things that happen at Marvel that remind me more of, and this whole thing with these twins really feels like the Dan Slott stuff in Fantastic Four that just recently ended. And I didn't like that run, but I like those twins, the Kree and the Scroll kids there together. I like them a little more, but that's a fun way to have the Kree kids. I know that's that, crazy. I know. They, they ended up becoming best friends, but Lousy you scrolls. end up in their kids there where they were supposed to be fighting to the death all the time yeah. in this arena. And it, it was really nice. One of the only things I liked about that run, but I do it. like the little kids. I do like having them there. I know that some people ended up giving the stink guy to it, Eric, of like, why don't you just give us John DH? Why? But this gives you You'll the best it. of both worlds. And what you end up having is. Superman will end up like John Lennon and Julian, who would be John. He gets ditched, right? When Sean's, and then all of a sudden, Superman becomes the best guy ever. He's the best dad ever to these other kids. And John's like, what happened? Why did you let me go up with grandma? I'm telling you, this is the stuff that I would actually want to see drama oriented, which I love in oh, my yeah. comics, even though a lot of people just want action and fist fights. Like, I love me some personal drama. I love the drama. So the idea that John missed all this time with his parents, but now he's here, but he's all aged up. This has seven years. And these kids are to go in and there and be like, you know, pretty much his younger brother and sister at this point in time being raised by his parents. They're going to get everything that he missed out on because he was stuck in a volcano. <laughs> oh, I can imagine, yeah. And this is just going to bring up, hopefully, all the trauma that I've actually want to see that he should have from this. I'd hope. I'm not going to say it won't because I'm well, obviously. I don't, I don't want know, John but... to go through trauma, but I feel like there should be some kind of story related elements to that besides, oh, no, I'm well adjusted. I'm good. Here's the weird play of it, though. You have these two kids here and that could be and. The drama in the situation, when it twists and turns around, dipsy doos even, Eric, by the end, <laughs> you, end up, you end up having more rounded character, like a John who would be upset. I'm not saying he eyes are glowing and he's ready, but no, no. he starts to not get upset at his dad or mom, but starts to feel like, you know what, I wish I could have done that. And then exactly. eventually says, you know what? I still can enjoy that stuff and, and enjoys it with the kids, right? I'm not moving he's, out till I'm 30, mom and dad. I'm taking up them years now. The McDonald's play, land. he's punching people out of the way, right? He's too big. Uh, no, the, the Look, idea I understand where, that. Tell me more. The, when you have a book, and this is the problem where DC always seems to think that the like, hey, we're going to do this like loving type deal and here's the But they go too far and everything is too like generically good. This is my problem with, say, the Nightwing Two book. And this stuff with, yeah. And when you do end up getting a book, say, a Mark Wade World's Finest, part of the reason why we really like that book is that Batman and Superman feel accurate in it. And they're not just loving each other. And even had when, you know, last week or the week, the, the month before, when Superman was really upset and going through and, and, you know, wrecking house trying to find that day. That that wasn't something that was showing, oh, my God, Superman's a guy. But it is. There's ways of doing it. I'm afraid they're just going to have John like, hey, I'm so happy that I have them. And, hey, you get a good time. And we and you're never going to delve into it. I want John to think, like, you know, it's great that his parents have adopted. He even says it here. They're going to get the best parents in the world. But I want there to be a deep-seated bit of jealousy that he doesn't fully understand yet that starts developing to the point where that he has to deal with it. Why does he feel this way and have to confront what happened to him? Yeah, and and confront what happened to him in a way that and we will get that with a Ultraman decent and him. deal. 
Yeah, and that's, again, though, I'm afraid that's just going to be when he gets to Ultraman and he's going to say, oh, I realize that you're not the one. To, eh, it's just going to be nonsense in my mind. I just worry about it. I worry how they end so up playing these games and stuff like that. But the the possibilities there for something good. So I, I do like that. And I like having Keenan Kung here because then maybe people will get a little familiar with him and maybe go back and read his series and maybe we'll just keep getting more and more from him. He does yeah. feel like a weird bit of an outsider forced into this situation, which does play off. You should play that up in the story. The idea that he's there, he doesn't feel like he fits in, but he's like right in because they want to have everybody be, you know, cheerful and loving. But like you said, it does feel forced. Then you get jokes like the the gimp out <laughs> end up where John's going through the closets trying to get board games, he says, and he ends up finding the War World Gimp outfit that Lois likes Superman Look, in oh, at night. I don't know why you keep calling this the War World Gimp co- This is Gladiator costume. And I don't know that he ended up having that leather collar at that point. He I'd did. have to go back. And, but there's no reason to have it and to play she it off as it. Lois likes him <laughs> to get... We'll even have the black suit mentioned in a sexy way in the next one. Very odd. It's classic. Uh, but again, she says, you want your privacy? I want mine. Get out of town, jerk. Uh, it's supposed to be funny. I didn't think it, it was that funny. funny. It, it wasn't anything to me. It just was. And that's the play, though, of all this. It did end up like forced. You get the Pokemans kind of there. And that felt forced. Like a lot of these things in this just felt a little bit forced. And then, hey, the big guy's going to talk. And then we go out and they're going to talk about steelworks and stuff like that and how they're going to change the world. And, yeah, they're going to have a press conference. will be a world leader in scientific innovation, and John and Natasha will be the faces of that progress. And that just leads us to our big deal of, you know, introducing the twins to the world here, the idea that they are going to adopt these twins. You know, I, again, I don't know how it works from the Kent's yeah, super family, either. and nobody knows this thing. But hopefully it's a work in progress and we'll get more of it. But that just leads us to the big press conference where Metallo just – Kind of busts his way in while everybody's trying to give their rah-rah speeches about how the world's going to change forever because of what Steelworks is going to bring, which is great to me because I love Steelworks, especially because we're going to get that six issue many out of it later on to hopefully explore more because personally, we don't get enough steel. Oh, we don't. I hope that there's more superheroing in it and not too much just, hey, we're in the lab making sure oh, that we can I get I hope great Wi-Fi that. and a, a neat app that'll end up uh, lowering our carbon emissions. Like, I don't need that. You don't need Elon Musk sitting over here? No, and I, you know, I love Greta. I mean, seriously, I know people have their How problems, but you? we already have her. We already have Elon Musk. We already have all this nonsense. Let's go. I want to see something that this, leads this to This gets me excited, though, stuff. because I, even though I've told the story before on the podcast, when the death of Superman came out when I was as a kid and that next issue came out where you introduced john henry irons of steel trying to pick up the like the mantle of superman and do whatever he can as a kid i'm like okay this is superman and i was all about it i didn't realize how things work out back then the reign of the superman superman come back because i believe the hype superman was dead we're moving on and i'm like this is going to be my superman and then he just kind of you know meandered in the background for a while and a lot lately so happy i'm really happy that him and natasha are going to be in the forefront here with their own six issue many and being a part of this part of the action comics yeah and hopefully that ends up you know being pretty cool and then you continue from there hopefully it's not something like oh man i wish this was good and hopefully it, it ends up being popular enough and you keep going with it but i think they can always be in this action comics and we didn't even mention, but we have these three stories. They will start to, you know, the Dan Jurgens stories, only so many issues in the Leah Williams. Urban Legends is on. Shit. So you're going to Urban Legends. So even if you ended up 
where, okay, the steel book didn't quite work, but we can still have steel work stories in this, which I think is a cool deal. I actually wish that what this was wasn't a rotating bunch of stories. I wish that it was maybe one. I wish that the Steelworks deal was right here in this book. We always knew it was going to be there. We'll, we'll see how it goes, but uh, I do like seeing Isn't Steel it weird and that Power Girl's not here? Yeah, it like, is I know weird. she's doing her own thing and her own story, but she feels like she should be a part of the Superman family here more than Keenan and Kyle, at least. And like, and let's say we do like go the Urban Legends route, like where we have we have a great bit of characters that we could use here. To, like, here's a Connor Kent story that we're going to do for six issues within with his part stuff like that. If we get to the point, though, where they're like, all right, here's our Bibbo story. I'm like, you done lost the goddamn yes. plot. Well, you, that's you when you know that we are like, okay. When, when you get down to Bibbo and you love you Bibbo. Have so, I, I do, but you have so many stories and all these characters within the Superman family. You should never be going to the freaking C or D list characters within Metropolis and tell stories. Yes, that could be fun. And I can, I can agree with that. But you have so many characters that are not being utilized in the DC universe that you have the opportunity to use here in the Superman stories. Do that and keep doing that. Supergirl. Right there, yeah. should be right in the forefront. And Connor's going to have his own miniseries coming up soon that he's going to go off into space. And uh, that's that whole deal by Kenny Porter that was. That digital first. They claimed that, hey, this was, you know, this was the round robin winner and they're going to kind of shoehorn it in and go. Yeah. But that's fine. You're going to get that. No, book, but when that's done, you know, he comes back here. And yeah, I, I hope that we do get. Now, there there are some. You know, villains and things you can have some stuff with, but Toy Man. Bibbo, like the story Bibbo wants some candy kids. That's the name of my story I'm working I hate on. Your story. He he actually is just working in, in a taffy shop, Eric. It's not sus at all. And then he afterwards he rides around this van, wants some candy, and now it is sus. That's it. I want it. It's gonna get sus there. If we have a Perry White story where he's trying to get back to his roots and get on the beat for like you know three issues, you like, I'm like that? That'd be okay, I right? I don't need that though. I you don't, don't need, need that? that when you have all this amazing stuff to do. Lombard reliving the glory. That's what I. That's what I well, you, I wanted a Jimmy story would be you would fine. Just be Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. Would the entire be. Oh, time. I want that. I want that so bad. Just have Lombard <laughs> just sitting there the talking about how great he is. Uh, but to Jimmy. We'd probably get that. You can have a, a Lois story on her own going off, you know, doing her Arthur, Arthur X stuff. Everybody. Uh, but you, there's a lot of things you can do. Hopefully, like you said, you don't get down to, you know, the deal. Eventually, Mark Russell will be on with a crypto story and, and he'll be there and he'll get it all wrong because he's really mad about the cryptocurrency. Eric. That's his trigger right now. And he'll write it about that. Don't you fucking say that. I'm you just, just you manifested this into the universe. And I hate you for it. <laughs> oh my God. He'll be like, what? That could, Oh, a dog. Well, it is a dog. I mean, really the prices are down. People would enjoy it, but I don't need us to go down those avenues. Like anytime soon. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have to. And hopefully they won't, but maybe like, here's the thing, too. And where's crypto here? Why do we got no crypto? Just as we're here. Yeah. Just as well. He's the wolf crypto. He ripped out somebody's mouth. I just I just told you why. The little crypto dog did that. <laughs> you end up where this going on. I'll give you another thing that I don't need. I don't need, you know, stories that are sus, like you're saying, that are six issues, too. If, if you are playing the game, if you're going to end up having a Bibbo story, one issue, that's fine. We'll yeah. be in and out. It might be a little bookend type deal to get things. Urban in, but you don't need started strong, but it fell down the wrong path really quick. Yeah. And some of the stories ended up being way too long. I mean, at that one point, seriously, when we dropped it, it was Vita Ayala and Mark Russell. They had six issue stories, both of them. You had the Zatan and Batman one and the Super Pets deal. 
and we were done. We couldn't take it, and we were out. But if that Super Pets was two issues and that Vida Ayala Satana story never happened, I would have been happy, Eric. I would have been real happy. But <laughs> you end up with all this going on. And I, I thought that at the end of this first story, which is the most important one, yeah. I, I, I just I didn't feel as excited as I thought I would. I was excited about some of the things. But even you said the Steelworks stuff, that got you excited maybe for the Steelworks mini. Exactly. But I didn't sit there and think, Man, this story with Metallo and this is so awesome. I can't wait. I, I think that it missed out on maybe a bit of a hopeful start, a bit of a fun start with these characters because we haven't had these characters. You got the living room scene. That's what you got. And it starts so dark. And I know it was set up that way, but maybe for this first, you know, deal, you could have had some fun. I, I'm definitely talking a barbecue with Buddy Baker. The thing is, I want to say I like fun, but we all know that's a lie, but I am really into the idea of the Metallo story continuing because as soon as he was introduced before, I'm like, I can't wait to get more of John Corbin here. It's fine, but I, I want it, and I'll even say the next story, the Dan Jurgens, that didn't even feel as fun of this young John story that I thought. But what I really want is, as I said, Buddy Baker, he goes to everybody's barbecue and ruins them all by demanding vegan menus. That's all he does. And you're like, really? Get this guy out of here. We don't need this. Ollie shows man. up with his chili. That's why he they can't find him. He's Vegan pissed chili. off. They don't like the chili at these points. He's out. So at the end, again, I'm I'm wondering what's going on with Metallo. I think that actually the funny play is the best part of this first is Metallo. I'm actually really intrigued. And I kind of like this, like, don't look at me, Phantom of the Opera, Metallo, who thinks that he's not pretty enough for people to look at. I actually like the way that was because it felt different. It felt like something new. And uh, but the, the other stuff was fine. I just I, I didn't get that hopeful, fun feeling out of it as much as I was hoping. But uh, I'm sure, you know, like you said, you're looking for this Metallo deal. But we then move on to the young John Several deal. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is a weird play to go back. But this is what people have been asking for. People, and again, people will tell me they're not asking for this. I see a lot of people, you know, saying, oh, this is bull crap. Why are you playing this? But they're trying to do it. They're trying to give people a young John in a way that, you know, makes sense. And going back to the guy who ended up, you know, doing this, uh, Dan Juergens. And you could give the credits for it, and then we'll we'll jump into the story. I already gave the credits for everything because I wasn't going to go through all of them. Oh, you just – I thought you just did the one. So, yeah, that's fine. But this is Dan Juergens who did create John. And you end up where they're going to go back to the house. You ended up having Batman. California. Yeah. And – it was nice enough. You end up having that weird. It's, it is nice enough, but I kind of wanted to be in Hamilton County with Kathy. I know. I really wanted Kathy. Also, when you end up like, oh my God, Ranger, I'm like, please, why couldn't Goldie be alive? Why couldn't because the whole redo? But everything was Superman <laughs> Reborn. You could have brought things back and a reset of the universe twice now. Bring Goldie back. That's like the weirdest thing that John ended up frying his cat. It would have been nice to be like, oh, my God, that's not part of his no, nonsense no, thing is, from What before. I want to know about this is this: I didn't read the Death of the Superman 30th anniversary special where this picks up after with the idea that Superman fought Doombreaker, a character who was mutated into a doomsday-like thing based on one of the spine-slash-bones of Doomsday, give, like, you know, giving him powers and turning him into a monster. This is after the fact where Metropolis is kind of a wreck because of that Doombreaker story. And like Perry White's like, look, y'all can work remotely. Nobody's getting the Metropolis. Roads are shit. So like, okay, we're going to work remotely. For some reason, we're going to go to California where we used to live when we used to lay low, even though sh- that shouldn't be in the continuity anymore. But it still is with this whole thing. We're going back to our farm in California, and I want to know why 
look, I understand that Bruce Wayne brought the property and like in case the Kents ever wanted to come back here and stuff like that. But everything we have here is that weird Superman from like he was out of time from Convergence. And it feels weird even in the black suit, even though it's because he just fought Doomsday-ish again. But when they get here, it's like, oh, John's excited. Like, oh, my God, I loved our farm in California. I'm so glad we're back. This is the best. Oh, my God, Ranger. I'm like, what What, what did they do with Ranger? Because I, I remember when you and I were talking about Lois and Clark, you know, that Superman story that was this was all about kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You and I had a problem with what happened to Ranger because he was gone after like they moved and stuff like that. We never saw it. But what has he been doing here? Is there a caretaker for Ranger? Because this dog just runs out of nowhere. I'm like, well, he's not skin and bones, thankfully. It was the classic sitcom dog that ends up being in a couple episodes. And then you, you always laugh at the idea. Was it Life Goes On that they didn't feed the dog? <laughs> it was, was the thing. It was every intro. Everybody left to go do their freaking job, their school. And like the dog just wants to get fed. And nobody fed that goddamn yeah, nobody dog. Nobody ever fed the dog. Week. And it bothered you. So I end up where a couple of things are. I, I don't mind the Dabba story. Dee, and again, do my ass. Feed the dog. <laughs> uh, you end up where. Even that first story, these are to get you going, to get you set up. And a lot of this, you're not going to be able to explain very well. So they kind of like push through it, which is okay. You said that you appreciate it. But when you end up having this bit of doomsday, doomsday's bone missing, you end up and oh, you yeah. end up having it. Look, first off, it looks like something you would buy on eBay. It looks like some, it's a very odd plaque the way they have it. And John oh, yeah. picks it up. But I love where you get the Force comic bookie, I'll catch you up dialogue deal, where Bruce says, hey, I've been looking for this thing I don't know, and you end up Superman goes, you're saying that the shard of Doomsday's bone, which over the years created the Doombreaker, has disappeared, <laughs> that no one can find it? I want Bruce to be like, what, what, what are you talking to here? I'm talking to you high Superman, but the thing is, it's, it's very over-the-top Force dialogue to get everybody caught up in the thing. It gets them caught up. It, I'll tell you, I didn't read the Death of Superman 30th anniversary special where the story took place, and it caught me up. I'm like, thank you. I know this feels forced, but I appreciate it. But you read the classic Superman 75. I did. I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, I don't remember that. I don't no, have a good I. memory. Uh, I do know that they're bullshit making s'mores. I just want to point that out. But every good family does. Good families. Yeah, really. That's probably why I don't like them, Eric. I've never had a good family. I mean, you end up where. They're really pushing that 30th anniversary special. I'm, like, I'm sitting there reading this like, God damn it. Not going to go read this. What are you trying to make me do here? I'm a lazy man. Don't you know that? And then I get 75. Well, what are you doing here? How many of these things am I going to have to do? Good. But you end up where John ends up grabbing that shit. Really, I'm going to tell you that the next two stories, you are setting up what is the classic, you know, horror movie or apocalyptic things where John says, I'm going to pick this up and I got to keep it because people are going to end up using it bad. Yeah, this isn't going to go well. You know right of away. a kid trying to do the right thing by keeping it hidden when it's just all going to go bad because the kid took it in the first place. When we go through this, hopefully, and this is just let's set up the whole deal. It is a wonky deal. They have to set up. You're not. They don't get into it. I'm glad. I, I'm glad this isn't like. Well, you know, we had these two Superman because one came back from Convergence after going back to the crisis and they did well, this. You, it and shouldn't that. matter anymore. But for what we're doing here and what everything you're talking about, it feels like it feels like Must we're talking about it. Superman reborn. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all of that stuff should have been washed away all the time in California. The author X stuff with Lois. And it doesn't make a lot of sense for me in like this timeline. But you know what? I can go with it. At one point in their time, after they had John, they moved to California. And now they're moving back for a short time before they moved to Hamilton County. 
I was really, really, I'm with you though. I was really, really upset that we weren't in Hamilton County, that we could get Kathy. Also, I like that in the Rockies uh, fortress where it opens up at the top of the mountains and stuff. I really like that. You could have played a lot of things, but or you was get it the Himalayas? This. Because I think it switched. It was somewhere. It was a bunch of mountains. I don't know. A mountain from a molehill, Eric. You end up where John is going to cause some problems. I want to have some fun. I hope it doesn't get too dark. And I want to see, like, Dan Jurgens has to know that what people wanted from a young John that they think they missed out were kid stuff. You know, going to school, maybe Damien showing up, you know, or also doing things with his father. And I hope we have more of that. I don't really know that we needed to have that much of a overarching story of, okay, I got Doomsday Shard, I'm going to do this. I think that this could have been just the fan service that people had wanted and just have some fun with it going. And hopefully you, you well, get you that a little. you might still get some of that, too, I because John do. goes off to his you know, treehouse after his parents think he's asleep with the, like, the bone of And you love Doomsday. a treehouse, right? You love Who that. doesn't love a treehouse? But while he's out there... A spaceship comes down. I have no idea why Superman isn't there immediately because it's his back fucking yard. But you have this spaceship go down and John goes to investigate it. And this beautiful woman pops out. It's like, hey there, cutie. And like, you know, take me to your king. And I want this to be this weird situation where young John here sees this alien woman and has his first crush. Well, Eric, I just have to tell you that I just looked it up. That alien woman you say is six years old. You are now can't. I don't know. She comes out when she Jesus. comes out. It's so when she's like. Hey, cute. It's so places. fun, right? I just wanted to make you uncomfortable. But yeah, she crash lands. You can only think that she, unlike a Bruce Wayne Batman, had a sensor that can pick up an aura radiation oh, from Doomsday's yeah. phone, well, which I don't know why Batman didn't. But she hey, looks like go. she's fun, but definitely she is there for Doomsday's phone. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it, it plays off as well as like a Supergirl. It could be his little super. What happens? John's like, great to know you. Off to the orphanage you go. He grabs her and takes her right to the orphanage like Supergirl. You stay there for however long and I'll get out of here. But I do like it. I thought that that was a really neat ending, but I hope it's more for fun. Maybe, but I I don't know. It seems like it might be a little darker story than I was expecting. But then we go to the last one, and this is Leah Williams. I know that Andrew and Belfast has been waiting with bated breath to see what you think of old Leah Williams. All I could think of is, did she read Heroes in Crisis and, and the therapy nonsense? Psychic therapy to heroes who need inner trauma oh my cleansed. God. I'm waiting for, like, there's the waiting room, and they're like, next, hey, Wally West. Next, oh, no, everybody's running. Get in the hell out of here. Wally's here. Uh, it's weird, and this is the weird play of it. We're going to talk later about Catwoman in jail, and I'm going to say to you, I think, Eric, this might happen, that I'm going to say that, you know, the, the writer sets up the story that the writer sets. Yes, I have. You didn't know that I'm on the astral plane. Right there I am. I'm like a dream weaver. It, it end up where you're writing a story. You're the one who sets up the story. Now, some people may say, well, maybe it's, you know, you're given a story by an editorial, but we'll go yeah. with the idea. You're coming up with a story. So you don't have to do things to make yourself jump through hoops. You should never run into a brick wall at any point at the beginning of a story that you are creating. And when I get into this, I'm like, how many hoops are we jumping through to get a story that really is nothing of a Power Girl story to just get nonsense? I don't understand. I've never seen the amount of hoop jumping of the Lazarus Rain telepathy. I don't like this story at all. I don't like this Power Girl at all. I don't even like this Lilith Omen, like Lilith Clay Omen at all, because 
pretty much all we're going to do is start Heroes in Crisis 2 with psychic therapy. And I don't need any of that because it sounds like the most boring goddamn thing there is. But I am appreciative of this story because they explain to me what happened in that Lazarus planet because everything they tell me happened here where the Lazarus rain hit Power Girl and then she fell into the astral plane and then went to go help somebody who has had a trauma and it turns out it was Lilith Omen and then she popped out of her mind to the physical world. I didn't get any of that from that other story. They explained what happened there. I'm like, at least I know what happened now, but it really does seem from what they explain here, Power Girl and Omen, they have a psychic connection. I just don't know how that translates to anybody else now that like she's a telepath and going to help them psychically. It, what I've always wanted, and I've said this before, and, and seriously, all I said to you for years now, what I need is Miss Cleo in the DCU. Now we get it, Eric. We get Miss Cleo. Yeah. And you end up Come where on the now, one heroes. thing. Hey, man, what do you see? I see the future. <laughs> <laughs> Am I now? Oh, my God. I don't want to be canceled, Eric. Why, why not? Oh, I think that your husband is in jail. Is that right? Oh, oh my, my goodness, yes. Miss Cleo. Actually, as we say this, I do have a little bit I made years ago with you talking to Miss Cleo. It's going in after this, I promise. But you okay. end up with all I'm this. I don't think you that, no, okay. I don't think you ever listen to it. But you end up where <laughs> we'll give the benefit of the doubt saying, okay, it is set up a little better than what we got in the Lazarus Planet issue of how the powers are. And she got the problem is, is that Leah Williams did that story too. So she can't be getting the benefits or the high fives oh, one thing when good. she didn't I'm do. just glad I know what happened to that other story because I had no idea. I think that when they got to this, they're like, you better explain things here. You didn't do it before, but you do get the idea. Yes, she got the powers in the Lazarus reign. Now she has the telepathy. She has a connection to Omen, but really the connection becomes way over the top and everything is explained in such Omen a weird see way. all of her friends' graves and the freaking Grim Reaper talking shit on Power Girl this whole time? And this was like, you know, Omen's like just hanging out in the freaking, like, the, I don't know, the freaking snowy mountains. Like, oh, you you heard my trauma and you came to me psychically and then Dream walked astrally and jumped out my fucking ear hole. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, this is... <laughs> you're, this is such a weird play. Like, I, I wonder if Leah Williams is like, all right, I'm going to do some therapy stuff. They're going to eat that up. No, no, they won't. You better keep that away from oh, the Oh, it's so DCU. goddamn boring. It's one of the boring. worst things that happen, and it is boring. And it has to be explained in a way, again, where if if I'm the editor and I see this script, and I'm like, well, you spend half of the issue explaining this. Maybe it's not a great story. If you have to, It's almost like a joke. If you have to explain the joke, then it's really not a great joke. But you end up, and this is kind of a joke, but you go in and she has this power, but she's, you don't have enough time to really do much of anything. So she has like the greatest of the power. They say that they've worked this out. They end up having a licensed therapy hero. Nothing makes sense in a Power Girl story in my mind. And Power Girl herself seems weird. Right? She feels like she's either I Starfire or she Fire just, what it exactly, me that of. or yeah. she, not even Starfire, because we talked about in Blue Beetle later on, when the idea of that Starfire, she seems almost new as well. This is a character that's been on this earth in this timeline for a long ass time, and she doesn't seem to get anything. This seems fresh, like she just got here, even though this is Karen Starr, the industrialist, who for some reason comes off dumb as hell here. Yeah, I mean, really, like Jess on her birthday night, you nailed it, Eric. I'm telling you right now. It, the Starfire I go with because when she shows up all the time, they, they have her be so naive and things yeah. like that. But it's more, you're right. It's more of a character that just hit Earth. This is a character now with all this where she's, it, it's not like, and they're like, oh, yeah, I always forget that. Like, what about Earth 2? What about all these things? Like, she actually did live a life up to this point. But she's, I swear to God, she's like, 
what is this horseless carriage you have coming at me? It's so bad where she's not getting slang. She's not. You're wasting time. But then out of nowhere, she un- she knows all about debugging code genetically within the mind. <laughs> well, it's because of the idea where y- you end up having Omen say, oh, I forgot. And I think that the big setup here is, oh, I forgot that you were raised by computers. But that doesn't mean you know everything about computers. And it really doesn't play well with this character. But you get mention of boobs. I told you that that would happen. I mean, we did get that. You get the boob window because you don't need that boob sweat. But it's like one of those weird things. Like, really, in my mind, again, I mean, we're sus guys. We're not. But the idea that she now can read minds and things like that. I think that she's like, oh, I have a new costume. And, oh, what happened to the boob window? I finally was able to hear what these people were thinking. I don't want that anymore. But it's more about boob sweat. All right, yeah. you did it. You did it, Lee Williams. But then you end up where we get Beast Boy and, and Nightwing show up. Nightwing is the guest star of the week in a lot of books this week. But he shows I up just and imagine, he's fine. Like, when they're just hanging out in their new little offices and Nightwing comes in holding Beast Boy who's stuck in the form of a little baby calf. Like, he's cute, I just imagine though, the right? audience starts clapping and woo! Oh, yeah. When no, he walks no, in at the first, door. it's ah, oh, And then they're like, oh, my God. Beast Boy, he's stuck in this thing, and then they start crying. Oh, you have a, it's nonsense. But they sit down and like, and then they go, because "Hey, I hear you shot have him in the brain pan." Uh, and I hear you have a psychic therapy, and then everybody laughs. That's when the lab, like, "What? Oh, that wasn't a joke." Okay. It's such a weird uh, idea how they push this too, because I understand the trauma can resurface after stuff and everything along those but lines. We've seen well, them since then. It's too forced well, to me. That's what I'm saying, though, because you had Beast Boy. He was shot. He was in a coma. He came out of this. He fought a good fight, like fighting back the Dark Army. Then apparently, after that was all said and done, and the heroes like one, he reverted. I'm a calf now, and this is my safe place. And like now, we got to help like Beast Boy because he's just stuck this way, can't talk, and is just stuck inside of his mind. Can you help him, newly telepath Power Girl? Yes, yes, I can. It doesn't make much sense. I actually thought pick that up the there's, phone, man. That uh, pick up, <laughs> ring me now, man. I end up where I thought one of two things. Right? I thought first off, I really, really. <laughs> This would have been hilarious. <laughs> I really thought Nightwing and Beast Boy were hanging out. Beast Boy's like, you know, we don't have a lot going on. Dark Crisis is over. You're a billionaire. I wear an eye patch now. I wear an eye patch, right? Pretty cool. Let's go prank the shit out of people. Who should we do first? Listen to these stupid assholes. Like, yeah, these stupid assholes with this telepathic hero therapy. Trauma. Let's do that. They're going to get in my mind. And what I want to do is I just want to grab boobs. And that would be full out Beast Boy. Beast Boy is such a horn dog. It drives that was us nuts. Full out of Beast Boy before. That's the thing is, I want this boy to have growth and mature because he is one of the, the not a teen titan. He is a titan, and he needs to grow out of that because they kept trying to revert him to a de-age the shit out of him, and I hated it. I'm looking at it at a financial way, right? Don't touch boobs; it'll cost you Beast money. Beast Boy and Nightwing show up, right? They end up where it's all to get Power Girl to go over, and then Beast Boy buries his face right in her boobs, the boob window, right? And then what we get then is a six-issue mini from Megan Fitzmartin coming up that tells us we're all pieces of shit for laughing at that. A lot of people will tell you that. I thought with that, too, they were going to go in and, damn it, if, he, if they would have went in and saw some residual cyborg shit in there because of that combined Titan, deal. T- T- Teen Titans Academy? I would have I would have said, really, Leah Williams, you show up and you're going to fix shit that never – that would have been great. But you don't get yeah. that. You get this wacky shit where while it's going on – I thought that Omen, you know, had some cool deal going. She's the play-by-play commentator. Nightwing's going to talk to me while Cowergirl has connection to Garfield. So Nightwing's going to... 
Nightwing, tell me about Beast Boy. Tell me about like how his powers work. And then as soon as he does, listen here, PG. This is how things work. You got to get into his subconscious and find out how this works. And then it's basically, ooh, that power girl, she's great. She's going to go in. She's going to, hey, you know, calm down, Beast Boy. She's going to be able to face she's anything in there. She's the strong. And then she's like, I see that it's code. I'm going to debug it. And then one of the worst things of dialogue in this now, and again, it is this over-the-top explanation. I guess maybe some people would need it, but you end up where <laughs> and it is so bad. Power Girl goes, oh, my God, I'm getting attacked by red things. They're not green. They're red in here. Why would they be red? Omen says, well, Nightwing, why do you think? And he says exactly, well, I know there's the red. It's how Beast Boy gets his powers. That's all he says. From that, Lilith says, Nightwing's telling me about Garfield's connection to a cosmic life force inherent in all animal life. Something called the Red. Garfield's genetic code provides him a link to the Red. And, that's and I'll tell you this. I'm like, where the hell? The- I wanted Nightwing to say, all I said was Red. That's all I said. Look, I'm telling you, it's the greatest injustice there ever was because one of the best things the New 52 ever did was make Beast Boy a reddish-brown color and you loved that it. went along with his red connection that gave him his powers. There's no reason with what we have for him still to be a green fucking changeling like this. I loved him being red. And a lot of people, you know, didn't like a lot of the new 52 stuff. But in the in the long run, a lot of people just, oh, I'm not used to that. But it did make more sense. It really did. And I thought and it was, was cool. kind of cool. Yeah. So it's like that Nightwing red thing as well. Right? Amazing. We like the red. Uh, but yeah, by the end, then you end up where, you know, Deathstroke's in there. Power Girl's trying to decode the genetic strands. Little baby. Uh, what's it called? Beast Boy's Garfield. pretty cute. Yeah. Right, I thought he was gonna he was gonna do a honk honk. Uh but you end up where she's getting attacked still. And like, oh, this would be easier if I'm not getting attacked by all these things. You do end up and I'm like, We did it. He's on top of her now. Do the line. Show that it, oh, What's no. wrong with you? he ends up coming back because I'm so used to him just being a <laughs> I know that he has to evolve, but have we ever I mean people people are listening to this podcast. <laughs> You're old men. We if if you farted right now. And I heard it through the mic. We would have to stop. I would laugh so <laughs> hard. I would not be able to continue. I wouldn't. And there you go. I haven't evolved in either of you. But you come out and then there's. We're not there's heroes. Depre- there's we're no, the problem. We're, we're certainly not. But we get the depressed, uh, depressed, the depressed beast fight. Oh, God. I'm like, where is this going? Where is this going? Oh, this doesn't seem right. It just doesn't seem like power going. It's boring. And like, I know you want to do stuff with Beast Boy. And that's the thing is, we have now done more with the trauma of Beast Boy being shot than John being stranded in a volcano on Earth 3 for seven years with a psychotic Ultraman. We have done more with Beast. How the fuck is that possible? And one of the things, again, that I think that Leah Williams, what she does, when she goes on a book and, and I've read most of the Marvel stuff that she has written and it usually ends up like, all right, amazing Mary Jane, what's going to happen here? And then you're like, what the hell happened? Like, well, he, she jumps through hoops all the time to get these stories and a lot of times forgets the main character and ends up. And even in this, it, it is more of a like a Beast Boy story. Yeah, Power Girl's there and doing her thing, but it's not Power Girl stuff. And it just felt weird. It just felt weird. I did like the it's art. It's Liam Williams' didn't Power like, Girl stuff. I'm not a fan of the art that much. I, I like it. I actually like the way and little cute little in his onesie. Right? He's there looking. I like when he's like pointing up at Deathstroke. He's like, get the asshole. All right. There you go. Uh, but I, I like that. And overall, I didn't mind this issue as a whole. But 
I, I kind of wanted to get a better feeling at the end of like, man, I can't wait till the end. Man, like, Dawn of DC. I, I sit there and think, oh, I hope it gets a little like more fun and hopeful and things like that. But the, this story needs to end. It was kind of, I was laughing while I read this, but for all the wrong reasons. But what would you give this overall? The thing is, the first two stories are very strong. The John stuff in, in California, like I, I want to de-age John and all that stuff. Like the stories, at least. I don't mind John being aged up, unlike a lot of other people. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm glad we get these stories. The beginning just felt a little off for how we're trying to shoehorn this era of it in for where we are in the continuity. I'm fine with it overall, though, and I look forward to the rest of the story. And now I have to go read the Death of Superman 30th anniversary special to be really caught up with what's going on. But it's just this this last story with Power Girl changing her powers and having a trauma center. And it's a very boring story. It's an art that I'm not really about. And it just I don't know where this could actually go to elevate the character or anybody involved in it. But like, is it just to show that Omen's a character? Hey, everybody remember Omen? Is that all we're doing? Because it's just a weird situation to throw in this dawn of DC. But the rest, I think it's pretty solid. It makes me look like, you know, to the future of DC Comics with a pleasant mind. So I'm giving this a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm actually a little more positive. I'm going to give it a 7 point. Did you say 7.5? Is that what yeah. you said? I'm giving it a 7.9. I was saying I'm going to give it more positive. Than that. Did you just say 7.9? But I'm going to give it a 7.9. Uh, and really, we, we ended up and we must have liked it enough. And I had some things to talk about. It took us a damn hour. Eric. It's it did. And, uh, I, I just want to you know, just mention that if people are listening, they're like, holy crap, an hour. Yeah, I, I listen to a bunch of these podcasts, Eric. Uh, all these people in and out, 10 minutes. What, what are they doing that we get wrong? I don't get it, Eric. I do. Don't you really want to know? It's a good question. All right, let's take a look. The Miss Cleo DNA test. I'm <laughs> solely searching for the father of your baby. Oh, it's the one that's very unpleasant, okay? Reggie. Um, and he's also the one that had another girlfriend while he was sleeping with you. This is terrible. Yep, that's him. That's the daddy. Oh, my God. <laughs> fucking nonsense. But you knew that. I know, right? The baby looked just like him. Spoilers, man. Damn. Yeah, so you were in denial because he has a funny little chin, doesn't he? This is my boy. Yeah, and the baby have that same little chin. <laughs> Who is laughing? I hate them. The cards can reveal things that you will never see by yourself. Call me now for your free tarot reading. Call 1-800-980-8637. But we're going to move on to the next book. I don't think we're going to spend that much time on this one, especially because (laughs) it has a backup that is bullshit. It is awful. This is Detective Comics number 1068, written by Ram V, art by Ivan Rice, Raphael Albuquerque, Danny Mickey, Dave Stewart, and Ariana Mayer on those letters. They're pretty cool letters, if I would say so myself. We're going to get more of the asthma. We're going to get more of the organs, but not enough with this story. And, and well, that's the thing. Really, you're not going to get many, much of the organs. Are. You're going to get Dan, you know, Gail you're Tenclaw, get Gail Tenclaw. Who, is, who is rounding up all the homeless people that he can find, taking them to the subway systems, injecting them with asthma, or not injecting, but just infecting them with asthma, which has demon blood. That, like Not even demon blood, but it causes a demon to go inside you that controls you and will kill you if you don't follow what Gail Tenclaw or the organs wants you to do. So that's the deal. We're, we're building an army of homeless people here with the, the mysterious Asthmas. Yeah. The asthma is like learning Superman's identity. Eric. If you do, you die. So you end up having all this. And when I end up getting on here and getting upset about this story, it's more of the idea that it kind of bores me. I end up where, where are we going with it? It's a very, I mean, it's a slow burn. Nobody can deny that. 
But it's just going to be if you like Ram V's writing and you're here for the ride, then I guess you can enjoy it. But for me, it just ends up meandering over and over. And then we get mentions. At one point, you have a mention of the music box again, but we don't get it. And then we even have that deal with Barbados. And and there's so many things that are thrown in here when one of the main thing is the asthma. And I'm not saying you're dumb, Eric, because you're not. But it's hard to explain when you were trying to explain, you know, you get these people down in the subways and you have the asthma and you get it in. Oh, well, you know, because nothing's really well explained in this. There's concepts. There's names that nobody can remember. Really, we're starting to. But the idea of this whole play is I don't really know where the story's going. At one point, you ended up having the Orgums come in. They're royalty from, you know, now I was told they're actually royalty from India. I thought that they were more oh, really? of a Eastern European. I yeah, thought. Eastern European, like a Czechoslovakia or something like that. Right. But yeah, that's what I was told. And again, that is what Ramvi usually does. So, OK, I get it. You come in, though. And I thought the big play was going to be, well, you think that, you, uh, you know, Gotham's yours. Well, it's ours. We end up playing that idea of having the deed for Gotham, but then it became Arkham. But Arkham's burnt down and ruined, but then they get it and they're going to make this, I don't know, a haven like Nightwing yeah, did in the whole Nightwing book. Maybe. Not we sure don't yet. know. I told you I thought it was like the Mall of America. They're going to have a skating rink. Yeah. You'll like that. So then from there, now we're burning down half the city, yelling to Bruce Wayne and making a you know zombie people army of asthma in the subways. I, I just want to know what's happening. I want to know what's happening too. The story has been a bit, a bit, a bit. So, like you said, slow burn, but convoluted in his slow burniness. But now that we have Batman show up, he's here to save the day. He's here to stop Gale Ten called Dwarf Man from taking these people. And as he's doing this, he's learned apparently because I didn't get the idea that Mister Freeze like gave him that the um you know cold will man. stop the. I, I guess Mister Freeze did say that in the previous it's when, issue. It's but, when Mister Freeze actually froze. I'm saying though, he like he said that he said that in the last issue though. He's like, you know, the the cold like affects the asthma. So like Batman has shown up with the cold stuff to take on Gail Tenkall. He's even coated his suit with, you know, silver nitrate, silver dust along those lines. So now that he because Gail Tenkall, nitrate did he do Eric, maybe no, for no, later? Nitrate, uh, but, I thought it was for later. <laughs> it's because Gail is a good and proper wolf man until it seems like he's not. Does he just get his powers from the mask the that he's wearing? I, I thought that what happened is the opposite. I think that when you get that what Batman is doing is not killing him with silver. He's actually dissipating his Wolfman powers that then he becomes but a does, man. Though, but then but he grabs a mask. mask. I don't know. I think the mask is different. Then when you end up, the other guy shows up with the mask. I thought it was him with another mask. I was confused. Well, that's the thing. Super Batman is like, you know, winning the day right now. He is taking on a Wolfman. He's kicking ass. Then all of a sudden, Super Goro, this big asshole with six arms, is like, my name is Dark Blood, the flesh crafter. And though I may not seem like it, I am in fact a healer, a heel fan. And I'm like, I'm a hero fan. And I'm like, uh, he, this big asshole just came in and broke Bruce Wayne's ribs, and now Bruce can't fight until he can. I, I can imagine. I'm, I'm playing hockey, right? And this guy, and I'm in the corner, he hit me, and he's like, Listen here, Jimmy. I am a hero. I'm like, you want to fight or what? I mean, seriously, I'll throw my gloves down if you want. The problem I have, though, you do get Batman on this issue, so I applaud Ram V. But what happens is the same thing that happened before. He ends up fighting he a big dude. Ass, he gets his ass him. kicked and ends up on a couch. Editor's note, that also describes my junior year in college. He's always on a couch in this. He's always healing on a couch. It ends up at the end. But then you have, you know. Shit. 
crazy nonsense. But well, that's the thing is I I, I don't care about Super Gore just coming in out of nowhere and kicking shit out of Batman for then Gail Tenko to try to infect. He's hands. he's going to infect Batman with the asthma so we can use this you know this Batman as our own soldier and if he doesn't do it he'll die anyway so it doesn't matter. But then you have the situation where Batman's going to fight through this whole thing. And he's like, you know, you have Two-Face waiting in the wings this whole time. Harvey Dent is fighting with the Two-Face persona inside him. Let me out. And the thing is, if you do let me out, I can save him right now. You just have to tell me who Batman is because the two personalities, Harvey knows who Batman is. The Two-Face doesn't. Harvey's going to take that to the grave. But he sees his friend lying there. He thinks that Batman will always save the day. And he sees that he's about to die. So he has to go and make a deal with the devil inside his own mind and let Two-Face out. So he has to tell Two-Face who Bruce Wayne is, like the identity of Batman. And then Two-Face does come out, shoots the shit out of Gail Tankall, shoots a goddamn propane tank, blows up the whole goddamn subway line, and he makes his way out with Batman, just giggling to himself in my mind that, <laughs> I know who you are now, but you know what? I'm going to take the deal with Harvey, because Harvey can take control of the body again, but we made a deal, so I'm going to make sure that you stay alive, uh, good and proper, but you know what? I'm going to fuck with you later. <laughs> oh, my, I thought you were going to just stop, but just we're going to uh, you end up where... I thought, obviously, I think everybody would think that the Two-Face stuff's the best stuff here. I love the Two-Face stuff. I think it went on way too long. We get it. And it was just, it really felt like by the end, it was a battle of a trip. Like, all right, uh, you, you yapping so much, I'll let you do that. But I was questioning of, it the whole time. Like, is Harvey going to take the reins and be a hero and try to do it himself without just, Two-Face? We've had is it since the beginning. We've had it every issue of, hey, I want this. And when you get to this one, again, and I think it's a little bit over the top, not as pretentious as Harvey's talk. With Bruce Wayne earlier when Ram V jumped on Just yeah. didn't It didn't sound The sound the, the idea of the dialogue didn't sound right to me For even a two-face It's very, very flowery uh, But it's okay But by the end again The most interesting thing is not Batman In Detective Comics And he, ends up, getting the, he ends up getting the shit kicked out And he's on another couch That we already had and That's what happened you know. And Ubo, the strangest so. thing about this story is, oh, like Two-Face takes him to the offices the, like, Of Jocasta Joy, Dr. Jocasta Joy Who we had in Arkham City, Order of the World With the Ten-Eyed Man We're continuing that story in this whole thing Where Jocasta Joy, she's done fucked off But the Ten-Eyed Man is still hanging out in those offices Keeping it, you know, making sure nothing really breaks in Like a Two-Face at a Batman. So I'm like, where is this story? And people go? like that. People like that Arkham City story, the I'm damn sure water story, right? It didn't story. sell well. It did not <laughs> say yeah, really. It didn't sell well. And really, it's popping up all over the place. It's I'm crazy. like, really, we're really leaning on the story that not a lot of people read. But the people who did read it have told me that they really did enjoy it. But now look at the Ten-Eyed Man. That's a gimp costume. Don't compare this to Superman's gladiatorial costume. I, I Actually, I thought that this was a war world refugee, Eric, is what I thought. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Orange is the new sexy is what I'm saying when I see that. Man. Oh, my goodness. He is a bit of a voyeur. He is, Eric. Oh, God. But you end up where, again, it's very quick because, you know, there's a lot of two-faced talk. It's back and forth. And, and like a lot I said, of battle I with thought, Batman. And there's a lot of uh, fight. And the funny play is this issue when i was looking at reviews and things like that i think that this for for ram v this is at a point where maybe editorial said domer he himself it's like okay i gotta do some comic booky things i gotta have this big fight i gotta do this it's like the mo- but people are like yeah i don't like this as much they batman just like people stand around doing stuff and two faces back and save batman's life i'm the telling Wolf you 
this is not a perfect issue. I'm not a huge fan of Ram V on this book because it's meandering so much and I want him to get to the story at hand with the organs and stuff like that. I just want to really understand what's actually happening in this book overall. But you know what? This is the best issue that he's put out in my mind with everything that's going on. And that's my whole point. This up. is what I was laughing about, that it's one of the worst reviewed issues. This always happens with us. We end up, we're like, oh man, this is it. And when we finally get something, we're like, okay, this isn't that bad. Maybe the pace, the pace is being picked up. We're going to get some stuff. And people are like, yeah, I didn't really like this one as much as the others. The backup, Cy Spurrier's backup is like nonsense. I, I can't even make head, as a two-faced pun, I can't make heads or tails. Well, that's the thing is, I got you to start reading the backups when it was two-faced yeah. involved. And I was cursing you out tonight. Exactly. And the thing is, I for, I forgot that it was like two faces stuff had ended for the backup. And now we're back to the Jim Gordon, which you and I both said, this is garbage. Let's stop reading the backup. And then I oh read it. I'm like, God. look, I'm going to talk to Jim. This backup, this backup is back to Jim Gordon. It's back to garbage. Let's not talk about the backup now, ever because again. Because we got on and I said to you like, who's that backup? I mean, really? And uh, oh, it's, it's bad. Cy Spurrier, I think, is just, I, I got can't, say, sentient, can't say it's overrated. Music. That's being stuck in people's heads, but when it's discovered, it starts going other places. And there's this boy who's pretty much the boy from the first season of uh, Castle Rock on Hulu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's trapped in the prison. It's almost the exact way. He's like, I can see the music, and I'm going to follow it, and then I'm going to freak out because Batman's the fucking knight, and then I'm going to have a stroke. There's nothing to it, though. And in the end, like, is that – is the tattoo – I'm just asking you here. The tattoo, obviously, a bird. But is the bird's wings – is that a piano, Eric? Do, Do you get that with the tune? Because the artist is indecipherable. I, I, I hate the, the art The story so much. is completely ridiculous. It's already bad. And then you have this guy like, I see you. I can see the true you. I'm like, I don't. I think that the, uh, Jim Gordon has a vestigial twin with a boob hanging out. I don't know what's going on. And maybe we're dummies. But boy, it, it was to me, it was unreadable. But boy, did I like this actual Detective Comics story. Yeah, I didn't love it. It just we still didn't really progress. I'm all the story about that two face. Oh no, totally. yeah, but that's what we. Batman's still the biggest problem. The only thing that we got in this was. Now Harvey and Two-Face know that Bruce well, Wayne's Batman. That's it. That's all we here's, got. Here, here's the thing, and I've been waiting for that a while because that's a gigantic thing for it to happen in my mind going forward with the, whatever Two-Face is going gonna, to do. I think that you're just going to – he's going to get a Norman Osborn conked in the head, and then I, I, I guarantee you he's going to get shot again in the head, and they're going to have to decide. And he'll be like, who? In the story with Gail Tenkel, the Wolfman, trying to By get – By the way, Asmer's- I do think that is piano keys on that, that wing. Okay. <laughs> I'm never going to look at it again. It's so nonsense. But you but go. You keep when, going. When you have Gail Tenclaw using the asthma to make homeless soldiers for the Orgums, I'm fine with that. And then Batman fights a Wolfman with Wolfman abilities. Like he's like, "Hey, I got silver here. Fuck you, Lycanthrope." I'm like, "This is fun stuff." I hate Super Goro showing up for no reason out of nowhere just to kick the shit out of Batman. But I'm telling you, that's where the book took a fall from my mind. But and then when you know Two Face is arguing like you know whether or not he's going to go do this, and then he saves the goddamn day. I'm all about it. Batman is a problem in this book of well because he keeps getting his ass kicked. Somebody has to save him. But the the supporting characters always Harvey Dent in this and the goddamn Wolfman. I'm enjoying in this issue. Oh, Bowler, you know I'll never forget. I'll never forget Eric. But the big Ooh, play too. Fine. Remember we had the deal. Well, again, that's why I think that the whole idea, oh, Harvey knows. And it'll drive us nuts. Later on, we'll try to debate, you know, three years from now. Does he still remember that? I don't know if he does or whatnot. But the whole play of remember, mother likes this. We ended up where the orgums and, oh, my God, this big, you know. Well, so we will get back to the solicitors do point out that the League of Assassins, that'll come into play and might be explained. So that'd be good. But it's been so long. You end up having, again, the asthma. You end up having, let's control 
Gotham, what they're building. Uh, there's so many things going on. And then to throw in, what was it? The freaking, you know, time machine wishing. Oh, deal the reality they, engine. Yeah, the reality engine. I mean, how many that things can you throw in? Batman's a mistake Barbados. because the reality engine that happened 300 years ago. Music box that's now, that was part of, now I'm getting that that's like a, uh, uh, audio version of the Asper. I, I don't know a lot of the things And that's what Ram V does And I said before Ram V is more of He's not like a details guy He's more of a feel He's more of an ambiance type of guy and, But that, that's I'm not an ambiance type of guy Eric I wear a hoodie and shorts I don't even change I've worn the same thing since the shutdown I'm on a protest there And so that's not You're my deal protest I, before that. I, I, And I like to have, yeah, exactly. Well it's a lifelong protest Eric I just have to you know, I'm, I'm a guy life. I'm a committed man right? I'm protesting life yet I never lived it You end up where I don't need to be Spoon fed things a lot of people like you And I, I don't mind reading something uh-huh. But what I like to have is I like to be like I like to get involved in the story. I like to not just be told things. I think that Ramvi does that a lot, but he's big on the like I said the ambiance and the atmosphere of it. That's not going to impress me. So it's just one of those things. I'm saying me and Ramvi were like oil and water. I'm the oiler because I'm disgusting. I know, but still. I know that people do like this, and this issue is pretty good for what we've had. It's going to be probably my highest rated one since the first one, because when he jumped on, I was really enthusiastic, thinking we're going to get some really cool stuff, but he just likes to tell long-form stories. That's not my deal. I'm a short guy, Eric. I mean, story-wise, but what would you give this? Ultimately, I think the art's great for the main story. I love the stuff with Gail Tenkaw and Batman. I love the stuff with Two-Face. That Super Gore is bullshit and the backup's bullshit, but ultimately, I'm giving this a 7 out of 10. I had a good time with this issue. Nah, it's so funny. I'm telling you, like, people, I think that, and really, just everybody that's listening right now, forget, like, you, everybody probably thought you were giving a 9 out of 10 or something, because you really were, but I'm a 7 as well, so I liked okay. it as much as you. It's just, you know, a weird way of, of going about the thing. I was, I've been disappointed by this book, but this issue felt more like, okay, we're getting going and it's a comic booky deal. And okay, I'll go with it. That backup felt garbage. I never even touched that thing. Sysbury, I said earlier and I said, he's not really overrated because he's not really rated. He's one of those, he has a niche following. Uh, Ruben really likes him, but boy, everything that I read from that guy is just unreadable. It's not even the idea that it's like, hey, it's not my thing like a Ram B. It's unreadable, Eric. I don't know what's going on. If I was an artist reading that script, I'd, I'd retire. Uh, but we'll move on to the next book, the last book of this section. It's a big one. It ended up being delayed, it seems. And, uh, I don't know. It's, we're going to talk about this. I liked it, I think, a little more than you. What is it? It is Justice Society of America number two, written by Jeff Johns with Arthur McKell Janine, Jerry Ordway, Scott Collins, Jordi Belair, John Cleese, and Rob Lee. And if you remember the last issue, we had the Huntress sent back in time by using the snow globe from the Flashpoint Beyond series to be, we have to save the Justice Society of the future by going back and fighting Dr. Fate in the past because Perdegaton, once he kills Dr. Fate, he's then going to kill Huntress, which Selena Kyle found out about years ago in this strange timeline of events that we do with the story with issue one and now in issue two again with the idea 26 years from now 26 years ago and like you know all these things of jumping back and forth but ultimately when we start this issue up huntress is back in 1940 with the original justice society of america and when i saw this i'm like i got so excited because i want this to be something so huge where Here's Hunch. I like the idea here. It's called the new golden age. And what we're doing with a lot of things from Jeff John, whether it be from Stargirl, uh, uh, Flashpoint Beyond and stuff along those lines, 
you are taking golden age characters and stories, things that have happened and within the golden age of the Earth 2 situation when you had crisis and stuff. You are, you are making new stories within that timeline in a way that it makes sense to continue on and be a part of the stories now. And like, like we did with the idea that the Green Arrow and Speedy Roy, those are the present day ones. They went back in time and they were the golden age silver swords of victory. Saying that makes a lot of sense. Why would you have this then? If you have it now, it doesn't make sense. They went back in time and you can make it work. The same with Huntress. Huntress is a classic, like, golden age character. The, the uh, daughter of, like, uh, Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle from Earth 2 who would grow up to become Huntress. If you leave her back in time now, she can just be the Huntress of this, like, you know, this era. And I'm okay with it. It's just everything else involved because I want to see our man. I want to see Spectre, Sandman, do like Green Lantern, you know, the Adam, Dr. Fate, Hawkman, and Johnny Thunder, all of these classic characters of the JSA and the Flash. Don't forget the Flash. I love seeing them here. I love the idea. Like there's a strange woman here who says she's from the future, who's coming back to save her justice society of tomorrow by coming back and finding Dr. Fate now. And all this stuff is so great, but. When we have Dr. Fate, then, like, look, last issue I was talking about how I, I like can read this everybody's part, future. Though, and, and just before we go, and when we go into this, the thing is, again, I'm not going to say that this book is easy to get through. I'm not going to say that it isn't convoluted. The, the reason why I like it, first off, I, I like Helena. I like the idea of the JSA. And when you see them, I do get, you know, a little bit, I don't know, a little excited there. Well, yeah, uh, so do but I. when you're going, I think the art's great. I love so these as characters. you're going with it, there's parts, though, that, all right, this finally i'm relaxing i'm doing what you tell me all the time i'm finally reacting because this is a 12 issue deal we have a lot of time to explore things while you also have the star girl going and when we ended up seeing as we're going to get to this part that you'll explain the idea of you know some of the stuff from the lost children and stuff like that you get salem and also sweepy sweeps i'm telling you it ended up really really making me smile that i know okay it's starting to it's not coming together fully because I don't know what this timeline, I don't even know where people are confused as well as me and you. Is this the Jeff John verse? Is this going to eventually fold into everything? I don't know. Is this more doomsday clock deal that it seems like? But when we end up having the thing starting to tie in already where you have Dr. Fate go and he ends up zapping into Slaughter Swamp and where am I? Hey, who are you? He doesn't recognize this character that's been pulled out of time. That is his protege. Well, that's the weird part about I got it because really fired up for it. I thought that, oh, no, that was so really did I. cool. But the, the way that we do this, though, Doctor Fate was going to read Helena's future stuff like that, like he was talking about in the last issue with all of his friends and stuff like that, like if, whether or not going to get married and have kids and stuff because he's using the power of Naboo to his party tricks essentially. Hey, hey, uh, hey, Ken, go in here and see, like you know, what she says is true about the future, about the Justice Society, and what you can gleam out of all this. And when he does, whatever's like happening to Helena right now, being out of time, whatever spell has been on, and not even spell, but just. Whatever Perdegaton has done to her throughout the time being the stranger that's always watched, <laughs> always watching her throughout the timeline and stuff along those lines. When he goes through this, he is zapped to a year into the future where he is tr- like going through Slaughter Swamp with his new protege, Salem the Witch Girl, because he wants to find help for her and her curse by going to the Justice Society Dark, which is a great new concept. And we're going to find the original like Mr. It. Miracle to do this. And when you just have the situation where like, you know, Kent doesn't know, he's almost like, he just jumped in. He almost quantum leaped into himself right now. Like he's standing back. He's trying to get his, his bearings of what's going on. Cause he, this is weird. And like, oh, Thaddeus, there you are. Hey, uh, what's going on? Like, 
I like this a lot because it's doing a lot of concepts and things that I enjoy, especially when Thaddeus goes and says something about, I ain't never seen the bride of Solomon Grundy. I'm like, you just said the most magical things I've ever heard in my I, life. I'm telling but, you, this is, this is the stuff that I like. And, and even and, just and society again, dark in general. I'm like, tell me everybody who's involved with that. And maybe, maybe my score will be higher than a lot of other people's because we're not going to get a lot of answers here. And it's one of those things I'll complain all the time where, you know, and it's only the second issue. I mean, even I realize that, right? And usually I'm all fired up and I'll say to you, why do we get more questions? But the questions are so cool. Uh, and I'm not meaning the question, Eric, obviously. But when you even have the idea where Jeff cool. Johns is so great with this stuff, when you have Salem here and you go, when she starts talking about stuff, it's not that generic, like like we had with Leah Williams, where everybody's explaining things in a robotic way. She mentioned things. Oh, boy, it's the curse again. And it's such a like it is a Star Wars type deal, a lived in universe with characters that are going. And in that, it's a weird play where when you have Dr. Fate jumping and he comes in, I don't know if everything's going to be on the same timeline. Is this going to be alternate deals of how they got pulled out and he ended up getting pulled into something? Because you don't get the, you know, five years from now at that point when he's there. You do right after that. So I don't know exactly what's going on. It does confuse me. But as I go through and get the individual scenes, and even when Perdegaton is there and just trash-talking Selena at that one point after she's already sent Helena back and just like, yeah, you're going to join, you know, say hi to Bruce for me. And say, I thought it was really good. It's just, yeah, by the end, I'm a little confused, and I want it to make more sense. I was uh, kind of upset that we did that, you know, year, year, year in a row that we had in that. For, I thought it was going to get a little more explain but these individual scenes especially with solomon grundy and mr oh, the miracle and so Dr. Fate, i thought it was so good that by the end again it was almost like it's like okay here we go we get the movie and the the ending part that gets confusing to me that's the end credit scenes eric well, we'll get to those later when that other movie comes out but i really enjoyed i really had a fun time. I think the art does a lot with it, but also the characters that we've been wanting to get. Oh, no, I love and these the art. Are more I love your the characters. characters. I love the moments that are being set up, the, the ideas that are being presented as well. It's just when we have Dr. Fate snap back to his own time from a year in the future back to 1940, and then it seems like he's seeing more into Helena's future now. He doesn't know what happened. It was like something that caused him to go into, like, you know, be displaced in time to try to hide what's actually going on right now. But all of a sudden, he starts seeing into Helena's past. But now we have to deal with like 10 years from now when Helena's getting like, you know, suspended from school. And then we have to see when Catwoman, like after she sent Helena back in time where she's killed by Perdegaton and after he kills the Justice Society of Tomorrow. And then we have to see the, the, the grave of Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle or Selena Wayne in this timeline, but like how it works out. But then it seems like Helena starts seeing these things for things that she shouldn't know about yet because she was sent back in time before her mother died. And then, bam, the, the snow globe activates again. And then she's sent back to the future throughout these different timelines where it says 1941, 13 years ago, eight years ago, one year ago, where you have her then meet up with essentially the Justice League Dark here, where you have Cleed the Sores, Dr. Fate, you have Bibbo, and you have Dead Man who don't know who this Helena Wade is. And it could be, you know, the idea is it's before she's born or she's still a child at this point in time. She's not a grown-up Helena Wayne who's a huntress at this point in time, but it's just next. We're going to find out who na what now is. That's the biggest problem where it keeps saying now. We have no idea what the timeline is, what now is, how that works. So we're jumping through timelines. You're like, I want to spend time in 1940. I was having oh, a good yeah, time Oh, yeah, I do with too, that. and I think that and we then, might. Not, that, I don't love that. I don't love the idea that we might be jumping around all the time because I, I seriously, that 1940, I wanted to stay there. So, you know, for the whole deal. And and then when we get to 
Slaughter Swamp. Mr. Terrific wouldn't like, even come around until 1942. I'm like, where was Terry Sloan at? Yeah, I, I'm waiting for a lot. Of, and at the end, it was a weird play because of what we had even when Dr. Fate was there with Salem and didn't recognize. The, the whole play here is I keep thinking of these lost children and things like that and almost the idea that maybe Helena is one of the keys to that too. Like when she gets zapped again, Maybe this isn't an out-of-time place for her. She's just out of time herself. Like, nobody knows of her anymore because of how this paradox of her goes. I don't know. We're going to have to find out. We're going to have to see. But I'm intrigued. I want to see what happens with that. But I really don't want to keep jumping around constantly. I hope that we end up, you know, finding a spot. We know that Helena has to get to Dr. Fate in order to try to save the day of what's going on with her Justice Society in the future. Whether it's Kent Nelson in 1940 or Cleen in some timeline, our present, I don't know when now is, is now just actually now? I don't know. Because our now, Helena Wayne's not born yet. So you don't don't have that situation where she shows up, nobody knows who the hell she is. Hey, you look a lot like Helena Bertinelli in that costume there. No, I'm Helena Wayne in a different Huntress. So like it's a weird situation how they're playing it with going with Predegaton waiting biding his time because he can do that and then you also have all the stuff that seemed like spells or time manipulations blocking you know the magic of naboo and what he sees in the future displacing him out of time just to get a sneak peek of salem the witch girl which is fine but going back in time and then having helena like flood into the future it just seems so weird and disjointed to me i just i'm having so much fun with the beginning of this for everything that it's presenting to me I just don't like the way the story is being told. I know. I'm actually with you, but I really did enjoy the things. And seriously, I already told you that like Salem, one of my favorites sweep that seeing them. I'm like, oh, my God, I never thought that we're going to kind of tie this stuff in this quickly. I thought that that was really cool. Now, would you have gotten excited at any point if we end up having Eric and Linda Strauss? Uh, the Doctor Fate, the uh, mother or stepmother and uh, kid. Do you are you aware of that? Dr. Fate deal that's so is, I crazy. Don't, I, can't, I don't know a lot about that, honestly. Yeah, because like, there's uh, a lot of that, different like, ones. I know that. Oh, yeah, I know there's a lot of different ones, but there's ones I didn't really gravitate towards. Yeah, it was it was when Kent Nelson ended up recruiting that young kid, and then they mm-hmm. aged him up magically, and that ended up giving him, like, cancer later, and he died. Oh, but his stepmother was with him. It's a dark story. It was J.M.D. See, for Mateus. some reason, I went all in on that 90s fate, the reimagining yeah, you of Dr. Like fate that. for a new era. Well, I didn't like it. I just went in all in on it. On Patreon, me and uh, Matt Razor doing Millennium, and during the Millennium deal, it was that, you know, Eric and Linda Strauss, Dr. Fate. I'm like, oh, man, that'd be awesome now that I know about it. I'm a little selfish with that, but I I really liked it. Now, I say I love the art. I love the art at the beginning. Me and you are not usually the biggest Scott Collins fan, and it kind of does lessen in my mind. It doesn't throw it completely off. I just, I wish that we didn't end up, I wish we just had one artists throughout no. oh, yeah, so just the regular deal it's it's not like but it's it oversized well for or me. anything it's okay but yeah when you end up and you see uh khalid and stuff i thought it was a little off but overall what would you give it well ultimately i want to know this before we continue on um was it in the end of this podcast or was it the patreon spotlight where you and i argued about the timeline of when superman died that was on nothing, Eric. That did not make the cut that hit the oh. cutting room floor. Uh, we, of... we went way too long with that, Eric. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think so people want to hear us Patreon argue. Spotlight? It was the Patreon spotlight. Okay, well, because... anyway, you and I argued about that and the idea of time displacement, how things work with an aged up John and stuff like that. But if you go by this here, this continuity of timeline, Batman Year One took place 13 years ago. And, and I'll tell everybody, because even people on the Patreon spotlight, it was during the Lazarus Planet story with the Martian Manhunter 
and the psychic oh, energy right. memory of doomsday Left behind by Metropolis, and my yeah. whole idea was i thought that a lot of people would have forgotten by then and we i just said to you because i placed out the superman about five years ago yeah and i said to you what are the people in the universe what do you think they think and we got in an argument about how people would you know how they would think and whatnot and john's 12 and it went on and on i'm like people don't need to hear that but if they do, I could put it up as a, a B-roll, as they called them, Eric. But it, it was a while. I'm telling you, me and you. It's just funny seeing this timeline here where Batman year one is 13 years ago. I'm like, that kind of goes in line with what I think. Yeah, we uh, we ended up talking about the uh, just the craziness of that. That ended up hitting the cutting room floor. Eric, it was already too long a podcast, but we can put it out there, me and you arguing. And me just going, I don't think you understand what I'm saying. Do you understand <laughs> the words coming out of my mouth? But. Overall, Five again, years. I'm I'm excited about the, just again. It's just that idea when you end up where Superman's identity causes you know aneurysms. If I say to somebody, and I'm a 12 year old kid, "Hey, Dad, when was it? How many years ago before I was born?" Did you get, oh, no, no, it was actually five, but I'm 12. Oh, no, my head explodes. Hyper time. I don't know. I got no time with a hyper time. <laughs> I get no time with a hyper time. <laughs> uh, but what would you give this? I like the art in this a lot. I love a lot of the concepts. I love the characters. I can't wait to see what we get next. I just wish I could follow the story a little bit better. It wasn't so mysterious because it's a, it's hard. It's, it's not even hard getting through. It's just hard trying to wrap your head around this. We had the same point, like problem with Flashpoint Beyond at times, because you and I just had our own hypothesis about what could be going on here, there, the next thing. We just jumped to a lot of conclusions of things ultimately. But this, I'm telling you, I love the first half of it. But by the end, they're like, oh, why are we doing it this way where I don't even know when now is? They're like, because I had the same problem, if you remember, in the first issue of this, where I tried to figure out the timeline of events and how the story is being told because I didn't understand what now was. And apparently we'll find out to the next issue, which hopefully is just now but i'll give it a 6.5 out of 10 for the way that the story's being told really excited about it though yeah i'm a 7.5 and having it already tie into the star girl lost children i thought it was pretty cool and you know that stranger, you stranger but the funny play is you're saying this now bit and all i i don't know when it was i, I don't know why i bring this up then but I remember what book was it? Was it Doomsday? Cl there was another thing, and you had a real problem because you kept yelling, "What is now?" Like you haven't told no, that us. That was JSA number one. What now? There was another one before that. I'm talking years ago. There was something oh, okay. else that you ended up where we kept talking each time, and it went on and on and on, and eventually it made more sense. But the idea of how can we get a footing when we don't know this, and then it happened again with this book, and so it probably is a, a Jeff Johns deal. Jeff Johns. He drives you nuts at the end of series where he ends up, well, 50 years from now, we're going to have that. You yeah, hate that, that as well. But it, again, timeline wonkiness and, you know, timey-wimey stuff, it is tough. It is hard to follow at points. But it's stuff I love, mostly. That is a bit here that is holding it back a bit. Uh, but I still enjoy it, and I'm still looking forward to it. I was, as I'm talking, trying to go, because I don't actually, I didn't look to see what the rating was for this for most of the people it's not being uh it's not getting great reviews a mm. lot of people aren't liking it but then you get the whole you know there's jeff john's hate going on and so i don't know but it is getting you know lesser of uh, reviews when i I'm thought so everybody wanted the, the everybody wanted the jsa back so i thought that it was yeah, gonna but what be JSA this, are we gonna get? well that's true and just as an aside though we don't get full out numbers you know for the sales the first issue of this did not do well. It didn't even, I don't even think it cracked the top 100, which is, that's a shock to me. But again, you have said it all along. A lot of the books that aren't coming out that people are always yelling about, 
when they eventually come out, nobody gets them anyway. And then you're like, well, that's why they weren't coming out before. Exactly. And it happened again, it seems. So we'll see. We'll see how this plays out. But that's it for that first section of books. A heck of a section, Eric. A big section, that first bit of Dawn of DC action comics. Pretty cool. And the new golden age. Yeah, we're going to end up where... Take a little break, come back with a song, a dance, maybe some, I don't know, rapping? Maybe you're going to rap Hopefully for not. us there? No. Uh, but we're going to be back and, and clown around, Eric. It's the, cl- it's the clown around section. I don't sure know if that cracked me up so much. You did with the clown? Yeah, did. I did it. I did it, Eric. But we're going to be back with Punchline and Harley Quinn. that punchline there they do and uh back in the day when i did that i was known as the resident harley quinn fan on yeah. the podcast from you and reginald and uh, i don't know that i can say that anymore i don't know if that's something i can say uh, with what has been happening with the character and in the section obviously they are battling it out we ended up having this section as a tgif the last time these books came out and yeah, it's going to clown around here and still go bananas. Uh, but with all this, and it is Friday as we record this, so it, it does make sense, Eric. It really does, does it? right? No, it doesn't. But we're going to end up where you have punchline that's going on. You're going to end up maybe the book will lead to something, you know, down the line, bigger, whatnot. Right. But the whole deal with Harley is the run is ending. Not the book, but the Stephanie Phillips run is ending. Teeny Howard's going to jump on that book. So she'll be doing a bunch of these crazy things and maybe something will happen and you'll get Punchline in the deal. We're, we're going to have Punchline in a weird way coming up in one of the books. I won't spoil it, Eric, but we will yeah. see her in another book, which shocked me. But you end up with this Gotham game. We ended up, me and you like Punchline enough. I know I say I love Punchline every time we do the podcast, right? But we ended up, that backup really wasn't doing much for us. It really seemed to meander. Once you ended up having James and kind of going off, things seemed to kind of fall apart a bit. Luckily, you know, man, you were liking this book enough. I think you're going to like it more than I do. I think that by the end of this, I like a lot of what's going on in the book because it seems bigger, but that's not necessarily because of punchline, and maybe that throws me a little off. But you give us the credits, Eric, and we'll get right in. Punchline, the Gotham game number four, written by Teeny Howard and Blake Howard, with art by Max Rayner, Luis Guerrero, and Becca Carey. And if you remember the last issue, Harper Rose's brother Cullen was kidnapped by his ex-boyfriend Bluff, who is a member of the Royal Flesh Gang, who is working for Punchline at this moment. So now Harper Rose, as you know, the superheroine Bluebird, has to try to get the Bat Family together to try to find her brother because she's at the wit's end 
while all of that's going on, Punchline is trying to recover from the Ace Chemical plants being destroyed by her and Catwoman. The manufacturing of EXO, or is it, yeah, is it EXO? Um, the drug that she wanted to push out there, that's all gone now. It's a little it Hollywood like drug is what I always think of. The EXO, EXO, EXO. But yeah. Oh, right, right. But now it's time for the rest of the Gotham crime families to get together and pick up all the pieces that this little clown, this little clown upstart oh, left behind. Clown. Yeah. Uh, when you get to it, and it's funny, on the cover, you'll even have the villain's ventriloquist. You'll end up having, you know, these new deals here where Nightwing is in the book and he doesn't feel like he fits. I, I don't know who this Nightwing is. He's doing weird stuff anyway. But it is that time with Bloodhaven they mentioned. Hey, we're go. Yeah, uh, yeah, really. And so when you have that, though, at least they're, you know, pushing what is the best part of it. When you end up expanding the, you know, rogues gallery that's involved and in going up or maybe even. And continuing on the Catwoman story while that can't do it. Yeah, it, it's it's OK. I do like seeing some of these villains and the way that they're presented. I like the art a lot. It's just oh, the so story good. itself with this. I, I'm not really into this royal flesh gang. I know that that's the setup of the story, but none of these characters are that interesting to me. I want more punchline. Oh, no, not King which and Queen. We do get, yeah, King and Queen, and even Bluff, I mean, tying in. And we had talked about the idea of Harper Row. Not Navy Seal. <laughs> I don't know that I need Navy Seal. I don't know that I need Harper or Cullen. These are the setups, though. We're going to get them, but they're not that interesting. And, and it seems to take away. Some of the page space from Punchline, which I want to see more because when we do end up, what I think is most interesting in this, and I wish we had more of it from the very get-go, is the idea of what the villains think of Punchline because of who she is, an upstart. Yeah, the Joker's the big bad, and he saw something, but you know, you get a little sexual in this. Oh, but you again, get a lot of misogyny. Kinda, yeah, and you kind of get that. But that's, like that. Yeah, there it's Black Mass, and even when I thought that she was really going to pull out a deal with like. Hey, you know, with Catwoman and this, but I have your mask. And I thought, oh my, but she mentions it like, hey, maybe you could do this. We could team up. They want to do their own thing. But Punchline is kind of that wild card to go with the card dealing up. Joker. And I do like where she ends up, you know, kind of being that new face on here and wants to get involved. But they're the old boys gang and they're going to say some crazy stuff. But when you end up having stuff with like Harper with Nightwing on It loses me a bit. It really does because it just, I don't need that. I want more of Punchline and just see what she's doing. I understand why you do it, but this, this well, that's the thing. Is I, under, I understand what you're talking about, but the whole problem with this is I actually kind of wanted more Harper Row and Nightwing just because when I'm saying, like, I love the stuff that would get besides that way more, but just the idea that Cullen Rowe was kidnapped by a punchline in the Royal Flesh getting the previous year, the brother of Bluebird, who is for some reason the sworn enemy of Harper Rowe and stuff like, I mean, of a uh, punchline. You have this situation where it's like, okay, we track them down, and then a whole lot of terrible shit happens. I'm like, Man, I'm going to have to wait another month to find out what happened to Cullen and Harper. I need to get to this now. They're in the story, so you have to have them now, but I wish that they were never in it. It just ends up taking away from me. But it's right when you have Nightwing, because you have Harper, she lights up the signal, and then Nightwing shows up. He's like, hey, what's going on? You know, he hates when you do this. Okay, it's okay. And then, oh, man, it's Punchline. She's unhinged. She's doing this. And Nightwing goes, gee, she's like a persistent zit. Not that I would know what that is, but hey, and then you just go from there. And I'm telling you, he is off so much. Hey, you know that punchline, she's so extra 
I'm like, the worst Ooh. part about this is that Nightwing is here to work with Bluebird because he should be doing Bloodhaven things right now. I understand that he, like, it's right across the bay and stuff, which I want to bring up in the situation of this book. But you could have, you should have used pretty much anybody in the Bat family besides for Batman and Nightwing in my mind. To I mean, work with Tim Bluebird Drake right works great in my mind for this. I think the back would signal. be great. I think the signal would be awesome because you give him something to do. Uh, and yeah, it would be, I, Nightwing, it just, and again, like I said, like, hey, that punchline, she's so extra. I'm like, who is this guy? At one point, they're there, like, <laughs> staking out things, and he's doing backflips behind Harper, legitimately that. doing that. It's nonsense. Where he's, when he's, he's there, your he's favorite like, character. He does that kind of No, he does not do this where she's like, okay, she's on the binoculars. He's just behind doing flips and then says, I'm guessing no more than what is Hey, there's. You can't tell an acro not to bat. Well, that is true. You can't take the bat out of the acro, I guess. But at right. one point, the joke is Harper's like, I wonder how many cards there are. Not more than 52. Whoop-a-doo. And he jumps around. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? At one point, you even have. Somebody's high on the deck, so. He's, and he, I think he is. I think he's got some real problems, ADHD I got going the on. Because even that, now. He's like, hey, uh, is your brother with him? No. But his ex-boyfriend is, ooh, ex-supervillain. Spicy. Spicy. I'm like, who is this guy? I, it's really odd. I really, any sort of book that Teeny Howard's on, don't let her go anywhere near Nightwing. It's, it's I'm off telling you, in Nightwing is a little bit over the top here, and I agree. But maybe he's just try-harding a little too much to get in, in touch with the kids. The younger <laughs> maybe, generation. Yeah, it is funny that you kind of have that. But even then when they're talking, and I like where he says, uh, it's like, Oh, yeah, is now his catchphrase. He says it a bunch oh, yeah. of times in a row. He's like, oh, yeah, he's the freaking Kool-Aid man, man over here. He's the Kool-Aid man. Yeah, dumb man. Because he's like, oh, yeah, he's going to be just fine. People used to kidnap me all the time as a means of getting a Batman. Really? Oh, yeah. He does oh, it yeah. again. He's the, he's the macho man. Oh, yeah. I want, to, I want him to be Duff man. Yeah, it is Duff man. But, yeah, he's like, one time I was tracking this giant egg. It was great, but it's a long story. So we have to yeah, stop it. Stop it. But. Punchline herself, I think the but he's the worst part about her. the book. Yeah. Also, it's Teeny Howard and her husband. I think that this might be better written than, say, the Catwoman that we're going to talk about later. Maybe the husband's, you know, the magic sauce. Maybe the, you know, having two people on this is giving it something a little better. Um, but Punchline, I like the setup because she has been set up to be really a loose cannon. You, you don't know. You could end up, you know, messing up, and well, God, she, she is- won't do anything. Or you can end up doing everything straight up. You did it, and she could get mad and just slice you. And I do like when you do have bluff, and she goes with him. There is a bit of a tension. Oh my god, what's she going to do with this? But the whole story around, you know, having Cullen captured. We're going to do this. We had all this set up with, you know, the the warehouses and things, and it makes sense for the crime families to move in here. But overall, especially with Ico out of the picture for the most part doing Captain yeah, stuff. Yeah, and overall though, I just I kind of just want to see more punchline. And it's a weird play because they are expanding the universe around punchline, which I guess you have to do as well to you know continue with the character if you're going to. But then I don't know. It got a little over the top. It's pretty much the Punishers show up and they're going to cause some oh, that's trouble. The, that's the, the coolest part about the book in my mind because what I said about the. Beyond the, the freaking chauvinism of Black Mask, who just wants to say the worst things possible about Punchline when she does show up to like, you know, pretty much prove a point about the old guard and how things have to change because all you care about is money, but money burns. And it's such a weird thing because I said the worst part about the book is Nightwing, but I'm also trying to figure out the 
the motivation of Punchline, because what she wanted to do was set all this up through the XO and sell all this illegal drugs, which will get you fucked up, but there's nothing that the courts or like the police can do about it. Yeah, we said it's like bad salts before they end up coming in. Eventually, this this is all going to fall apart. They're going to end up, you know, you have to get your money in quick because somebody's going to come in FDA and they'll shut it down eventually when they catch up to it. So I think that that should be played out a little bit better as well, like the crocodile but no, no, I'm, I'm saying the idea is she comes in here and talks about a, a big, really big joker game because all you care about is money and all of this. I just want to see things change by burning it all down. She is the wild card. She is the chaos agent of chaos right now. But it did seem like her original motivation was a money factor with the Royal Flush Gang and this XO drug. But now that that's out of the picture and Black Mask is going to jump in here, take the warehouse space and alley town and manufacture this drug to punchline to it, she seems like she's pissed off. She wants to cut like, you know, fight back. And I like this situation a whole lot because you do have this young upstart character. And I want to know, no matter how it plays out here, like I said, chauvinism aside, I want to see Black Mask beat the ever-loving shit out of Punchline for trying to be this over-the-top character out of nowhere. Or I want to see Punchline prove herself and how she can take on somebody like Scarface and Tiger Shark and Black Mask and all of these people who have now have like our heads of the table in the Gotham crime family. Either situation you have these two, like these two organizations, essentially the Royal Flesh Gang and the Gotham Mob going on here. I want to see them go head to head because no matter what, I'm going to have a good time seeing like whoever the winner is because. I need to see what happens here because this makes perfect sense for a Gotham for everything that was set up in Catwoman with the, the mob family and stuff like that. And now trying to take on this. Cause I'm telling you, Alexis K, she was a college student, got uh, like wrapped up with the Joker, did the Joker war, was sent to prison for it, got out and has all these big plans. But has she really proven herself as a real threat to anybody in Gotham besides for doing random poison kind of stuff that she may or may not get away with? She has bigger plans and I want to see what those are and how she's going to enact them in a world where you have characters like the Black Mask, not to mention vigilantes like the Bat Family. Yeah, the thing that kind of gets me, though, is with this, you do really push the idea of, okay, they're, you know, pretty much sus sex you know misogynist type of deal which we had previously in the catwoman book yeah that'd be the and even when that happened it does feel like you're trying to force you know your your little soapbox deal and i kind of got the idea in this with teeny howard coming from even a marvel when you do have characters show up to you know start shooting people they do look like the punisher and that whole play with that but in the end I, I don't know. I just, I kind of just want to learn more about Punchline, though it's tough because she's a character that is a wild card. She is somebody who you're not really going to get a ton. Uh, you know, it could change all the time, like the Joker and stuff like that. But by the end of this, I kind of sat there and thought, like, I don't like it. Like, again, Harper and, and Nightwing are in, but it's not their type of book or whatnot. But of the main characters, there's not really a likable person in this book, even Bluff who ends up being the side guy of Cullen's boyfriend, he's a piece of shit. Everybody's a sure piece is. of shit. So I think that what they're but trying what about to Navy? do... It seems like Navy might be a good guy. Yeah, I think he's a piece of shit, too. I mean, he ends up where... I, I don't get him. It, like, It's not like the idea of him, like, well, I just end up like a Kevin that we'll talk about next. Like, yeah, I got tied up with the wrong kind of people. He just seems like he likes to shoot things and go. I don't know. The problem is, though... I think that editorial has gotten that and said, listen, we need to have these side. We need somebody likable. So let's make punchline side a little more sympathetic by just showing people just get straight up murdered. 
Well, well, I'm not really getting really the idea cool of being situation. sympathetic, though. I well, sit there and think that's what you fucking deserve. That's what happens I, when you I do this. I want to see how this plays out because you have all these like lower members of the Royal Flesh Gang. The punchline took control of while she was in Black Gate Prison, stuff like that. She's continuing to control outside by even getting the retired King Queen back into the fold and stuff along those lines. She plans on making a big splash by going to the boys' club in the contaminated zone in Alleytown and say, we're not going to let you do anything. We're fucking the, the royal flesh guy and go fuck yourself. And while this is all going on, something they're not expecting to be sitting at the, like, the, the adult table, essentially, because while this is going on, Black Man's like, oh, shit, you're here. That's good, because I, I sent a hit squad into your warehouse. They're wiping out every one of your soldiers as we speak. And you see these, you know, these Black Mask goons essentially going with, like, you know, helmet cameras, too, to make sure the job's getting done just wiping people out throughout this whole thing. And I'm like, there are, like I'm telling you, you don't really care about any of the lower members, but a lot of people are being murdered who are pretty much foot soldiers of Punchline here. What is she going to have left at the end of this, especially when she goes and tries to go toe-to-toe with all of these members no, of the, I get like, it. The, now, like the mob? And I think that somehow, I mean, I'm not going to say she's going to take down, you know, Tiger Shark. He's going to eat her. It's, I think he's died and come back like four well, times. he has. You can and then you have ventriloquist. And we always like Tiger Shark when he Scarface, comes in. But man. When, when you have these things, though, I'm I'm starting to worry a little bit. Now, this is a little different because she's been around a while, but it still is just a new character that's being elevated maybe a little too fast. Way less like a time than Keenan Kong. Yeah, but, you know, Naomi was around a lot, and it was just the idea, well, she's great. And it, almost when she shows up here, while you end up having Black Mask kind of act like a piece of crap to her, they're still giving her respect in the in a weird way. And I don't know that they would have given her any respect at all. Like the idea where, oh, yeah, I don't I see what the Joker thinks of you. They're going to do that stuff. But it's not like full out like I'm you're nothing, you piece dick. of crap. <laughs> yeah, that's what basically it seems like. Hey, you want to come over here? I got this over here. That's awful enough. But Teeny Howard, we've already seen that with Ico. I mean, it's almost hey, Ico part hey, hey. two. Hey, punchline, what's the difference between Joker's dick and mine? Mine don't taste funny. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, See, there mask. you go. That is Black Mask Eric Shea style. <laughs> Sexy Shea style. They're like, hey, come on. I was trying to try to figure it out. Hey, I got a, a gib. I'm trying to do the G's and the B's. I can't Oh, see, it. that's another great part hey, that we don't even have to bring up. He could say, right? Yeah. What, one of the great things of this book, and it's a very subtle thing that does, will not matter to most people, but when you have Scarface and the Ventriloquist in here, Something that Tom King refused to do in his Tom King is the only one who seems to not want to do it. I, I'm and sure I don't there's, a, get there's it. a bunch of different writers that just have, like, even like in the idea. We've had it was recently that there was a little, but it went wonky. There was something we did in that the went Batman, wonky. the animated series, they didn't really do it either. But the idea that Scarface, the ventriloquist, doing the noise, like a lot of ventriloquists who aren't that good, they can't do the B. So every time the Scarface tries to say B, it becomes a G, and it's hilarious to me. And that's the how Gat the characters. Man. Exactly, it was originally created, and I love that when everybody does it, because you don't see a lot of Scarface, and when you get them right, and I'm like, you did it. Yeah, they did it. And and saying you did it, you also have Punchline yell, I'm going to do the Gotham game. I'm oh, she did it. She said it. Oh, my goodness gracious. She's going to burn it all down. I got excited with the, you know, these villains, but again, I don't know. You said Tiger, Tiger Shark has died like 17 times in the past two weeks. I mean, this guy is always dying and coming back, but you're elevating things, and I really, <laughs> I, I end up, yeah, I end up where I kind of wish that this was a little, you know, smaller, and it was just, hey, punchline gets out of jail, she's doing her thing. At one point, she was, you know, influencer, everybody's behind her. That's kind of gone to the wayside to be more of this. Hey, I'm going to run this little organization. We're going to have our little cut. We're going to go. 
And I think I want to, I think I'd like more of that, more of a personal look into Punchline, get more of her character. And the thing, because the most thing that I like is even with Bluff here, I don't care a rat's ass about, but when he ends up like, oh man, you know, I'm sorry I did this and she's going to slice him and yeah, oh my God, that's what I like. I like to see, you know, what is she going to do? How is she? Is she like the Joker? Is she different? What's happening? And then that kind of gets pushed aside to get the villains, but it, it makes the book bigger, I guess, because of these but villains. But it's so good with included. the idea of Black Mask as well, because him being here, the head of the table, essentially, even when Punchline and her crew of Royal Flesh, like King, Queen, and the new Jack that's bluff, they show up, they want to like, you know, make a big impression. He's like, you know what? You're a green horde. You made a big splash. He's even happy that she like got rid of Catwoman for him because that was the biggest thorn in his side. And now he's going to take everything that she had going and just make it his own and then kill the rest of his crew. Because what you got to think about as well back at the warehouse, you have Cohen locked up where this hit squad is murdering everybody. At the end of the issue, you have the tech guy for punchline one zero. He says execute high aces as a passcode or something. Is that a, like a, like a, a bomb code? or something? Or exactly, yeah, that's what but it, it seems, seems like, like. Ace, the aces we had before was the nanites that changed things and did all this swarm kind of stuff. Is it going to change Cohen or anybody in there? We yeah, have no know. idea, but that's a hell of a cliffhanger to end on for what's going on. Like, what, what is the fate of Cullen Bunn? Uh, Cullen Bunn. Cullen oh, Bunn. Bun. Cullen you know, Bunn's fate is he really wrote a shitty Aquaman, but he does some horror stuff pretty good, right? He, yeah, we have Nightwing and we have Bluebird outside, and we're like, you know, how are they going to get involved with whatever's going on? And what is going to be the fate of Punchline when she's confronted by somebody who's a bit out of her league in my mind with Black Mask? I'm telling you, I, this issue got me excited and like... Uh, pretty much really on board for the first time even though i have been enjoying the series for the most part yeah it's it's one of those things again i i just it, it gets lost. i really enjoy that new black mask mask and i i'm actually wondering is the black mask league are they upset because boy this black mask can't he cannot get, get a break society? i mean this guy i'm talking about people if you're the big fans of the black mask the oh. idea where are they mad? Like, man, they really nerfed our favorite character. I don't know how many people Black Mask is their favorite character. I, I doubt there's any. But with the idea that he just gets he's just kicked around throughout this whole deal with this in the Catwoman series where the guy can't get a break. But it looks like he's coming up on top here. Well, maybe. I don't know. Hey, look at these guys that he's had. Once you start hanging with Tiger Shark, you know shit's going wrong. And the Ventriloquist. Ventriloquist, too. I'm telling you. You, you may love that, that where it's just odd, though, right? Scarface, he's got a little Tommy gun. What do you want to do with that? He does. He's cute. I mean, what I would do is I'd have him do little plays. That's what I'm doing, right? Hey, dude, do great expectations, you asshole. That's what I'd do. When you actually have the real heads of the family here with Tommaso and stuff along those lines, like these are guys who really don't get their hands dirty all that much. They have people they pay to do that for them, people like it lower than them. But now they're just going toe-to-toe with the heads of this new royal flesh gang. So that's kind of a weird situation where you have like Tommaso and the, uh, oh God, what's the hell is the other guy's name? Um, yeah, I had it. Like, I'm trying I, to get I, to it. Federico, I'm uh, sorry, Federico Tommaso and, uh, Dragos Ibanescu. When you have those yeah. two who are like the original members and like Amigdal is dead, who was the muscle and, uh, involved in this before. But these guys are going to have to go to, to, to Tiger Shark. I'm fine with for even Scarface, like an old man with a puppet on his hand. I'm fine with that too. But for some reason, these other members, like, what are you guys going to do? But you know what? I'm interested to see. Nightwing does run into Tiger Shark quite often. It that does. must be the deal. They're like, you again? Oh, my goodness gracious. And then and out of nowhere, Flamingo comes in. And I'm no. expecting them all now, right? You get Professor Pig. He shows up. But, yeah, that, the only thing that worries me, we have two more issues, and it seems to still be setting up things is my biggest problem. And I hope that that 
becomes something different next issue. I hope setting up a status quo going forward. Yeah, because I want this book to do well enough and set up enough that it can continue on in some other thing or whatnot, but it isn't selling great. I saw the rankings, but a lot of the books aren't. So that's nothing. The character, I think, still can be something and hopefully will be. And I don't mind this issue. I just, I, it's weird. You know, I'm, I'm sounding like I'm real miserable about it, but I really just want more punchline before we get to the end of it. You, you just kind of have these other things that are pulling you away from it that, and I said it exciting, at one point. Exciting, exciting things. Well, you end up like, you know, a, a Scarface. Me, not that everybody's going to be all excited about Mr. Scarface, but me and you do get a kick out of him. So when he shows up, I'm more excited about him. And Tiger Shark just cracks me up when he shows up. I know. And so with that all, I'm like, yeah, then we have, you know, maybe a building blowing up, maybe nanites. You end up having Cullen. You have, you know, Harper. You have Knight. There's just so many pieces going that aren't punchline that I wish we had more of that. But we'll see. We'll, well see how it ends punchline. up. Maybe we, maybe we are all punchline. We'll just start standing up yelling that we're all punchline. But overall, what would you give it? I love the art in this book, and I think this really raised the stakes for whatever the Gotham game was supposed to be, putting Punchline uh, putting punchline in the path of Black Mask and the rest of the Gotham mob families. I'm like, I think this is a really cool turn, and the I wolf, can't wait man. to find out what happens next. So an 8 out of 10. I'm an 8 as well. <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, I, it's weird the play of how we each get to the same score when it just doesn't feel like it. But yeah, I actually thought the whole deal is pretty good. It elevates things. I just want more punchline, though. And what I got from Bluff and I really liked, I mean, I'm telling you, the tension that you had in that of me, she might just gut him, felt Joker-esque. It felt like she, at the drop of a hat, could just start slicing and dicing. And I did like when she was talking trash to Black Mask. I don't know that I'd like that mess. <laughs> I'm looking at it right like now. It. It's so weird. Uh, but overall, I'm going to add got bones in it. As well. You ready for that next book, Eric? You ready to sure keep am. this going? Now, to continue the clowning around, Eric, Harley Quinn, number 26, written by Stephanie Phillips, art by David Baldion, Matteo Loli, Pasquale Qualano, Rain Barreto, and what's that? Why are you talking like that? <laughs> uh, just talking, Eric, and World Designs. I was doing my announcer voice. And oh. Pasquale, I actually, was, as I was talking, I was looking at the other room. To make sure people turn down the television But with all that Here is Harley Quinn The multiversal story where hey, You're going to get all the Harleys going at it. Now the funny play is after this, yeah, after this whole deal We are going to be getting Well on this book Teeny Howard will jump on at issue number 28 So this is the penultimate issue of Stephanie Phillips run But we're also going to get a Harley Quinn fight It's a Deadpool play Harley Quinn destroys the DCU where she's seemingly going through the multiverse, and I think they're just going to get this all over again. I hope not, because this issue, while I don't think it's horrible, nothing really happens. I mean, you're really just setting well, up your sides. Issue, right? We broke the Harley Quinn who laughs like commu- like you know multiversal like not communicator, but her, tra- her uh, traversal mechanism. Order, yeah, exactly. And when we did this, it opened up a bunch of portals all across the multiverse where all these other Harleys came out. So now they're running amok throughout Gotham. Now it's up to Harley Quinn and Batwoman and Kevin to track them. Oh, and old lady Harley as well to track them down. And the thing is, it's just really Harley Quinn being a little bit of a brat where she doesn't want to deal with this. And you had a moment in this book where you could have made it really special, really mean something where Kevin looks at her whining about how she doesn't want to fucking deal with this. And he's like, 
fuck you. And she's like, what did you say to me? How dare, like, you, like, you're Harley Quinn. You want everybody just to accept you for what you've done and who you are and just make you say you're a superhero. You have to do the things to make people see this. So you have to take charge. You can't just fucking hide from this problem, which is your problem because you're Harley Quinn and this is a Harley Quinn problem. So Kevin is this great inspirational speaker. He steps up. Yeah. And she doesn't do anything. Because here I'm sitting with this idea, like, where did we go from the Harley Quinn who asked murder you? Kevin traversing the Himalayas to find a Lazarus pit to bring you back where you seemingly came back bad, like you came back as a dark version of Harley, to where that just all went away because now we're doing multiversal shenanigans. You had all of this stuff you could actually have done with and talked about what that meant and everything that Kevin's been through, being there for her, and everything she's done since then. Like you said, you're just a brat, but you had a moment and it just wasn't there. To her, him to say, fuck you, stop acting like a brat and do your job. It should have been way more and, than and that. And I like the what, idea because of the what she wants. She wants to be a hero, but now she's kind of given up and saying, you know, I deserve more like this. And when Kevin says, you know, fuck you, and then starts talking, when she's like, oh, don't treat me like a baby. I'm not acting like that. And he's like, no, 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 you counting on, like you keeping a tally, That that's not a hero. That That's not, you do the right thing, you keep doing it. And this is a Kevin moment that is, you know, why is his character growing so much more than Harley's? Because when we ended up with the series, me and you, at the beginning, we did like it. Because every plot point could scrap the moves well, on that's, something silly. that's my big point. The, the idea, and, and really, you you nailed it there again, just like Jess on her, on her birthday. Her, ended up where Kevin shows up, and he's such a good play of redemption, while Harley herself wants to be redeemed, but thinks that she's more of a hero. You had this really good setup, and at one point, me and you were talking about you know, which Harley are we getting in the series? Because it seemed like Stephanie Phillips couldn't really put her thumb on which one she wanted. Oh, my God, now's the smart therapy Harley. But then the next issue, you'd get over-the-top jokey Harley. And then we thought, okay, well, maybe we're playing that game. But it just became at one point just over-the-top, even more so jokey Harley, almost a Deadpool-esque deal. And then it, there's no progression. And you said plot points come up and some things are like oh my god that's really an really awesome cool. idea right gone she always ditches those she ditches those to get to a lame joke every interesting element that i'm like i can't wait to see where this goes and you get there oh it didn't go anywhere that sucks yeah i mean and what you're getting here and what you usually do get near an end of a run like this you get a victory lap right you oh, get, yeah. and it's it's setting that up but did you get that idea when she says okay everybody Let's go. And really what this is, is I'm going to grab all the characters that Harley ran across, maybe change their lives at points even. We're going to get them all in this room to be Team Harley and go. This should be a moment where we're like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Like a Solomon Grundy. That's the only one I got excited for. gold. But he hasn't so been solid gold since then. We also Ooh. get that alien. That was nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was the best part. You get, you know, a Batwoman who, okay, but she hasn't done much. Killer Frost. Who showed up, what, last issue? Yeah, yeah, Zaz tied up, you know, Lou and Bud. And the Codes of Harley, who showed up, like, what, last issue? Yeah, <laughs> issue and so that. that's my problem. When you get this and you're showing us, like, oh, my God, these are the moments where when you're writing it, you're like, okay, now it all comes to a head. I'm going to show you all the things that I work, and I'm going to show you how much. We love Kevin and we love Solomon Grundy. So you good. Don't, you ended up veering away from them to get a Killer Frost that's just there. You know, this cold of Harleys that doesn't mean much, this multiversal nonsense. And then when you do finally get to a point where the progression is Harley, who all this time, and not even just this run, but a lot of the other runs preceding this, she wants to be looked at as a hero. 
She wants people to re- It's not just being a hero She wants people to forget her past nonsense And she wants to be celebrated as a hero Kevin just about gets to that point To teach her Don't worry about that just Fuck what they think Don't worry about what Gotham thinks Just save Gotham If you're a hero, be a hero But it gets convoluted And then you end up going off and telling stupid jokes. Like, I'm telling you, Then the issue Devolves. You don't have to always just stop to tell a joke that that just never lands, and and it does. It devolves into just because nonsense. now, like I said, we have all of these characters that we've had throughout the run. Pretty much, you just care about Solomon Grundy. Victor's. I don't know what Zaz is doing in a chair, but somehow he's hunting Harley's tied to a chair. But that, that's kind of funny to me. But you just have okay. We got to get all these multiversal Harleys, round them up, get them the duck. Because that Harley Quinn who laughs, she's still out there, and she's still ripping off the movie The One, where she wants to kill all the Harleys in the multiverse. So what we're going to do is we're going to grab all the Harleys and use them as bait. And then the, the Harley Quinn who laughs in the dark multiverse for some goddamn reason is going to come to us. And it, we just go through that. We just have a scavenger hunt of Harleys and like just do that goofy nonsense. And when we do eventually get to the docks, like here she is. Oh my God, she has poison ivy as a hostage. I'm like. Why does Poison Ivy look like that? Why is she in Gotham? It was like, it just doesn't match up with anything that Poison Ivy has done lately. It's just this old stuff, like, you know, a pre, you know, um, Deer State Poison Ivy who was just tied up here by the Harley Quinn of last. And I have no idea how Which this just happens out of nowhere. Sense. And it, it just looks again, they're trying to play the fun of the animated series now. Uh, but, and I'm talking the Harley series, but, you know, yeah. you got to do something more. And then, one of the gags in this is that, you know, Batwoman's going around. She's got lollipops in her hand. Oh, the lollipop. I'm like, she's got what? A, what? Hit me with a mallet sign on her back. Yeah, and it hit me with a mallet sign because she ended up running into some of the Harleys. And then you end up, but in this awe, Did you, you see just the injustice play the, it's such, it's such, yeah, yeah. You just see some weird, and the Kevin stuff, like, just all I needed was you have a, a small, you don't need all these nonsense people. And it would be like, hey, Harley would be upset. I thought more people would come to help me. I'm Harley Quinn. I thought that I was a hero now. I thought people realized. And she realizes, no, no, no. I only need these people. I only need Kevin. Say Batwoman is still there. Kevin, Solomon Grundy. You know what? We're the ones that even if we do good, they don't recognize it. But the hell with it. Let's do good for us. And we're a family. And that's what I really wanted. And I'm telling you, a funny play would have been in my mind. Now, I'm no writer, Eric. But Kevin says to Harley, you know what? Fuck you. And she goes, what did you just say? And he goes, I said, fuck you. And I wanted Harley to look and then just she's so in tune with Kevin and realizes, holy shit. And she goes, you know what? Fuck me. And then they just go, like, come on, you know, let's hug it out. And really, if you're going to play this, let's do the whole stand up deal. She's got to get the whom who in with Solomon Grundy. One God, last time the best, to go. And it would run. be so good. Or you I have Harley. Where they're going to go off to do something. And just for us. And whoever else remembers it, Harley gets it right and says, you know what? I went home and you see mm. Solomon Grundy <laughs> gives her the thumbs up and then they just go. That's fun. That's the situational humor that I want. But I also want this whole play that now Stephanie Phillips, who a lot of people have it for some reason, praising her, Harley. And we'll talk about this even with the Catwoman book, uh, you know, next section, things like that. You get real hardcore fans of characters. And yeah, some of them just want. A specific way I don't want yeah. You know any other way um, But A lot of the Harley fans Really what they seem to want Is a Harley That is smart A Harley that Might not be a hero But wants to be But just can't get out Of her own way But does it in a hero. way It's you know Yeah and, and that's what You have at points And we really like that Kevin 
is such a good character, and this should have been his. This should have been his shining moment. I hated him so much when he showed up in the first issue of this with that goiter thing where he was so upset. I went on the side deal. Like I made, him, Ross I made like him a drunk. juggalo, and I sent yeah. it to you, and it was pretty cool. <laughs> you have all this going down. And you go with what got you to the dance here. I mean, I'm telling you, Kevin, Solomon Grundy, and yeah, play the, the family aspect. You don't have to do at the end of, oh, no, Poison Ivy. Like, that is just, let's just do the greatest hits, uh, you know, again. And it, it, I don't need that. I wanted a progression. And so when we say at the end, when we say at the end of things, oh, they always put the toys back in the toy box. There's not many toys to put back now. This book is just you end up on, in space for no reason. You keep mentioning Luke Fox with no reason at all. Hey, I should call Luke Fox. No, just stop it. Do your thing. Do what's going on because people like you because of you and how quirky and stuff is going on. Not just, hey, we're going to get the Hot Topics version of me. And hey, I know what I want. And, we never got that mermaid, Harley. She got away. They talked about it. I mean, why even bring her up then? It's kind of funny that she got away. I think she'll save the day. I think she'll I actually just like show to up think again. This is all said and done. All the Harleys are sent back where they go. We defeat the Harley Quinn West, but somewhere out there in the sea, there lives a Harley Quinn mermaid. <laughs> I just think of her as being like a Nazi piece of shit like Klaus. I think she's huh. a, a, a That's a bowl. weird take. And I just think of her as Klaus. Holy shit. Uh, so, you end up where that's why she's out. She's awful, right? Yeah. Uh, but again, you end up, nobody wants this dark multiverse nonsense. You get the Harley who laughs. so much. You get Poison Ivy and just really. I'm telling this you, is I'll take doing. Poison Ivy, no problem. But right now, she should be doing Lazarus Planet stuff, a swamp thing, or doing stuff from her own book that doesn't involve being in this costume with this, like, you know, the way she is here. Like, if you even want to present her with the, like, the manifestation of her powers that she has in her Poison Ivy book, the evolution of Pamela Isley, this is just a classic, you know, bare bones Pamela, like, uh, that you'd have yeah. in a, like, a, it's just, a just Harley a Quinn. Yeah. And it's out of nowhere and it feels like. And phony. again, if you're going to have things like that, I really would have liked, because a Harley Quinn who laughs, if, you know, if you can get behind that, should be pretty kick ass anyway. I, you know, really slice and dice and whatnot. Maybe my play would have been the idea where, hey, we're family. Like I said, where is everybody? I thought that the bad. Oh, no, nobody else is coming, Harley. I don't know. I thought. And then at the end, they do show up. But they show up, and, and Harley and her gang here, they end up taking care of things. But you'll have a Poison Ivy show up, a Catwoman. They'll show up on the side deal and like, oh, we knew you had it. And just a nice deal. But at the end of this, it just feels like just thrown together. Let's get different versions of Harley's. We had that fun in games. Now we have to have a story, and the story just is, hey, I did that place, and we got to stop that. And it just oh, feels no. like a really, it feels like a really a nothingness story uh, it does. after exactly. a pretty long run. I mean, I'm not saying that I loved every bit of it, but before Fear State, we really were enjoying the book. It was one of those things I always I do thought mention. I was going to start doing this when Harley Quinn was killed and brought back by Lazarus. It's just that was kind of thrown away for the Harley Quinn at last. Yeah, because, well, and we liked that idea because we thought, okay, because at that point we were already, we, we need expect. more Kevin. We need more. Yeah. She went to space. He did. He was not there. He wasn't in the book and Kevin's he was such a good worthy. part. No, he's not. Uh, but he probably likes Tang, Eric. And you know he what does. I mean. But you end, <laughs> you end oh, up, though, at that. the end, it's just like, uh, and it's it's not that great, so we'll see. I I, I don't know. I don't know what Tina Howard's going to come on and bring. The fun thing about a Harley book is you can just show up 
and you don't really have to deal with anything that anybody else but did you because should. it's such a crazy character. But I'm just saying, you just king. end up. Well, I'm saying not even just continuity. I'm saying you don't have to show up and have everything that went on because of how wacky the character is. I did see that people were talking about Power Girl, and one of the last times that Karen Power Girl came in was that Poison uh, Poison Ivy, that Harley Quinn Power Girl mini in the story uh, back in the New Fifty Two by Palmiotti and Connor that I did like the part that wasn't the mini. Uh, but people were bringing that up, and then people were definitely like, was that really in the continuity? I'm, no, it wasn't. No. It was its own thing. And then finally somebody said, they told everybody that it was its own little side earth, little pocket thing going on. The only on, reason but, that people got confused is because Tom King started talking about Coney Island Heroes in Crisis because he didn't know about it. No, well, what does he know? But with that, what would you give that? Even that, you go and you have all these Harleys, and they're like, they're just in a donut shop yelling about whipped cream. I, what, what are you doing? That, that, why are you the like, weakest Harley? Right. I'm like, what is going on there? And they're like, hey, who took this? That the donuts are just stacked on that table. I went in, Eric. But what would you give this overall? Ultimately, I'm a huge fan of the art in this book. I think this entire issue looks amazing. I love that Kevin stepped up and was the freaking voice of reason here, even if it wasn't as big as it should have been. But ultimately, the little you know scattered brain adventure of gathering up multiversal Harleys just to tie them up for. Oh no, here's the Harley Quinn who lasts with Poison Ivy. Like, it, it just really went nowhere and it took a while to get there for what was going, but I'm giving it a 5.5 out of 10 for the things that I did enjoy about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm just going to give it a straight 5. It's not any sort of 5, just Look a 5. I did like the art. I did like the art, but even at points, like, you end up where, what's that Poison Ivy? But even at a point where you could have done some cool things, where you have old lady Harley and Harley, and they're trying to get a plan together. It felt so much like the James Gunn Suicide Squad deal where Harley's just yelling random things while they're trying to come up. And everything didn't, nothing felt fresh. It didn't even feel like it really belonged in this whole series, which is odd. But we'll see. Maybe she'll have a banger of a last issue and we'll be all excited. But there you go. Not much to talk about in that book. Kind of get me down. I will down tell you this, though. This whole montage where we have people like, you know, going around there and getting it. When you have the cult of Harley tying up Harleys, you have Solomon Grundy grabbing them. Oh, Grundy smash. And it's the funniest goddamn thing to me when you have just Zaz tied up, supposedly trying to get Harleys, but they're just like painting on his faces because he's tied up. It's funny to me. Like, what, what did they do? Did they roll him on that chair? Yeah. Yeah. I guess they did. He's on Zaz. He does have one of them chairs. Look, it pumps up and down doing all that. But yeah, I, I that was a funny battle. I didn't laugh at that. I, the only thing that I liked was the Kevin stuff fully with, you know, F you and that that she deserves it. She ended up being a jerk and really thinking she deserved more than she should and things like that. And he says, you don't deserve it. Just do it. I like it. I like Kevin. We probably won't see him much anymore, which is a shame. But that would be one thing that I hope would carry over. Well, let's just say. We'll have to see. Teeny Howard's kind of that kind of writer where she might actually keep Kevin, but I don't know. We'll have to find out. But that is the end of that section. That was pretty quick. Uh, but we're going to take a little bit of a break, and then we'll be back with some bangers, like some books that are so good that I, I can't even begin to tell you how much I love them. But we'll be back with three more books to end the podcast uh, in just a second. Got his first real comic, got it at a five and nine. Read it to his fingers, plan. Been reading comics most of his life. Him and some guys from school, 
They had a book and they tried real hard. Jay quit, Knuckles got married. Yannis was never gonna get far. When he looks back now, did he have a father ever? And now that he has a choice, he told just he would marry her never. Eric's read comics most of his life. That is true, Eric. That is the Everything Matters version of your history. And here we go. And we, we talk about real. we talk about continuity and stuff all the time. Well, what is real and what is continuity? I don't know anymore. Now you've I read do. comics most of your life, but do you know how many weeks after a sell by date that eggs can be eaten? Do you know this? Why would I know this? this? I don't even well, like eggs. I know this because it came up in an argument with me and my kids just before we were recording. And it is because you're making expired eggs. Well, I ended up making like a fried rice type meal, Uh, but it wasn't really fried. But there was rice. I have to watch what I eat, Eric, unfortunately. But I ended up making this. And then Logan said, oh, man, I'm not eating that. Those eggs are expired. And I looked. And in fact, they're like two days since the sell by date. But then I looked it up and it said three to five weeks. I just want to put it on record. Three to five weeks after the sell-by date. And here's a little tip for everybody out there. If you think that your eggs are bad, all you have to do, well, probably throw them away. Because if you do think so, because eggs last a while. But you end up, you put them in water. And if they float, you throw them away. If they sink, they're good. There you go. I just just saved people a lot of money. Well, nowadays, here's the thing. My dad used to tell me that a dozen eggs was $12, right? At one point, because because I yeah, they're five dollars a dozen now. I'm like, really? I'm not paying that exorbitant amount. I just saw a meme waiting for you to come on where it was like, ooh, deviled eggs because they were just a carton of eggs for six, six, six. Yeah, really. I mean, it's crazy. It really is. So I'm throwing them eggs away. I'm gonna put them in my rice, Eric. And then I made the rice. And also another hint is don't eat raw pork. That's just for everybody out there, but. I did nah, eat no the rice. Think it's cool. I did eat the rice and got, got diarrhea really quick, and I, I had to hide it. I didn't want them to know that that was happening there. I don't know what happened. It was something from earlier, I guess. Maybe maybe the eggs I ate earlier. I just don't understand. Oh, but you can do this. It's bad, Jim. The eggs well, were bad. they hear me, they're going to the end up getting smarter upset. Than you. They might be. And then in the meantime, they went and got Chinese for everybody but me. Thanks well, a lot, kids. Well, that is true, and I'm not allowed to eat the regular Chinese, but that's fine. Eric, I was very upset at the whole uh, egg ordeal. Uh, But while I was eating and talking about eggs, I was also talking and reading about books, Eric. These books, this is the final section of books here tonight, and I'm very excited about this section. This section, I think we love to have themed sections. (laughs) What is the theme of this section? Is it? Is it unreadable nonsense? Is that what it is? Because I Look, think that's what it is. I'm telling you, I have some uh, problems here. But. Again, like the spotlight, I don't really mind the Catwoman. It's not great, but it's better than the others. Really? So you like to go through an entire issue of a book that's a superhero book with a woman, Catwoman, just trying to get ramen. That's all that happens. I mean, nothing happens in it. And actually, online, right before we came on, some people were pushing the uh the one bad day which i didn't like and you like more that was on our patreon spotlight and i said yeah i didn't like that and they came back with at least it was better than that bullcrap regular 51 i'm like 
Huh, let's see what Eric has to say about I'm, that. I'm just not sure what, what you want with. out of an idea where Selena Kyle goes to prison. Do you want her just to be gone and do it onto a next caper of this issue? Here's what I want to say, and we talk about this all the time. We get into arguments with this. Here's the thing. The situation Catwoman is in, this was not forced on Teeny Howard. Teeny Howard has to get an idea that if I send Catwoman to prison, I also have to have a story based on that. This isn't like somebody said they rolled the dice and said, oh, you lost. She's going to prison. Now deal with it. She has made her own bed here. And it's bullshit. I mean, the idea that you could sit there and say that she pitched a story. Oh, my God. Selena Kyle is in jail. Well, what happens in jail? Well, she needs street flavor ramen that her cat delivers through a vent. And that's it. That's not good. I'm not going to give her any props of, well, she's stuck there or whatever. You have to have a story before you do this shit. And this is bullcrap, but we'll talk about it. I don't mind some of the other things, except for I the just one imagine girl. you went into the show Prison Break, and after the first episode, what is he still doing in prison? This is bullshit. That is a Prison Break, where the whole concept of everything being done is him trying to get out of prison. This is a Catwoman book. And this you're is not, one issue where we're in prison. But you're not. You set this up. Speaking of which... Uh, I did the solicits today. You don't read the solicits. Sometimes they spoil things. In April, we're still in prison. So, you know, we're going to be here for a while. And when you start it off to get the oomph, you're trying to get street flavors of ramen. You end up where the one girl cracks me up because she's got some twitch or something. She's winking all over the fucking place. <laughs> drive me nuts, which made me laugh. And some this is the thing. This book made me laugh, but not in the right way. But we'll get into it. And it's a weird play when I went through couldn't find a credits page. I kept yeah, saying there's not. I tried like, as well. Yeah, I figured that. And that's why I, I threw it over to you thinking, okay, he's going to say, let me get Old it. Old eagle eye could, over here. I couldn't find it. So <laughs> do you agree that at the one point when she's sitting on oh, the totally. ramen, there's a, a very big open space that that would have been there? Do you want to see credits or do you see, want to see the walls above? Actually, this toilets where the urinals actually have to go back and check. Yeah, about. I this think, is a yeah we'll have to person. check. That is weird. I mean, maybe. I don't know. For but some reason, I just thought there were urinals. I didn't like really look hard. I was just looking for the credits page. The but funny play now. of it is, even then, I thought that was the cliffhanger. When we actually, when I was going through, it was kind of a neat little like clip. It wasn't. That would be a weird spot for credits, but that's how where it had to have been. But. I kind of gleaned from the cover. I don't really know who the letter was. I was, I tried to look at the shower stalls. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that's definitely where the credits would have probably been. Even with the shower stalls, we have this little stall right there and you have the shower head. I completely overlooked the shower head just thinking, oh yeah, that's where the men piss. Yeah. (laughs) In the women's prison. I mean, sometimes in the shower, you know, that's what happens. But it is Catwoman number 51. I don't know. (laughs) Written by Teeny Howard. Art by Sammy Bassery, Vicente Simpuentes, and Veronica Gandini. And you go into this and and just really the whole deal is. They're ramen. They're like a major currency in here. That's basically it. I mean, you end up where Selena goes in. Selena has to survive in prison, Jim. Yeah, she has to survive in prison. Somehow she has, you know, a little helping hand with a Paul, maybe. I, I still don't get the cat no, being like, like the liaison. I, I, I don't mind the story with the idea of Selena being in prison and even spending time in here because why, you know, rush a story if you're going somewhere? Right now, this is just the beginning of her in prison from the choices she made by killing Valmont and allowing herself to get arrested. When you have the character, the character, the cat duchess, the show up in the solitary event in the end of last issue – Oh, thank God. Duchess is here. You I was like, theories hey. about it, right? I'm like, Remember? Put this cat here. And yeah, then all of a sudden, the Duchess is still here. Duchess is moving freaking contraband through the ventilation chassis. I'm like, I don't understand this. And all I can imagine 
is somehow Valmont, that League of Assassins member that who was also a thief, but was the pseudo-love interest of Selena Kyle, who Selena killed to be go in prison right now. Somehow his ass gave Duchess to Selena, and his ass has been Duchess this whole time, and he's still alive, just to be this weird voyeur-esque kind of fucking pervert. I don't know. And this cat is the stupidest part of it. And and the weird play is, if you wanted to play the idea, it's weird, because Dario mentioned, Dario's supposed to be watching Duchess, and he's like, yeah. I don't Cat's know where Duchess is. And I'm like, okay, well, it wasn't him. Uh, what, what went on? What happened with this Duchess? But uh, even with that, though, there's just weird plays where, first off, there's a cat running around in the vents of this prison. That's just odd as it is. But at one point, Selena She's jumps up into the vents and then just gets pulled down and gets put in the solitary. There's some weird stuff going down here. And when we start out the book, you end up where we have her roomie. There and they're looking through all the you know, beds and stuff for contraband. They get a book. They what take is this that away. Book, Kyle, this doesn't have Gotham like you know, like uh, stamped on it. This is a shot. You're freaking gonna. I just wondered how many shots somebody has because it's like a ri- written up like kind of situation. I'm like, she gets two, I think, in this issue alone. I'm like, yeah, you yeah, get yeah. three, and like then you're in solitary for like yeah, what, I a thought month. She I don't know. Said like if you get three, that's you know the deal. But maybe it's like. You keep going. She's like, that's your 12th shot. You better watch out. You just don't know. <laughs> it's your last warning, Kyle. It's hanging over you like, oh, my God, the next one could be it. Uh, but, yeah, she was reading, reading dangerous liaisons. You don't need that in the prison. That's going to cause problems. But you end up having this little connection with this roomie who's like, hey, I got you back. And Sleeta doesn't I've want her back. Before. I don't need no friends. And that's like the whole deal Best of this. respect. The problem I had was what we're getting here, and I know you have to establish some things, but what we're getting is I feel like I've been here about 50 million times. I get it. This is very surface level. Well, it's very surface (laughs) level of, okay, I got to beat up the biggest person. I got to do this. I got to do that. And in fact, with this whole deal, it felt a lot like the punchline book. Now, everybody hadn't read the backups and things, but these all, yeah, really, it, it just ends up feeling like, all right, let's get on with it. Let's. I get it. I get it. And it's yeah, you have the these gangs in here. Yeah, you have everything going on there, but it just feels very generic, very blasé in my mind. If I want to be fancy, and it's Selena trying to get, you know, her hands on some contraband. Now, in the whole ramifications, not ramifications, but the whole scheme of things, when you end up having Selena go into prison, what I thought we were going to get more of is Iko outside of the prison. We were going to get more get of little. the Catwoman a little, but it's just. Dealing with getting the contraband Cat, to go into Cat the deal. And they don't Ico do anything. And Dario Tomcat. You know what we need to do? We got to get ourselves some of them street flavor ramen. We got to figure, we got to get it inside the, the prison and make sure the Selena Kyle has can pretty much survive and not make friends, but earn respect by giving all the women inside the prison all the street flavors they want. All Conte the street beef flavors. I mean, they got all of it. Get me picante beef. Bitch boy. That's all it is. That's all it is. <laughs> and, and so, the, the big play of this, though, is I, I really think, and, you know, there's things that we complain about and things like that. And one of the things you might complain about is, okay, Catwoman is on the, the cover. She should be the most thing in the book. You should deal with her. But while she's in prison and what you're dealing with is Picante Beef, I kind of want to see the other Catwoman, Maybe the newer Ico, out with, uh, you know, Dario. I want to see that. That's the most interesting part in my mind. If Catwoman herself is in or Selena Kyle is in jail, but that is reversed. We're there seeing a couple mundane things here. I mean, yeah, we get to get the idea that she has left little trinkets for herself. She gets out a book. Oh, you took out this book before. I certainly did. 
and ends up going and oh i i left this here for me and i did this and she's trying to work her deal but all in all, the weird play of this is, in my mind, usually this sort of story, especially with the main character, what we're going to get is, okay, I'm in prison undercover, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, but she legitimately, they think that she has killed Valmont. This makes so way more sense for me than Harper Row in prison trying to, like, infiltrate Punchline's gang and find out what, you know, she's up to, because... That didn't Don't make point a lot of out sense a shitty me. story. I'm not talking about like you can That's compare what a this story to the shittiest thing. This is just a this shitty because all I'm doing is sitting there and like, oh my god, I hope like th- there's no tension to it. Do I think Selena Kyle's going to stay in jail forever? No. Do I think she's going to get killed in jail? No. I just think that she's going to work things out. Oh my god, and using cat puns. But it's not that fun. I don't know how you think this is fun. Where okay, she's waiting in line for the phone. She punches a girl. She gets on the phone. She leaves code for dart. Then somebody gets mad at her. Punching that girl, though, gets her ass kicked. You know, Hoops says, you don't use the phone. Oh, oh I didn't think you were a talker. Okay, we're going to beat you up. But by the way, I have picante beef. I have street I will flavors. tell you this. All it, right. It's a little dis- uh, disappointing to me for all the stuff that we had with, you know, Punchline in prison, especially how closely this book had been tied to the Punchline Gotham game until, you know, that whole thing wrapped up and Selena wound herself up in prison now. But I kind of still wanted to see, like, Orca in prison because this should still be the woman's side of the black gay prison stuff like that and being run by the royal flesh gang to a degree this just seems like a lower level prison even though she's there for murder allegedly because she's not and you know, it's selena tried kyle yet. exactly you kind of play the idea of who knows what and but whatever nobody they knows kind of... anything about selena kyle catwoman it seems like in anything anymore so i have no idea how it works out but i just wanted to see a little bit more continuity especially because this was tied so close to the punchline book and when punchline was in prison her ass was running the joint with the royal flesh gang and even took over that gang and all of that you get like five different women here who seem just to be the main players and like, hey, there's hoops over there. There's Marquise. I'm like, okay, yeah, you got Marquise that. Marquise keeps winking. I like Marquise winking all the time. I tell you, she just goes up. Hey, you want breakfast? Wink, wink. You're like, I don't, I'm I don't close know what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing. She does it twice where she winks and it made me giggle. Uh, but then at the end, though, Eric, you get, what is it, Ventura Fremont? And, oh, my God, that's the lawyer from the punchline. Well, that, <laughs> like, what? that's just a, a weird part, because in the last issue of the punchline thing, where, like, you know, all this culminated, didn't she go around the whole wreckage of the, like, the Ace Chemical Plant in Allentown, talking about how she's with the DA's office and stuff like that, and she doesn't think that Kyle's involved? Like, hey, she admitted to it, she did this. I'm saying, though, can a DA then just go, who's usually a prosecutor, can she then be counsel for somebody who's being tried against by the city? Well, Eric, what I'd like to say is I don't think Teeny Howard knows. I don't know. The thing is, you're I tried writing, looking you know, into it, and because it like really kind of stuck with me a little bit, but I don't know well, much no, about. I, I would pretty think much if anything. She's, if she's the DA, like no, she's with the DA's office. Yeah, How do you yeah, go against what the DA's doing know. and be counsel for a woman who's being you know tried for destroying public property like this and murder and all this other stuff? The only thing I can tell you is when a book involves a precious cat that goes through the vent system and, so pushes, and pushes ramen out at you, you did all it, bets are off. All bets See, are off. You don't is, know what's happening in this, I right? I can kind of understand this because every morning my cat's a little bitch, even though I love the hell out of her, where if I don't get up in time for her, she'll jump up of all my things and knock everything over to wake my... This morning, she fucking threw somehow. I have no idea how she... She threw my laptop off my desk. It's because you ended up... You weren't... You didn't go to work today, right? Yeah. You actually had off, so no, you ended up even, probably even, sleeping a little later is, than she's it wasn't normal. Even that. It was like at 5.30 in the morning before I would even get up to go well, to work. there you go my one cat uh we have finn uh he's on a diet i put him on a diet 
and he yells at me all the day and I talk back to him and I know what he's saying. He's like, why aren't you on a diet, fat ass? And I get so mad. (laughs) You should hear me yell at him in the morning. But he's doing good. He wasn't able. The problem was I saw him. He couldn't jump up on the table anymore. Let's see your ass jump up on the table. Well, the one time he went and he kind of got halfway and then slid back down and looked at me with this crazy look. And then I felt bad. We have to pull it. And I said, that's it. You're on a diet. He can jump up now. He did it today. I was very proud of him. I think he's like, no, you son of a bitch. Like, but the thing was, what was happening was everybody that went downstairs at any point, Finn would cry and they'd give him food. And I'm talking handful. I would just reach in and give him a handful. I'm like, no, no, no. We better look into this. So I'm actually the food man. And he gets real pissed at me. But. This cat, so, though, I don't know what it's with the eating thing, though, and whatnot, but, if, you know. If I put a stack of ramen inside of a vent on one side, and I put my cat looter on the, like, on behind it, and there's just a straight shot to me on the other side, I can kind of think that her ass would just you go and push that. it. But this has to start at the other side of the vent. I'm not saying it's good. I'm telling you, the they're making lefts the and rights and a U-turn. This is like the idea I that I... You tell me what happens here, because in this, Dario says, I don't know where the hell that cat went. Duchess is gone. Oh, my God. But somehow they still put it in the vents, maybe thinking Selena was going to go get it. But instead, the cat gets it and takes it through, even though the cat is a unknown quantity here that it makes no sense. That makes no sense. Thing is, it's not a great part of the book. I'll give you that. The thing is, though. I know more about cats than I do about plumbing. When we have Selena get her contraband in here and then wrap it up in plastic bags with a little string attached to it and then flush it down the toilet. I don't know. Does that then go to another cell's toilet where you're able to find a string in the bottom of the toilet and pull it out for your own contraband? Well, you didn't know. The Duchess jumps in, goes for a swim. And then so I'm waiting. I'm, I'm thinking that at this point, I'm, hey, that's pretty good. I actually thought, what's there, a goldfish involved here? What's going on here? Like, she ends up flushing that. Knowing, and I'm telling you, I was so confused with that or idea. does she take the contraband, wrap it up in the thing? It's the things that people are pulling out. It looks like a ba- plastic bag full of milk. I don't know, but that's what it looks like. But does she go se- does she go cell to cell and then flush the contraband and leave the string hanging out so they can later then go find know. it? No, it seemed like it went to there. And the thing is, if I'm in prison, I'm like, oh, man, who keeps sending me baby Ruth? If they're going to keep doing this, please keep the wrapper on. They're good. They're tasty. But please, I need the wrapper on. I'm like, oh, oh my God. It would be the worst. I mean, I'm telling you. Is I Caddyshack understand. Yeah. No. Yes. Yeah. What's Caddyshack? Okay. Like, I found it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So there you go. I, I didn't know. And again, I just want to reiterate what I said at the beginning, where this is her story. She set it up. And. You started off, yes, this might just be a little bit of a lull, because to me, this was pretty boring. Maybe you're, it's weird. It's like you're establishing rules, but not many rules. That's what I would get. If you're going to play this game. She's got two shots against her already, man. Well, if I was going to play the game and you have this and you go, you want to kind of get yourself in that point of view and, okay, I'm here. I want to take down the biggest person, all that. She knows what she's doing. And the problem is it's things like the toilet. That's not explained. But then other things are explained a little too much. And then you have cats pushing shit through the vents. It's odd. It's very odd. But you do get the street-flavored ramen and Selena just really just tossing things out like she's Santa Claus. So what do you think? Is you think there's more to Duchess than meets the eye? Do you think it's some kind of like, you know, transformation or something along the like, like this I mean, is if that's the Valmont? case, I'm going to lose my mind. If that's a, like all of a sudden we find out that like, 
it's one of those deals where he's like, I, I don't even know There's what. There's no reason the cat should be here is all I'm saying. And they continue to do work for Selena inside the prison. Come on. There's got to be something more than meets the eye here. You didn't the know the Valmont, he's kind of like ultra humanite. He's just putting himself in all these other things. I'm like, but that, that's the thing. Even that, she's like, got the cat. Yeah, I still can smell him. Steal. Like it's such the cat is the be all end all to anything going on in this. It's so weird. I just don't understand. Then you even have plays with like Dario, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm breaking in and getting rid of the cameras on top," and that is an update for the. I I would really love to think that prisons don't have a time where the cameras go off when you have an update. That is one now, unless it was a dating app, Eric, and then you swipe up. It's called update. It's going to catch on. I love these guys are just like. Hey, looks like there's nothing to see. Let's go take the breaks. And then they go out and there's the, the van. Nobody seems to know what they're doing. And it gets very, very confusing of how this is going down with the, hey, we gave this person the money for this van. Then we show up. Or we're here. But we're. I'm telling you, I lost track of even what was going on, especially when you're flushing shit. Down the toilet. I I really had no idea. Sounds fine with Ico and Dario getting the contraband, bring it there, paying people off to do what they need to do to get there. The cat and the freaking the toilets. Biggest problems I have with this thing. The the weird though is, if you're gonna pay people off, right? You you show up with the van. You're there. You paid them off to ride the van. Why aren't you wearing the uniforms and just pretending you're part of it? Because Tom Cat. But who is gonna do anything with that van? Then they're like, I know they're like, oh, who's gonna unload this van? But there has to be some sort of signatures and things going on, but he's hiding in the front seat. And they're like, well, it looks like we're going to have to do the work. I'm like, what, what? what is going on here? It's just so weird the way That's this is set up. Job. And really, it's not that interesting. It's just them trying. Like the caper here is getting ramen noodles. That's the big player. That's the big caper of the Catwoman. And I just don't get it. But. Hey, there you go. She gets in trouble. Two strikes. We don't know what the rules are of this game. You get 80 strikes. Who knows? She's in. At one point, she's like, I'm in solitary. That's where I get to do all my work. I'm like, what? What work? And then she starts getting the the stuff and flushing shit down the toilet. That at first, when she even says, I thought it was a fish. I thought it was the tail of a fish. I didn't even get what was happening. And then it's like, I love the idea. It's like, thanks a lot. I, like, is there a thing where I'm in jail, you're in jail, I and I come to you? In this issue. And the art's pretty good. I come to you, and I'm like, "Hey, thanks a lot for the toilet package." <laughs> I've never heard these lines. Like yeah. the idea that she sends her that, and how does it get to hoops? <laughs> I, again, I told you, I don't know how it works. I said you go cell to cell and just flush it down there, and leave a little string for it to pull it back up. I don't know. I ain't never been to prison. I'm a good boy. That things would end up like really go awry in the prison if shit's going on. I mean, shit's going all over. Oh, I know. Is that prison get gets contraband. They got to get it somehow, and they got to hide it somehow. Yeah, and you can't smoke anymore, so you got to get shit. the rum. And she's sitting on when then she's sitting on things. And I thought the first off, the pile was way too big. Then I'm like, what is she sitting on? I think I see some Pringles. I mean, over there, I, a lot of it to me, it looked like it was a lot of like, uh, you know. Chicken broth. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. There's big cars. thing about stuff. the weird thought, too, because I don't know much Mama about prison. Mama provides, so Eric, is from, what she from says. From what though. I've seen in movies, you stand in line, you walk your tray on there, and they put like shit on your goddamn tray for breakfast, lunch, dinner. Seems like if you're on breakfast duty, like old hoops over here, they bring it right to you at the table. I'm like, that's some fi- damn fine service of prison. I don't have my breakfast brought to me. 
And then if you have the money, you know, you can go to the commissary. commissary but yeah. as we learned from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you don't want the commissary flavors. That's just the Fuck basic no. shit. You need the others. But in that treatment says, you think that Bruce is there. And she's like, I don't need Bruce here. Then they'll know that I'm getting the monies or whatever. He didn't really need to, if it was him. He could just put money into her account. He doesn't need to be there to do that. I do know that, Eric. But you have all this stuff going down and. I just, I just don't get why the story is happening in the way it is. You set up the story yourself to go in and just set up, all right, women in prison, but it's nothing that I haven't seen. It's not clever. It ends up being very, you know, I'm scratching my head at the whole Duchess thing, and I'm sure unless it is revealed, but I just think Duchess is Duchess. Duchess being Duchess and is doing it's things, weird and we're part. supposed to. We're supposed to believe the cat is so smart that it can do these things, but how did it even? I'd love to see it like don't running down. There. It's homeward bound as it's running around, or Milo and Otis to this prison. I just don't get it. I don't get it at all. And so at the end, I need more than just you know getting ramen and everybody because it's setting up sides and things. But like you said, the whole thing with the Royal Flush Gang that ended up like that was a clear cut side. Okay, Orca's with the whole deal with the Royal Flush. Okay, I get it. Let's go. So she wasn't. They had the crap beat out of her. Yeah, but you know what I mean? That ended up like, okay, that's comic booky stuff. Let's go. Here it's just like random people hoops. I don't know that I'm going to remember these names. All of them, They're just random. They're just thrown out there and like, oh, we're going to be here for a while. So I hope it's better than that. I want the guards to walk in and like, why are you sitting on all this food? <laughs> She's just sitting on it. She's like, Mama delivers. All right. Mama provides. All right. Yeah. So we end with that. I thought it was nonsense. But what would you give it? Ultimately, I think the art looks great in this book. And I'm fine for one issue of Selena in prison, like setting things up. I hope it does get more exciting. But I'm okay with the stuff that they set up here. There are some really weird parts with Ventura Fremont being from the DA, going to be her counsel. The cat doing all these errands and events stuff along those lines. And I do hope that we get to see more Ico and Tomcat outside. Because their stuff could be really fun. But I don't mind Selena in prison, especially for like even the time being for a story arc, because it's just something different right now that we can do with the character. I want to see how she deals with this and how she comes out of it on the other side. So I'm giving this a 6.5 out of 10. I'm giving it a 3.5. And again, this is just this is just the same or worse than Harley in prison that we just got. We had Punchline in prison a couple months ago. That was terrible. These stories aren't that great because there's not much to it. And in the end, when I sit there, I'm just wondering after this, and this is the first issue of her in prison, but I'm wondering what the play is. What is her play? Is she so upset that she legitimately killed Belmont that she thinks she deserves to stay yeah. in prison for life? She doesn't seem that. It seems like she's just, but then she doesn't want counsel, but then she wants to, I just don't get the play. When you end up having counsel come and say, hey, I'm going to you know, be your counselor, so I don't need it. Well, you're going to get some sort of counsel anyway. Whether you like it or not, unless they allow her. Yeah, but in the end, the the judge can say, no, 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 this is too big for you to refuse, and they will make you have counsel. They've done it recently in a couple big stories that have gone down where some, you know, people with these nonsense that they're going to defend themselves, eventually they can demand that you have counsel. Uh, But it's it's a big thing. Are they going to let, I don't even know, are you going to get a trial? Because I don't think we will. It doesn't even feel like it's heading to that even. It just feels like, okay, we're going to bide our time in prison. I just don't know what the end game of that is going to be or what Selena wants out of this or she does or whatnot. Uh, But I'd like to at least – but redemption, it's weird. Again, I don't know. I don't know. It was her protecting Batman 
And it was, you know, not self-defense for herself, but I think it was legit. But for some reason, she ends up wanting to do this. Usually in these things, we'll find out that somehow Valmont didn't die. And now he's in the brain of a cat. He's a but, cat. You know, I'm telling you, I don't know. And then we find out that that's the same cat in Doors, uh, Doom's doorway. We got a lot of shit going on with these cats, Eric. They're always where you need them to be. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought the art was good, but the story is just, it's, and just to go with everything else, this book has been a wreck for a while. I don't enjoy it at all. I actually, you know, pretty much when I see it coming out, I'm like, really? We got to talk about this nonsense again. But we're going to move to the next book, which, I don't know. I feel the same with at least the last book of this section, but this book, Blue Beetle, I, I was looking forward to just because you love Blue Beetle. Sure I wanted something out of this. I wanted people to maybe get on board and if this would have been good, the idea of, hey, I want a Blue Beetle book. I don't know what direction this thing's going either. It just seems very scattered, uh, especially after, you know, three of six. It might be some problems, but give us the stats and we'll get into it. Blue Beetle Graduation Day number three, written by Josh Chirillo, with art by Adrian Gutierrez, Will Quintana, and Lucas Catoni. And in this, we continued the idea that the Reach are coming to invade Earth. And because of that, the Justice League want Jaime Reyes to stay out of doing superhero nonsense because they can't trust the Scarab of what's going to happen. But in the last issue, we saw that we had a yellow beetle show up, and she's all about destroying Jaime Reyes, the Blue Beetle. But thankfully, to Court Industries with Ted and his sister, Victoria, I believe it is, got her contained, and now they're going to get some answers out of this girl to find out what's really going on. But in the meantime, Starfire's shown up to be in the mix because she, out of nowhere, for some reason, she decided, with all of the crazy shenanigans going on, she wants to be Jaime Reyes's mentor. And I wish I could understand what Starfire this is. Because I'm like, who? I, I read this issue. I look at this character. I'm like, who are you? I know. I know. And and the thing is, it's a weird play here where Trilio, he wants to get Starfire involved to kind of get this idea that, okay, space, Starfire, the Reach, they're involved, the Tameranians. We're going to do that, but never can really figure out a way that makes sense for her to be involved. So she just says, I'm going to mentor you. Oh, thank goodness. The only reason I think that she's involved here is because we need her when the Green Beetle shows up and becomes gigantor and has you all need these somebody black to be tendrils. able to understand it. She, she needs them to kiss a tendril and have its shared memories to find out, oh my God, the Reach and the Tamarans, Tamaranians, they shared a connection back in the day and there was invading forces. And then the Reach. Like the like the um the guardians and the controllers. At one point, there's a few of them decided we're not doing things the right way, so they went off and formed their own clique called the Horizon. And now you have the Reach and Horizon, same species, but now the Horizon are like fuck them, Reach. We're gonna still fuck them up. So the thing is, it doesn't seem like we actually have a Reach invasion. We have this offshoot of the Reach, the Horizon, who have come to Earth because they just want to take out Reach technology. And sadly, that's Jaime Reyes here. But the, the only way that we can get this information. Is I guess for Starfire to kiss a goddamn tendril of the green freaking, uh, I was going to say Hornet, but the green beetle here. And even the idea where we, we set this little bit up, because in case you don't know about Tamaranes, they learned language by kissing people. And I swear or to God, there's no them. way. It's, it's, yeah, you know there's what no I mean. way, though, that Starfire hasn't like learned Spanish and kissed somebody who speaks Spanish all the time she's been on Earth, but she has to do it here. When she showed up last issue, we were like, what? Like, what's going on? And, and the way that, Why like, Starfire? Speaking, speaking of hoops, you know, when the cat. The hoops that you're jumping through to make this try to work is so odd because it is that weird play. This is the idea where I hate when you're reading a story where it seems like very on front street. Well, the story itself isn't being told in a way of, okay, and then Starfire comes. In. It's more of, okay, how can I make this work down the line? I'll retroactively put Starfire in it. 
and it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right the whole time. Even as she's saying, oh, what, Batman and Superman don't want you to do anything? Well, I'm going to mentor you. I'm like, mentor? What, what are you going to mentor him on? He's Blue Beetle, for crying out loud. And she ends up then, you know, kissing people. That's set up. It's so forced. And then you end up with this whole green beetle. And that's even out of nowhere. It was hard to even follow the progression of what was happening. But overall, it's so weird because the story itself with maybe this other faction and then them coming to get the reach technology at a point where Jaime can't talk to his sketch. That's interesting enough. It's just the way that it's told is the most convoluted way that I think that you could tell a story like this. And I don't think that anybody's going to be involved. That isn't a big Blue Beetle fan. Well, They're going to read this and go, Blue what Beetle the fans, is Like, I want to well, be you here are. for the, the Reach invasion, stuff like that. Okay, there's an offshoot to Horizon. They're here to fight Reach technology. Cool, I'm good with that because even the Green Lanterns, which is a cool idea when they had before, where the Reach are like, you know, sworn enemies of the Green Lanterns and vice versa. That was a cool idea. Now you have the Horizon as well, who are an offshoot of the Reach. You want to take out their former, you know, species kind of like technology because they find them to be evil. But when you have the idea where Batman's like, hey, Ted, I heard you have Jaime doing shit. I told you not to have Jaime doing shit. And then Ted's like, hey, as you know, I'm the world's foremost expert on Reach and their technology. Me. I'm like, by the time Jaime became the Blue Beetle, you were already dead. And I know you had the Scarab, but you never got it to work and didn't understand it. I don't even think you knew about the Reach at the point where like, I would have liked to have seen something like even the lead up when Ted came back during the New 52 into the like, you know, DC Rebirth era when Jaime had that book where Ted like, you know, first came back and was mentoring Jaime to do something to really establish the idea of the link between Ted Cord and the Reach and stuff along those lines. We just have him here as just a guy. Hey, I'm looking into things as my sister goes and like, you know, interrogates this yellow beetle. But really, you don't get anything out of that except for, hey, sis, we got another beetle that showed up in downtown. Okay, we're, I'm going to leave now. We're going to get on it. and. That's really all you get out of the cords in this whole thing. And the thing is, I want to love me some yellow beetle. I want to love me some green beetle. I want to love it. But even when you have the green beetle show up and start taking on Starfire and Blue Beetle, he's got like weird shape-shifting technology, or she does. Because first her arms show up, and then wings fold out of the arms, and then somehow the body forms out of that and to the point where then she becomes gigantor, has these black tendrils coming out of her chest. And ultimately... I just don't understand what they're going for because this we have, you know, thankfully the scarab is going to fight back and just like, you know, hey, Jaime, here's a big ass hammer. I know you can't understand me because I'm speaking the reach right now, but hey, your arm's a big ass hammer. But I do Get love that. that. I, I love the idea. You don't have him understand anything that's got, you know, he can't understand the deal. But then he goes, hey, Kajada. I get what you're saying. I'm like, what? Like, you already, yeah, you have this big deal come up in the hand. But again, if you're going to, you've already, you know, lessened your character, you handicap them. But when you need them to know something, then they'll use it. It, it. This book is always seemingly trying to catch up with its own self with what is happening because it is not well laid out. It's not a well-plotted book. It, it's all over the place. And we have new characters like Ted's sister, but she just stands there with a the tablet talking to the other beetle and like, Hey, what's up with you? Uh, you know, I'm just here. I'm pissed off. With the blue beetle. Yeah, but you know, I got to figure this the out. Scarab we'll came out to me and gave can. me a future. But we're not really learning much, you know. It, and she's just there talking. Just nothing is really happening. And really, the whole play of there's a reach invasion. I don't know if they realize that should be big. I mean, even if we think it's oh, here we go again or whatnot. But in this universe, it's happening. They think at least. 
But everybody's pretty loose about it. Like, hey, what'd you find out there, Ted? Well, you know I'm the the secret, you know, big guy who knows everything. Well, what'd you know? Nothing. All right, well, I'm Batman. I don't know nothing. But just make sure that Jaime doesn't do anything. We're going to leave him by himself because, you know, we don't care really about him. This is supposed to be this reach invasion. Why wouldn't they have assigned maybe a, a Green Lantern film? Maybe you could add Kyle Rayner in They're this. Doing space the idea, stuff. the idea, though, that Starfire just shows up and, and says, "I is, think that I'm going to end up yeah, helping you out I, of nowhere." I, We've never seen anything I, quite like that anyway. I don't think you want a Green Lantern because the way that Kanji does right now, I think it would just go into defense mode if there was a Green Lantern anywhere. Well, around maybe and try that's to kill something it. you should see what ha- is happening. Maybe you should be doing. Maybe the idea that you are interrogating this other deal. Maybe Yellow you Beatles. should have. Maybe you should end up having, you know, Blue Beetle Jaime kind of in some little tests and experience. So let's figure out what's going on here. He's just going around, and really, he's endangering everybody that he's near. If there is a reach invasion, or even if it is this but other thing that we can't quite explain, there's a horizon they're, invasion. They're still getting attacked. I mean, if he's there at his ant shop at is. any point. That place is going down because yeah. they're going to show up and just destroy it. Oh, yeah, he is putting everybody at risk. Yeah, yeah, he, Ted, yeah, because they're just Batman and Superman say, "Listen, there's this reach invasion coming in. We can't get you involved because you know, and uh, just go on your business. Like, it why aren't you like doing by more the to end of this? Them? I don't have obviously. I have no idea how this is going to end, but almost seems by the end of this, like the. The Horizon are going to realize that Kanji Da is a damage to, like, you know, Scarab, and it, it works for the protection of mankind and is against the Reach because Jaime's against the Reach. Yeah, I think, wrong the re- I think the Horizon are going to give him a high five and leave. That's exactly. What I but the think. thing yeah. is, if the Horizon take off, then I have to imagine to a degree they're going to leave their their agents here that they've given Scarabs to, like the Yellow Beetle and the Green Beetle and stuff like that. So by the end of this, is it going to be a weird Shazam situation where you have the Blue Beetle family of characters Shazam. here? Shazam! It's Power Rangers. That's all it, it is. is. They're no, setting no, it's up not Power, Power Rangers. Rangers. It's big bad Beetleborgs. Well, they're they're going to do this nonsense thing because in comics right now, that's all the rage. I mean, there's so many radiant black, all these things that are being written that are just these suits like this doing their thing. And I think they're trying to do that. No, I, I think at the end, nothing's going to happen. I, I think okay. that the end's going to be. What do you mean by nothing? I mean, they're going to say, oh, my God. They're almost here. The end. I mean, we only have three more issues, and we're going to go with Fadeaway now? Well, they seem to be already there. And that's even the weirdest part about the whole thing, because we have these two, like, agents of the horizon, Yellow Beetle and Green Beetle, who are taking on Jaime. And you say agents of the horizon. They've kind of been recruited without even knowing it, it seems. The one lady was... Yeah, the one lady was a teacher, but now, hey, I got to take out Blue Beetle, but... It's just weird. But yeah, like you said, but you go on. I just wanted but, to make sure people knew that these were just regular people yes, that were hanging sorry, out they, on they Earth and got the Scarab. Like, by a Scarab and they were given a mission. They want to achieve this mission because it feels like they have some kind of purpose in life or they've been brainwashed by the horizon just to go and do this because they like it, like all of a sudden if I get a Scarab and I'm told, hey, this blue beetle, you might have seen him be a hero for all this time, but he's a piece of shit. You need to kill him. <laughs> I'm on it, Scarab. But the thing is, I think I'm going to be like question a few things like, oh, my God, what the fuck's on my back? See, Amora. Who is the yellow? The yellow she, beetle, yeah. She's a, a school teacher. She's down. No, no, she's she all says for I'm the a mission. school yeah. teacher, and she's so into like, yeah, I want to get that, but why? Why well, are fine, you that I'm into fine it? With what we have so far, with the yellow beetle and the green beetle being these newly recruited agents of this new thing we just learned about that are against the reach because we have reach technology here. That all works for me. But by the end of the issue, when you actually have Pedro showing up, and the idea that it's because. 
because the idea that his friends are coming to this new city to go and hang out with them, but they're being taken against their will by a new character who's called Fadeaway, who seems like he might be a wizard <laughs> because he has a cloak on with little stars on it and stuff. I don't know. Fadeaway was in the first issue. This was the remember. guy that oh, he. Fuck, this is the guy right. that he took out with no. That was so quick, remember? and then we moved on to something yeah, else. You're so right. It was right. the cold open. It was the cold open where You're you so, have I this thing. All about the that. worst part of it is, and that's the worst part. Fadeaway was the chump to actually lead you. And remember, that's where all of a sudden he couldn't understand the scarab that hit while he was yeah. trying to get Fadeaway. And, now fade and away it was is, a chump. Is, is left all pissed up. <laughs> he found Paco and he Brenda. He does look like, like a wizard. Take me to that blue beetle. I forgot all about that character because we just see him in a cloak with little stars, and I'm like, "All right, you're gonna have fade away show back up," which is fine. It just, but I think why? it looked better as a cold open to a series because we have a lot going on on top of a low grade blue beetle wannabe super villain who's kidnapped blue beetle's friends and now is driving him to the new city. Like, does he not have a driver's license? <laughs> driver maybe here's the thing maybe he's underage he's like i need help i need to drive there i just i don't get the whole idea the i can't believe i forgot scattered. about this fade away uh, well everybody would have why would you remember i mean this guy I'm dealing I, with reach invasion now horizon invasion other colored beetles all of a sudden this asshole is in the backseat of a minivan I, I just like some of the things not only just the idea he can't you know understand the scarab but remember yeah. in the Which first is so issue, and the I know that's one of our big things. And then the first issue, that. though, it was also the scarab was acting wonky. It was not good, but it seems to not be wonky. It's just he can't understand it. And now what? What do they have to do? Do you have to have a three-way scarab, starfire, Jaime? All start making out, and then you, you can understand everything, right? You understand because she just needs to make out with you. She's just making out with the scarab. Well, now the she thing can is, anybody who's cringing at this whole thing, Jaime's graduated high school. He's at least 18 years old. This is all good. It's that all solid. true. Well, and you know, they're aliens. Who knows what rules they have in space, Eric? It doesn't matter. Know. We're not in space. But in that, you have all these things. And I'm just, I just wanted to look. And I know, again, it, the solicits are not your big thing, but... Issue forces. Well, Paco and Brenda. Right either. Well, I know, but it, at least it gives you a little idea because this says Paco and Brenda are visiting Palmyra City, but they aren't alone. Jaime's new foe, Fadeaway, comes seeking the Blue Beetle's help. It's time for a good old fashioned heist. Their target court industries. So that that's what the but, fuck? So, I got bigger fish to fry right I know now. That, well, this is what I'm saying about this idea of having a reach and whether or not you realize the in the thing, you may not realize fully what is happening, but in your mind, there are things going on. The reach somehow aren't involved. This horizon gets thrown out there. So you're like, okay, I got to figure out what that is. Okay. So. Then we have the next solicit. I'm just going to go. Two men and Batman come looking for Jaime in Palmyra City. After weeks of attacks with Blue Beetle directly at the center, the world's finest can't sit by any longer. They're going to get to the bottom of Jaime's connection to the impending Reach invasion, even though it means putting an end to the life as a hero. So you're not really seemingly resolving anything there either. That's what they should have been doing from day one. Graduation day one, Eric. And then at the end, it says, number six, it's all come to this as Jaime faces down the encroaching alien armada. But is he really ready for what comes next? And what does this mean for the future of Blue Beetle? I don't think he's ready. Is it? Their ass has a jamming signal on his suit. <laughs> I'm telling you, I just, this book, I, I said it right away that why aren't we just having fun? Give, and it, here's the other problem I have. And I don't know if you'll agree with me here, but 
you get a lot of background kind of you, you learn a lot about starfire in this issue you learn about how Excel. the tamaranians end up you know end up making out into, oh, why yeah, are we learning more about her on. than we have about jaime in this whole series so far this is the third issue and i wanted to get people on board with Jaime and Blue Beetle, we're learning more about Starfire in well, we this. Wait and for the it, movie, it, I guess. It's pretty much like a detour in this, only to be able to understand and connect with this horizon. We could have done this Starfire a is showing up out of nowhere with it. Like, let's just say there's not a million things going on to, like, Dick Race is not reforming the Titans to be the new Justice League. Just the idea where we have a supposed alien invasion, Starfire's like, you know, I haven't seen in a while. That blue beetle kid. I'd love to be his mentor. Let's go over there and do this. It just, it just feels so out of like out of. I know, out of, like out of character because it's a nowhere. device. She's not a character. So she's a she's device, a and yeah, she's a prop. And and when you get a tool, like, seriously, what is up with that hair? But you end up where she actually looks a lot like she did in her own series that we had in the DC Wire U era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and again, y- you have this idea where. What is, what is this guy writing? This is really, really bad. The plotting's bad. The setup's bad. The characters are just wonky, and you don't really get much of them. But it's just like, hey, this is this. We're gonna. And I'm looking now because I I just wanted to see what he was involved with at points. And he's written some Rick and Morty and Adventure Time. Okay, well, you're not real good at Blue Beetle because this is turning into a mess, a real mess. Not an ang- It's not one of those who were like, oh my god, he's ruining a character. What he's doing is missing an opportunity to get some people on board. I'm not sure that he knows how important this could be to some people like me, who I want to get on board with you with Blue Beetle. And if we keep getting bullshit like this, just put him away. I don't need this bullshit. This book means nothing. And it's selling horribly. And I can tell why. (laughs) Because like you said, sometimes you have that deal where maybe you get a little too you know, crazy, and you're only going to deal with... The the idea is there's not a lot of Blue Beetle fans out there, right? You can tell me how dare you, but it's true. We know this. So you might get the urge to really get those people. You want to impress those people, right? And he's fun, and he actually, the whole thing with the Scarab and stuff could be really, really neat. Uh, But when you have a book like this, you can't... Like, I don't know what he's doing. He's not going into the Okay, I'm going to go to the minutiae and get all the people who love him. I'm really going to impress longtime fans because I don't even know what's going on in this. You're more of a longtime fan, though. And it's definitely not getting new readers to get any information about Jaime or the Scarabs. I, I don't know what the hell this book is here for except just nonsense. And a movie was announced. And let's and see if we can get some things It's such a weird idea that we in. have to move this new city to do any of this. Yeah. And then I said this before. This is kind of the idea of, as I said with, you know, Catwoman in jail. You came up with the story, so why do you have to jump through hoops to do things? In this, I, oh man, he's moving out. He won't have Paco or Brenda. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) they come as a captive of Fade Away. Which we could have done in Austin to begin with. Oh, I was thinking the whole deal of this, the whole play of this easily could have been, and I think that it would have been, it would have felt better in my mind. Jaime decides not to go to college, right? His mom and dad say, well, you're not going to lazy about here. You yeah, better right. get a job. He gets an internship at Court Industries. That was there it in was. El Paso. And in the meantime. Oh, El Paso. I said Austin. Yeah, I, whatever. And if, if it it's is, you end up where then just because seemingly you want to have some craziness, 
Brendan and, and Paco, they were going off the college, so they go off the college. Now they come back during break or they get it's like, still summertime. You could you could still make them they're in college, I think now. They ended up they were supposed to be leaving and they said get your I guess it was right after graduation. Why didn't they let them have one summer off? Jesus Those Christ. Jerks. Uh but even then, the whole idea of it would have been a lot easier. Why did you go through? You like went uh, you know, down the road, turn left just to come right back home to set up a book that should have been there anyway. That's I'm saying everything seems weird. You're jumping through a lot of hoops when you don't have to, but the art's pretty good, I guess. That's fun, yeah. I, I think that it points some of the, the faces and things like that are a little bit around like the Clayton, anime. Like the Clayton Henry look with long faces. When you end up having Ted when he's like, Me, I'm the one. So yeah, I have a clue in Batman. Really long faces. Why the long face there? But yeah, it looks a little. It looks like a a youthful book, right? It does. That's the thing. The art's not the problem in this. It's not like an art that I really gravitate towards, but it is still fine art overall. And the idea of these different beetles and an offshoot of the Reach, who are sworn enemies of the uh, the Reach and stuff like that, that's fine with me. It's just all the other choices surrounding this whole thing. When I just want to see Blue Beetle versus this new threat with their new beetles. I'm not getting enough of that. Yeah, we got like, here's Yellow Beetle last issue, here's Green Beetle this issue. But the hoops we have to jump through to seem ridiculous and a little bit convoluted to get to where we need to go. And ultimately, it really hurts yeah. the issue, especially just because Starfire, for no reason. So, like, this might be good for Starfire fans, but it doesn't really feel like Starfire. I don't think overall. it'll be good for Starfire fans. And then Starfire Fadeaway fans. coming in, Brendan, Paco showing up for no reason whatsoever. We're in the middle of an invasion. I just want this to feel bigger than it is. And this is just kind of a downgraded Blue Beetle story from what they kind of felt like it was like promoting it to be. So it's going to be a 5.8 out of 10 for me. Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a five, but a normal five. I won't chicken strip it. But the thing is, too, we were excited about this yellow beetle. Oh, my God, yeah. what's this going to be? And then Keep that kind of just, beetle. yeah, it kind of just, yeah, it kind of faded a little. You're like, okay. And I know this because in my mind, we, we weren't, we're not impressed with this green. The green beetle itself is now a prop as well. When you get Black this green beetle coming in out here, of its mouth. Yeah, and, and so normally an idea if I said to you, hey, the story they're going to tell, you're going to have blue beetle, but then it gets attacked by all these different new beetles on Earth. You'd be excited. You'd say, well, man, yeah, that I sounds like cool. That's different, like right? That. It's been done before. It's been done well. It has. Now, when you get this at the end of this, again, we really, I didn't hear, and again, you're a fan of Blue Beetle. I didn't hear you say, well, I want to see more of these new beetles, or man, this green beetle's neat, because the green beetle does nothing except get kissed or touched. It touches Starfire, and then she gets the horizon idea I'm from it. I'm kind of interested to a small degree, just because it seems like these different colored beetles have different powers. Yeah, well, what happens to the green beetle at the end? Because I really was... Well, she gets slammed into the water and then comes out to the shore, out like outside of the uh, beetle armor. And then just walks around and just disappears. So I guess that doesn't really matter or mean anything. They didn't even capture it, seems to get some info. So we'll see if she does anything else. But Ted and Victoria are going to be on the case. I mean, that's what I'm saying. We don't know anything about her, and we're already halfway through. So I don't know. We're going to have a lot of time. It's just... Why aren't you dealing with the cool stuff and not fade away or Starfire explaining how she ends up learning languages? This is not the time for that. We want Blue Beetle. We want to learn and show me how cool Blue Beetle is. But throughout all this, all you're doing is telling me that Blue Beetle isn't allowed to do this. Blue Beetle isn't allowed to do that. And now it almost becomes a Starfire issue out of nowhere here. And it's a real shame. It is a real shame. And I do like fade away in the back seat. 
Hey, everybody, look at me. I'm Fadeaway. I hope your friend can help me. Jaime, was it? I'm like, all right, get out of town. So you end up, I'm a five, normal five. But when, here's the thing. All this is set up to the worst book. The worst book. This book is bad. And it's Tim Drake, Robin. And this is where I said, and at points I have talked, even had videos about the idea. Me and you have had even behind the scenes talk where we don't like something. And and again, this is going to sound funny and kind of pretentious, but we end up going and saying, I'm more me to you. Hey, did you see people don't like blank, but they don't like it in the right way to not like it. Like they're (laughs) centered on the wrong thing. And I say this to you a lot, like, man, everybody's upset. And usually what it is, is we get upset about something. We don't like something. Everybody says it's great. The tides turn, but they turn in a weird way that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, no, no, no. You got to not like it. Why we don't like it. Why are you doing this? And this Tim Drake book, Everybody sat there, oh, my God, he's bisexual. Screw this. That's bullshit. That, when we talk about this book, how bad it is, that is not a 0% of no. the reason why this book is bad. This book is bad because it's horribly written plot-wise, story and character. Everything is wrong with it. And then and you have art. Riley Rossimo's art on top. That's the shit cherry on the shit Sunday, And it's terrible. It's awful. It is awful. And, you, you know, you gave it a book of the week. The one that I'll tell you right now, two months ago, I give you shit about that. Definitely the best issue of this series. At least that issue was readable, and I knew what was going on. This issue is a fucking wreck. This is a wreck. Well, you almost do, but you don't. You have Nightwing here, but uh, who the hell knows what's going on? Plus, again, this is one of those where it's not selling, and I've seen people defend the book. Well, I see this is my point where I would start it with. I usually wow. sometimes get back to things. I see people say, well, the book's not selling. Oh, no, no, no. That's just the hateful people who just are mad at the sexuality of the book. And I'm like, no, no, no. no. I think those are people who read the book and realize that it is awful. It is awful. And again, if you haven't read it, usually we'll say, well, hey, give it a shot. I mean, yeah. don't worry about the sex. No, this book is awful. And if, if Megan Fitzmartin is stuck with Tim Drake and Tim Drake stuck with her. I want to get unstuck and I don't want to deal with this nonsense. This is now a, you know, on the record of a ton of issues that she's written now and they all suck. She is terrible. She shouldn't be writing DC comics. Maybe she has other things she can write better. Not these characters, not in this universe. She's terrible, but give us the credits there. We'll go. Tim Drake, Robin, number five, written by Megan Fitzmartin, with her by Riley Rossmo, Ricardo Lopez, Ortiz, Lee Lowridge, and Josh Reed. And now we're finally going to learn who our big bad of the story is. Because if you remember in the last issue, Bernard was kidnapped, and now Tim Drake has to get to the bottom of like who this big bad is to get his boyfriend back. And in order to do that, we're going to get Batwoman on the case, we're going to get Nightwing on the case. But hopefully it doesn't mean anything because we just have to go back to, to Tim's boat. And for him to get knocked out because Bernard's just there. Oh, my God, Bernard, you're there. And then Tim gets knocked out. Tim wakes up upside down and is confronted. The big bad this whole time, it's been Bernard. Dun, dun, dun. I'm, I'm reading this part. Oh, I'm no. like, it should yeah. have been Jay Nakamura. There's no way that Tim Drake's boyfriend is bad when Superman's boyfriend should be bad. But when you have this situation, it, oh, it goes back to the idea of those white discs that would make those white construct things that were real but not real and never really made sense. I want to get back to the idea, though. What the hell was that Clayface thing in that tub that was mixed with Venom that gave regular kids the appearance of all the different Robins and to the point where like, it was supposed to upset Tim Drake that all these other versions of, of the Robin character were coming at him telling him that he wasn't shit? 
And then whatever horrible side effects they occurred because of this process, I don't understand how we get any of this to the point where our big bad turns out to be James. It's just James. Does everybody remember James? You know, Tim's landlord for his fucking boat? It's just James. 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 Who has these white discs that make white construct ghost monster things. <laughs> and then for some James. reason, he's able to put on the appearance of Bernard. And then <sighs> Tim doesn't believe it because he has to think back. Just no way Bernard did on this. You know who it was. James. And the worst part about it, he just says that in the book. I guess they expect you to remember that big breakout character, James. And, and it, it's all leading us. Now, of course, as everybody knows, James was the big bad in all of the Froggy Fresh videos. Back in the day, Eric. So I, I know where Nobody they're going remembers. with this, right? And no. But with that, me saying that might make more sense to people than when we get to this, where you have been leading up to this big reveal. You've been waiting for this. Oh my God. Is it Clue Master? Is it this? Is it that? Is it somebody else? Is because it Preston Payne? Is it something new with a clay face? What's going if on? You're, if you're going to be doing this, you know, go with the idea that Bernard showed up and, you know, you were confused. Wait, Bernard, why is why are they a couple now? Whatever. But at least that was something they grabbed from behind. So you're waiting from behind here. You end up where you're waiting for this idea where, okay, Monster. maybe this will be a deep cut. And it'll make sense. Maybe this is somebody that Tim hung out. Uh, it's and then Tim's at the end, stepmother James. that you haven't seen in freaking decades, or something like that. Or yes, there's I don't no reason. Know. She's a, she's a lovely lady. It could be somebody that they end up where it's a clever way to pull in that this person would have been the next Robin, but Tim ended up jumping in the head. And just, I don't know, Eric, but James, James, and when you're doing this, you just turn that, and I do, I don't know how anybody. And I'm not just talking Megan Fitzmartin. I do not know what the editors are doing nowadays. These three books and some others, this is what's getting me now. We used to have continuity problems all the time. We still do. But with that, you're like, okay, well, they don't. what is going on with nobody even understanding basic structure of a story and how when you turn the page and you get the reveal that it's James, somebody that you haven't referenced at all really for so long. Well, I, you, you thought fade away was a weird cut in the Blue Beetle. James is the big bad. And you're like, James? And like, then James and has the weird shape-shifting abilities from like whatever these white discs are. Yeah, and and also Tim is chasing down there. symbols. Then he's like, aha, uh-huh, nothing is explained. Nothing is really spelled out. Well, to the point and you just have nonsense. He realized on the body of these discs is a symbol for salt. And he realized what counteracts salt, acid. So to, to defeat all these constructs throughout this issue... He finds whatever acid he can to the point where at the end, I've run out of acid. What else is acid? He vomits on these constructs to get rid of them. But in, it's so bad. But in the narration, here's James with his wolf head freaking construct, whatever, however he's shape-shifting, whatever construct it is. I started out as a goon. That's the only way to get anywhere in this city. But when I was locked up the last the wolf time, man. I met someone. Someone who told me I could be more than just a goon. But I couldn't make my mark, not really, until I had a hero to face. Someone I could spar with. I didn't choose you first, you know. But when you solved the Mark Twain mystery, I knew you were my hero. I'm just just saying, you're locked up. You want to be a like a big shot. You want to be more than a goon. I'm saying in order to be taken seriously in Gotham City, you can't have your arch nemesis be the third Robin. I'm sorry, yeah, I love Tim but Drake. But he thinks but, that's the case, But right? the idea is, it's, it's Tim Drake. He's my favorite Robin. He's a great detective and all that, but... He's not the world's greatest detective in Gotham City. If you want to face somebody who's like, you know, can solve mysteries and is a great detective, 
You may ask better be going after Batman. If you go after Tim Drake, you're already telling me you're a joke right off the get-go, even though oh I my. love the character. And you're a Tim Drake fan. Welcome. The play here is why can't this James Moriarty, why isn't he mad? Why isn't it like, listen, you keep getting in my way. I, you're so lame. Like, even when you throw in Batwoman at the beginning, and she's going to come back in the book a bit, coming down the line. Why can't you just like, really, you're getting in the way. I, I'm trying to get the attention of Batwoman. I'm trying to get the attention of Batman, Nightwing, something like that. And you ended up sticking your fingers in this and you're messing it up. But instead, he's like, I had my eyes on you. Like, really? Well, that's the that's thing what is, you did? He wants Robin to be the Batman, his joke. He's like, that's where I started researching you. Who was this Robin? I know where I have been. I, like, I, I, I know there have been others. What makes this one so special, so smart, or rather, not what, but who. Like, it wasn't hard to learn about your family, your friends. But the more I watched them and you, the more I was certain you were from, you were made for me. And in this situation, I'm like, I really want the idea to be that Tim has been so not great as a hero. I don't have a better word for it off the top of my head, but that somehow this Moriarty has figured out who he is. And in turn, in my mind, would be able to figure out who the rest of the Bat family is based on Tim Drake's past and all this, but he doesn't care to the point no. where Tim Drake, like even before he moved to like, you know, the, the Marina, he solved the Mark Twain mystery and stuff like that. And James would then have to become his landlord to become his Moriarty. All of this stuff. I have no idea what we're doing with all this. I, to the point I where don't know. Tim is just fighting constructs with acid, vomiting on them, destroyed. And then Moriarty saying, it's, it's, it's terrible. It's gross. Just for like, where is Bernard? I'm your match in every way. You'll be my greatest detective and I will be the greatest criminal mastermind for I am Moriarty. And as for Bernard, just we're keeping him safe. Bernard's got a bomb on him. He's, he's going to die soon. But just this whole situation of Moriarty, though, out of nowhere, like even when you look at him, doesn't look anything like the James we saw before. He's just an asshole in a fucking pompadour. But I just. I, I, I don't like understand. Ghost maker for crying out loud. You end up where I love the idea too. It's like, where's Bernard? Don't worry about him. We have him. What the fuck is going on in that page? You end up, you have, you have a pentagram. <laughs> Look at this nonsense. You got a pentagram. You got a bunch of can. All of this is a bomb. Why are you doing the theatrics of a, a pentagram? You have a skull with, some with a bomb. Probably. You also end up having a tipped over like oxygen tank. You also then have him chained up. You got flowers. What the fuck story are they talking but about with this all this nonsense We here? had this Moriarty character before, and I don't know if it's the same because whatever name he was given was the assistant to Moriarty from the books and stuff that we figured out before. But the idea, though, that he's made himself look like Bernard, all these different things. And by the end, when all the like the sprinklers are going and you can see the clay washing off from the show is true for him, even though he doesn't look dirty at all by the end. But before when we saw this with the Robin kids that were brought together to try to take out Tim Drake, they had terrible, serious side effects to this venom slash clay face induced drug that they were put on. For some reason, Moriarty here is just fine. He just looks like an he's asshole. He's fine. Now. It just washes off him. They fell in the bay and they ended up, and then you ended up having. Clayface shit yelling and screaming from a bathtub. I, I don't know what's going on. I don't either. Ridiculous. And the artists know what's going on this. And then, I mean, Even really. We have deep. two artists here, too. That's the worst part about it. You have a second artist on this. I'm like, okay, finally something that's not Riley Rossmo. But no, they try they to go try for a style that is close to Riley Rossmo. And it's yeah, like, don't oh, do that. why do we have to have two that's this bad? Because here, just... Here's my suggestion. If you end up being an artist, do not go full Rossmo. That, that is just me telling you some advice. Because... It's a very manga style, too. Yeah, it is. Uh, it does look a little better, but it's still that style, and it's Agreed. just bad. It barely can tell a story. And at one point, I did need the idea where Tim's like, oh, my God, 
I got to win this. I have to get asked. And he's like, just pretend you don't look good in them tights. Like he's there making himself throw up. Why are you playing a game where he's, uh, the hero is making himself throw up to get stomach <laughs> Oh, that is well, so even the bad. idea how whiny Tim is the Nightwing in the beginning of this, like he needs to find Bernard. I get, but when he's like, I can't do anything right. I even tried to make my own costume, and it's too small. I'm like, yeah, that's what are you, what you doing? Get. That's that's not Tim. It's just what you're doing mm-hmm. is nothing. You are bullshitting in this book. That again, and this is the thing. I'm telling you right now. You can think any anybody can think whatever, vendetta, whatever. But I say this book sucks. It's terrible, and there's no, you know, obic thing from it. You know what I am? I'm bad story obic because this sucks. It's terrible, obic? and yeah, I'm saying people are saying that everybody's different phobic type of things. If oh. you don't like this, if See, you don't like this book, if you don't like this book, it's because of everything else besides it being a shitty story. No, no, no. This is a shitty story. Whether he's dating Bernard or not, I want a great Tim Drake book because he's my favorite Robin. One of my favorite characters of all time. And this just makes him look terrible with a story that's just And here's the thing. If he, was, if he was dating Sally Jupiter down the lane, right? We're I don't still know Steph. why I said that. Or uh, Steph is a different. I was going to say Steph, but it's different because Steph can handle herself. If she ended up getting captured, she'd probably fight a way out. But if he was just dating some random girl that he met at the marina, the story wouldn't change. You know, Bernard gets captured and Tim is trying to get Bernard back. That could be Bernard. That could be Eric Shea. That could be, you know, Tanya Werner. It could be anybody. They're not really dealing, you know, with anything else. But it's a a story where a hero's, you know, love interest is captured. That's fine. It's just a story around it. It's just complete and utter garbage. It's why are we not dealing with the fact that he knows who Tim Drake is? I I can't get over the throwing up. It, It just that threw me off. And just the idea of. Haha, I'm going to turn into all these different constructs and come at you. And oh man, I recognize that symbol. That's salt. That's the opposite. What? And again, the idea of salt and stuff like that. How does that deal with these white discs that were technology that were projecting these construct things to clay face freaking stuff? I have no idea how we get any of this to the point where we had these things that weren't real, but then Tim could find orangutan hair that somehow he could analyze and know it's around, even though it's not a real thing. Like all of these situations just come together to be nonsense in the end to continue a story that just sucks all the way through now. Oh, it's so bad. And. And again, I'm looking at the reviews and you have the aggregate score of just the normal, you know, reviewers, quote unquote, comic book press there. I don't I don't trust them. We're part of it. That's why I don't trust them. I agree. They have a, it's a six, eight. That, that's bad, especially nowadays. The user reviews are a three, two. And people would look at it and say, well, that's the hate. But no, no. A lot of those are just they can't take this. It's a poorly written book. It's just it bad. Doesn't look it, good. it just. No, and it's, yeah, what is the deal? But in that, you have somebody giving it a nine, saying it keeps you on the edge of your seat, and this is filled with mystery and is supported by stellar art. I don't know this uh, Mr. Guerrero. He needs to go to this eye doctor. I'm telling you, I don't know what he's doing. But anybody who would read this and think that this is anything that's beyond just horrible, I don't, I don't get it. God bless you. Have some fun. But all in all, I'll give a little bit of a one last metaphor. I sit there and laugh about it when I'm reading it. You know why? Because this is the eight-legged freaks of comics to me. It's so fucking bad that I can't even take it seriously. It's so fucking bad because you said at one point you don't like spiders. Terrified eight-legged them. freaks, though, it's so ridiculous that no, they're, they're not really yeah. spiders. They're goofy. That's how I look at this. I laughed when I, when they end up, oh, my God, it's Bernard. Ridiculous. First off, 
first off, I laughed so much in that because I'm like, oh shit, if it is poor Eric, he always <laughs> that right away. That's all I thought. Like it's the Jay wrong book. Uh, be bad. But then it's not that, and then it's this, and then it gets convoluted. Oh my god, and it's just so ridiculously bad. That I can. Then when that happened, I'm like, oh, that that. Tim Drake is the rest oh, my of the God. readers here reading this book, just vomiting. And, uh, yeah, and it's it's an ongoing that. And I thought maybe uh, you know somehow it would. This is selling really bad. It's not, but it's keeps going and it keeps going and keeps going. So hopefully you know DC wises up and at least ends up getting somebody else because now Megan Fitzmartin has come to DC to yell at people about what they used to like. That was in the Dark Crisis Young Justice and then take a beloved character who hasn't gotten a lot of good books, you know, recently. And I'm talking recently, the past 10 years or so. It was destroyed and, by the New 52. Yeah, the, the New 52 is what I'm saying. You end up where Tim Drake really became a real asshole throughout all of that. And so people like me who jumped on then, I've never really been able. I could go back and read the old stuff, but I'm saying as it's coming out, oh, that I Robinson haven't been able to enjoy it. great. Yeah, I haven't been able to really, though, enjoy it as it came out for me and you to talk on the podcast. Any real great Tim Drake. And this is one of the worst books story wise and plot progression that I've read since we started all this. It's that bad. Uh, But what would you give this? Ultimately, I'd give this a three out of ten. Yeah, I'm a two. It's just that bad. I mean, I sit there and people if you if somebody's out there and like, Jim. What is a two here? I don't even know that I could really explain a two. Well, this is just a little bit worse than Catwoman and Catwoman One Bad Day, apparently. Well, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. It might even be a 1.5. It's really bad. But again, that whole deal is the Catwoman One Bad Day. I thought the story fell apart completely throughout. But at least there was something to it that I saw like, okay, you're doing this and that kind of... This is like all of that all rolled up in the one. The story makes no sense. And you're relying on these like, oh, my God, James. Or, oh, my God, look at that. The symbols, the disc, everything is non-explained. Ill-explained. Everything is just out of nowhere. Things have changed since we started. The idea of, oh, you figured out the Mark Twain. Half the people reading are like, what the hell are you going on about? What are you talking about? Just do something besides throwing up on the villains. I don't get it. But yeah, it's bad. So we both hated it. And this thing is still, though, we're still, you know, way lower than the aggregate score of the reviewers. But you have Geek Dad. He came in with an 8.5. God bless him. God bless the guy can find something positive here. But that is that. What is your book of the week? My book of the week is Punchline of Gotham Game. Mine is as well. There's a surprise. I did not expect that, but it Told is you. our books of the week. Yeah, you, you did it at the beginning. You were all and pish posh before we even started recording. Again, I really felt like I came across kind of more negative than I should have, but it's just I just That's want just more punchline of it. Oh, it is. It really is. But the purveyor of positivity. I thought maybe Tim Drake would be your book of the week. I mean, that has been a banger for you. It's funny. I was going to mention the idea when we were talking about Harley way back when, Eric, and saying that at one point. I think that Harley was my book of the week two times in a row. I didn't want to mention because that's like the fodder if I ever mention with you and the Tim Drake. So I didn't want to mention it, but I just did, Eric. Look, Hawkman but here was your we book go. of the year one time. It was. So, you didn't like I'm that telling book. you, we, we ended up, I did like the beginning, and then it just fell apart. But we stopped doing award shows because we were like, we really didn't like too much. It was a dismal time for us uh, back in the day. But with all of that, 
Here we are. We have three books next week and a special deal. Next week is Patreon only. It's an annuals week. There's not a lot of books coming out, but some big ones in the scheme of things. And if you want to get involved and listen, it is a no limitations Patreon only show. All you have to do is go over, sign up on the Patreon for as little as a dollar for the month. And boom, you're in. You can listen to that. You'll also get a bunch of other things in each level. You go up, you'll get more and more shows, including usually our Patreon spotlight where we have our Thursday night where two of the books picked by the badasses this past week was the one bad day. (laughs) Catwoman number one in Lazarus Planet. We were once gods. We talked over two hours about those two books. We have Diarrhea of the Heart. (sighs) Yeah, really. I thought you fell asleep. But we end up, like I said, if you want to I listen did. to us talk about these bigger <laughs> books next week, it's not a real good way to push that podcast, Eric. The <laughs> one host fell asleep. I don't know that that works. No, but we will be talking about Batman Legends of Gotham. Number one, something we weren't really aware of. And when we ended up yeah, you know, getting ready for what we were going to do, we kind of read what it's about. We kind of dug it. So we're going to be talking about that. The special but one then, shot. Yeah. Some Big, big deal, deal here. Is this a special one, Shutter? Lazarus Planet, Legends Reborn, number yes, one. This oh, is. my. I can't wait for number two. Uh, I have to go number two. Uh, we also have the Flash One Minute War special, number one, something that I had mentioned to J-Man when he was not digging the One Minute War. This ends up exploring a bit more of the villains that have come to take over, at least not take over the world, but take the the minerals and the substances, Eric, and we'll oh, see yeah. how that is. But we'll be talking about those three. It's just those three, but we'll have some fun with it. And there is no limitations, as I told you. Also, there might actually be a wolf. The man. wolf man. I'm not sure, but I think that I am going to get the wolf man on the show. It's more you. You don't shave off, and you're the wolf man. The Eric. wolf man. But that's it's that. Big, that is what we're going to be uh, doing next week again. Patreon.com/slash/weirdscience. If you don't remember all the things that we talk about whatnot there are links in the show notes you can check out but that is that i think everybody should check out the punchline even if it is you know waiting if you have ultra you can jump on it a little quicker but it's a book that i think is worth checking out even if you're a little wary if if you don't if you're yelling about the character i don't know it's going to convince you either way but if it's something that you're interested in and thought well i don't yeah, check it out. But Jim, I'm interested in the DC universe, and she's a part of it, so that's why I'm. Oh, reading. are you? Are you? Then are we? I got some other books that we might want to talk about. Then Eric, there's a lot of others out there for that DC. But you like more of the continuity. You're a continuity sure, yeah. kid. But as we end up, and there are some books that maybe people are saying, "Well, you guys didn't talk about this, that, or the other thing." But why I like when we have, say, a dawn of DC, we get new books, and we always jump on. Those new ones, so that is exciting for us as well. Get some things changed up. Get some other writers that maybe we haven't really dealt with a lot of. Tom King Harris saying we we wanted to make a stand, but he's on some pretty big books. Yeah, we have that and that Penguin book. You you know you're excited about the penguins, so we'll see how everything goes. Every book is a writer's chance to piss me off even more, is what I say. But also to impress you, Aaron. No, every every time we get that, I do like where, all right, let's do it. Let Impress me now. I hear all these people talking about you. Let's go. Let Show me your, your money here. Show me the goods there. But that what? is that. Show me your money. Show me the goods. I was trying to, you know, do a little Jerry Maguire. Well, it wasn't you. working out. Right? Show me that moolah is what I say, or as you like to call it, kashunda. <laughs> 
I don't know if I've ever said that word before in my life. Go over to Twitter at Weird Science DC. Follow us. We'll follow you back. Go to our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com. Get written reviews of a bunch of the books each and every week. Check out our YouTube channel, which is Weird Science Comics. That has not only DC, but manga and Marvel and indie stuff there as well. I have a weekly news program there. Oh, yeah. Very oh, weekly. That's what go. I say. Very <laughs> weekly. Hey, you want to go to a meeting? M-E-A-T. Oh, my God, Eric. My Let's dick. do it. Show me the money. <laughs> ah, and then you're like, yeah, I mean your nickels. Eric, you're... <laughs> doesn't even make sense. <laughs> also, <laughs> your nickels, sir. Go, go to the... <laughs> I can't even talk now. I'm done. What do we go to the Patreon? Patreon.com slash where you get all the stuff, including again, the next week will be Patreon only. If you don't want to get involved, then whatever. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. We don't take weeks off. We just make things no limitations, Eric. But with all of that, give me those nickels, Eric. Rub them nickels together. Tell me what we got. What do we say at the end of the podcast? Everybody have a great week. Keep week. It weird. Weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. What you look at? Stranger. Fuck your chicken strips. Go read comics. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. The Wolfman. Weird science is the revolution. The Wolfman. Weird the wolf science man. is the revolution. to see would just show you the door I wish you weren't writing Tim Drake no more oh damage done writing a character you don't understand such a nightmare to every Tim fan Done. I sing the song because I hate your book. Shitty writing with a shittier look Is that Tim or a young Selena Kyle I really can't wait till your book is done And I know I'm not the only one Can your damage all be on